Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the RF Generation Collector Cast. I, as usual, I'm your host, uh, Duke Togo, and uh, joining me, uh, as usual, is uh, my co-host. How you doing, Krabby? Doing good up here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were just chit-chatting a little bit, and he's only <laughs> only got like a half foot of snow. <laughs> yeah, our our poor snowman in the front yard. We had uh, he's melted now, falling apart. Yeah, he, he, he told me he kind of got decapitated, right? Yeah, we had a good snowfall, so we built the snowman, and then it got really warm, and he's kind of dead now. <laughs> Poor guy. And um, and not joining us at the moment uh, for this part of the show is Bill. Bill is uh, otherwise detained. Uh, I don't know if we ascertained what happened to poor poor Bill. It was a... I think we figured he got uh, Zegnorge trampled him to death uh, over the Skylanders display on the Black Friday sale here. <laughs> Poor guy. We hope that maybe uh, that somebody drags him out of the pit <laughs> and puts him back together. But uh, I'm sure we'll hear more from Bill, and and um, you'll definitely hear from Bill in the main topic. But we're going to go ahead and get started a little bit. Um, you know, as usual, you can find us a couple different places. We are on Twitter. You can find us at CollectorCast. You can find us on Facebook, uh, CollectorCast. Uh, feel free to like our page. We post some stuff there and um, some little notes on Twitter. You can go to our main page, uh, rfgeneration.com. It's kind of our home site. We also have a website just for the show. That's collectorcast.com. We're also on YouTube if you want to find the show there. So you can just search for CollectorCast. And then finally, you can also find us on Stitcher Smart Radio. If you just go to stitcher.com forward slash rfgeneration, you can find the show and subscribe to the Stitcher smartphone app if you like. Okay, so jumping right into small scores this month, um, you know, um, obviously we've got a lot of stuff. You guys have been extremely busy during the last month with scores. I think you're trying to really keep us on our toes. So um, pretty amazing stuff this time around, right, right, Krabby? Yeah, both in uh, quality and quantity. It's just insane. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are trying to bury us or make us like a six-hour-long podcast or something, <laughs> but we, we definitely appreciate the stuff. It all, yeah. it all looks really good. So thanks for sending everything in. We're going to have to apologize because uh, I'm sure we're going to skip over quite a few of you because we really had to cut this down to to make the show uh, not six hours, like Duke said. <laughs> yeah. So starting right off the bat, probably our definitely one of the stars of the show this month uh, was PWP Cody, right? Yeah, he's been uh, going crazy the last couple shows here. So I don't know if he like sold an organ or put his house up on the market or something, but he came up with like this giant lot of stuff. I, so I think he said his life settled down after you know getting married and and a bunch of other big things like that. So he's he's back into it now. Oh, I see. So he's um, skimping some money off the side so his wife doesn't know. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> so he's got that combined income coming in now so he can uh, spend twice as much. He can cook the books a little bit, make <laughs> it look good. Like, oh my gosh, you have no idea how much we have to spend on gutters. <laughs> <laughs> um, rounding off right off the top, I saw he got a um, complete box Pokemon Yellow from like um, like half price books for like 10 bucks. Yeah, right? he got a big bunch of games from there. But yeah, that was one of the... The gems in that lot. Yeah, and I'm not a big Pokemon guy. I think we've probably mentioned that before, but I do know that one goes for a little bit more, so that's a pretty good grab, right? Yeah, any of them uh, of the old generation ones that complete in box are pretty pricey. And then he picked up his next-to-last N64 title, right? Yeah, which is one of the hardest ones to find, is that International Super Soccer 2000. Yeah, I, I, I've never heard of that one. I haven't seen it or played it. I'm, I don't know if it's good or not. I'm just guessing difficult to find, right? Yeah, um, like most uh, soccer games, they're just not super popular unless you're in Europe or Mexico. 
so they don't sell very well up here, I don't think. Yeah, now I also noticed he, he had a, this really good run of luck this month, but he also got beat up on some auctions, right? Yeah, that was too funny, too. <laughs> <laughs> he he put in some for some, I think it was well, uh, yeah, um, um, Amazon or something, right? Yep. And so he kept getting, he would order like Sesame Street, one ABC and 123, and he kept getting just the one or the other. Yeah, he couldn't and, get the uh, combo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... Um, that he tried to get a hold of a, a like a tank and Tetris and it was the wrong Tetris or something, <laughs> right? Um, so I think that's like anything. If you don't see the picks, um, you can probably trust about nothing in some of those. I mean, sometimes you get lucky, right? But, yeah. And I'm sure he sent them back and wasn't a big deal, but that's going to be kind of rough. Yeah, a little annoying, especially when you're getting so close to the end of your sets like him. It <laughs> feels good to cross off those games, and I bet you that was a big disappointment to get those in the mail. Yeah, and he picked up like another pretty giant lot, right? Just like a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's just raking them in. So we got a bunch of um, like loose NES carts, some harder to find titles. Um, you know, kind of looking through the list of everything he raked in the month. Some highlights I would put out there: he picked up Godzilla two, he got Lemmings, he got Gunnack, and Chartered Waters Bubble Bobble two, Mission Cobra. I mean, these are all some pretty tough titles to pull down. And there were some other ones too that we're not even mentioning, right? Oh, yeah. And, and not just tough titles, but uh, pricey titles, too. Yeah. Um, and then he got some other, like, uh, some Turbo stuff, right? Yeah, so all the stuff he picked up for the Turbo Graphics, um, it was just the manuals, um, but he got them for really cheap, something like 72 cents. And oh, yeah. I mean, where on earth do you find these things, right? I don't know. Especially, yeah, it's such a weird find, especially after finding all those empty NES boxes last time around. Uh, he must have a good a good hookup somewhere. I don't know. Apparently, because he got a lot of uh, a lot of good manuals in there. Most most of them are easy to find, cheap ones. But he got a few really good ones like Airsonk, Bonk Three, Bomberman Ninety Three, Galaga Ninety. Like some some pretty decent manuals in there. Make yeah, make it make it a lot easier to put a set together, right? Yeah, and most most of the time you just get the uh, the manual and the hue card anyway. You don't actually get the outer box, which most people seem to be happy with. So if he wants to go the Turbo Graphics route, he's gonna he just save himself a ton of money. Yeah, that's great. Now again, we we probably pared down Cody's stuff a lot. He got a lot of other great games that were in there. Just wow, for the interest of time, we kind of had to bring him down to scale a little bit. So <laughs> great job in picking a lot of that stuff up. Makes our makes our months seem better too. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Doesn't make us feel too shabby about ourselves. <laughs> um, now we had a newcomer to the site, so um, I, I guess I would pronounce it Drif, D-R-I-P-H. Yeah, it looks about right. Um, you know, he's just getting started, but he first time posting up, he, he picked up some nice uh, Super Nintendo shooters, right? Yeah, I love R-Type. It's a fun one. Now, I'm a big Gradius fan, so Gradius 3 is a really good one. I've never played Earth Defense Force, even though I think I've got it. Have you played that one? Nope, I haven't had a chance with that one yet. And the only thing, I, I, again, I don't know Atari real well, but he picked up Star Fox for the 2600. Yeah, that's a cool one. Um, the only thing I, I would note is that I know Banana posted that he said he was missing that one, so I would imagine it's probably going to be a little bit harder to find. Yeah, Banana's got a pretty good uh, 2600 collection. Yeah, he does, and and he's got so he knows the obscure stuff a little bit more than I do. I have no clue. Yeah. I went shopping for him a little while back, and I just kind of like did a little video of everything. I'm like, you just tell me what you want because I really <laughs> don't know 2600 stuff. And he just kind of gave me a list so that worked out really well. Uh, who's up next? Um, Retro Rage. What did he grab? Uh, well, he he posted his great uh, pumpkin that he spent a lot of time on for Halloween. There, his Mario themed one. 
Yeah, it didn't seem like up like really late at night carving that thing. Yeah, or something like three a.m. in the morning, but it looked awesome. I sh- yeah, I great actually job. showed my my son that while we were carving our pumpkin, and he wanted to do a Luigi one, so we we tried to mimic him, but uh, with a, a four year old and my artistic skills, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite up to par. Poor Luigi. Yeah, maybe maybe we should have tried one of the ghosts or something instead. <laughs> something easier next time. Um, looks like I also got a he got a steal on a Dreamcast, right? Yeah, five bucks. That's basically giving them away. And it looked pretty clean too. A lot of times those things seem to look a little beat up. But yeah, and the one he got they tend to yellow really easy, kind of like the old Super Nintendos too. But that one looked really good. Yeah, and the controller too with it. So yeah. good, good pickup. And then a nice little SNES slot later on. Um, he had about eight titles in there, but he had like all good stuff, no junk at all. He had like Mario All Stars, uh, Super Mario World, Super Mario World Two, um, Mario Kart, uh, Donkey Kong Country One and Two. Really Those are great playing games. Yeah. And I, I mean, it seems like the Donkey Kong Country has a lot of like love hate relationship. It seems like there's people that really love that series, and then people just think it kind of pales. Yeah. I think it's pretty good, but it's it's not a Mario game. You shouldn't try to put it toe to toe with that, right? <laughs> I've always been a fan. I've well, I've enjoyed them. And even yeah, if he's think... yeah, even if he's already got copies of them, they're they're really good trade items. Yeah, for sure. Now our um our favorite guy, Nine Tail Demon Fox, he, <laughs> he picked up a he picked up a real hot score right off the oh, bat, yeah. right? He's probably the <laughs> yeah he wins the month hands down with his Hannah Montana DVD game. Yeah, and not even like a video game, right? It's just like a, a DVD playing game. Yeah. <laughs> so um, good, good job keeping up the the flow on this stuff this time around. He did get some other things that are a little bit more gaming related, right? So he picked up some Pokemon cards and whatnot. Yeah, a little Pokemon lot there. Um, and what was that Battle Masters board game? Yeah, I wish Bill was here. He knows a lot more about board games than I think either of we do. But yeah, it's definitely. like a like a boxed Milton Bradley board game, so um, you know I don't know much about board games, but it sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soul Calibur for the Dreamcast. That's one of the the must-have titles for that system for sure. Certainly a star, and looks great in VGA even now. I mean, it's a great-looking title. And he also picked up like out of the blue, so he's got like kind of Montana DVD games and Pokemon cards, and then he comes up with like a box Super Famicom <laughs> and some Super Famicom games, right? That probably got a grin on your face, eh? Yeah, I was like, oh, it's pretty cool to see some import stuff. And I mean, there was like a couple of box games, and I'm like, well, you know, that's I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Somebody else we haven't—I don't even know if we—he—we've mentioned him on the show before, um, but he's been around the site forever. Bum man, right? Yeah, he's been around the site for as long as I can remember. Yeah, he finally posted over there, and he picked up like this nice set of like really like early uh, '80s um, computer mags. Um, I know, Krabby, you were probably way too young, if alive, to, <laughs> to remember any of that. <laughs> but he had there's a lot of them that were in there. Um, the ones that stood out to me were Inter Magazine and like K Power. Um, back when I was a kid, you know, when home computers were just kind of becoming the thing, especially like right after the crash. Um, you know, computers were the thing, and everybody was like typing their own programs in and make and in their own games in BASIC. And that's a lot of times what these magazines would be. They'd have like some articles, some things, and then they would just have like pages of this BASIC code for you to type in the stuff and and play these games or whatnot. So that brings back a lot of fond memories. Yeah, I like to see that stuff. Unfortunately, uh, he put the dates in here, and uh, the last year that uh, these mags were coming out was when I was born. So they're all <laughs> beyond my time. 
I will forgive you for not knowing anything, but um, no, it was pretty cool. It was a very special time, kind of, like I said, it was kind of that um, that time when everybody thought computers were just going to take over and games were dead, you know, kind of before Nintendo really took over. Right. And, and then they did, and then those games, all those magazines all died out. Yeah, I was going to say, like, did too. I haven't heard of almost any of these. I've heard of Joystick, that's about the only one. Yeah. Now I'm sure, I mean, obviously, in, into our... Um, like our European listeners, that's a totally different story, but you know, I, I'm sure all of you have heard about the U.S. deal by now. So, pretty cool stuff. I mean, I was pretty neat to see him pick that stuff up. Um, our old pal Razor Knuckles got, um, he got like a really nice um, NES, like a NES, a couple of controllers, I think like three or four of Super Mario Duck Hunts for five bucks. Yeah, not a bad deal. No, it wasn't and too bad. Did and he, one of his friends give him a free copy of Halo 4? Yeah, um, did he say, I think he said he was like maybe helping his friend out or something, yeah, and he gave him that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, that game just came out like a month ago, so it's still worth quite a bit at the moment. Yeah, and if I, re- maybe I, if I remember the story right, it was something along the lines of he had started playing Cod Blops or something and really liked that better. So. Yeah, I was bored with Halo, I guess, already, so. Hey, you know, free games are awesome. Yep. And another person, I don't know if we've mentioned him on the show before, I mean, obviously posts a lot over on the site, and that's um, Newpoil, right? Yeah, he's definitely been around for a bit. And um, he got, I think, one of the most awesome deals of the month, if not the deal of the month. Um, he picked up a Ms. Pac-Man cab, right? Yeah, the whole cab for, what, $25? 25 bucks. Yeah, he said it was in a little rough shape, um, but still, yeah, that's a good price. Yeah, I think he was saying maybe it wasn't fully functional at the moment, but he thought he could get it back up and running or whatever. But still, $25. I mean, yeah. come on. Even Ms. If, Pac-Man is not a cheap game to buy. No, even if you have to put 100 to 200 bucks in it to get it going again, um, you're still making money in the end. Yeah, so great job on that one. He has a lot of other stuff that were in there too, but um, he got something that was pretty interesting for me to look at. I mean, do you know much about Odyssey 2 games? Uh, just a little bit. Um, it's definitely, like he got, we're talking about the uh, Conquest of the World that he picked up, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the coolest complete-in-box games from from most any system that I've seen. It's just a really cool little set they've put together, and he he was able to get the box and instructions for that one. Yeah, it, I think there was like a couple of those different sets with the mm-hmm. Odyssey where it was like almost like a board game that went along with the game on the system on yeah, the TV there was or something. Another one like Quest for the Rings or something like that. I think it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a couple of really cool uh, box ones to have, and yeah, he picked up one of those. Yeah, it looked really pretty nice too. And then uh, he said his wife went on a business trip. I'm gonna guess somewhere in Asia because he got a couple import Saturn games, right? Yeah. His wife just kind of picked him up as a gift, so I thought, man, that's a cool wife, right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, uh, note note uh, next time, uh, Famicom games are good, just um, your old buddy Duke. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely, uh, uh, that was some pretty cool stuff that he brought in. Um, who do we got next? One of our, our newer members, uh, Johnny Nintendo. I like the name. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and staying true to his name, he's been picking up awesome Nintendo stuff all month. Yeah, um, he got a bunch of like complete and box games, right? Yeah, uh, one of your favorites, eh? GoGo Thirteen, absolutely. <laughs> he also picked up. I was kind of odd, but he had in the mix like a, a complete and box Micro Machines for the Aladdin. I wonder yeah. if he kind of was meant to go for the regular Micro Machines and got that one instead, or maybe he's picking, plan on pulling together an Aladdin set. But it's pretty cool. Couldn't say. And didn't he get a sealed uh, Hudson Hawk? 
Yeah, I think he said he did some kind of a deal. Was it Nintendo Age or Racket Boy or somewhere? Yeah, I think it was Nintendo I... Age trade. I think he's been doing a little bit over there. Yeah, um, Hudson not... Hawk is not a real common game, right? Uh, as far as sealed goes, it's on the cheaper end, but a sealed game's a sealed game. They're pretty much always awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely pretty nice. And then he picked up a couple really good uh, carts, very uncommon. Right, yeah, he picked up, um, one of them was Jetsons, right? Yeah, and Fire and Ice was the other. Yeah, and you've, um, actually on your YouTube channel, you've done a playthrough, I know, of Jetsons. How about Fire and Ice? Uh, I've played it partially through. I haven't uh, put it up on YouTube. Um, it's really fun. It's one of the best puzzle games on the system as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and really weird that they named it that, right? Because it's basically Solomon's Key 2, right? Yeah, it's like a spiritual successor type idea. Hmm. But um, that's definitely a harder one to find yeah. and pick up. Jetsons isn't a bad game either. Uh, not the best platformer on the system, but it's a fun one. Yeah, I, I kind of watched your playthrough a little bit, and <laughs> it looked like it was kind of a little repetitious, but not bad, right? Yeah. And uh, somebody we don't always hear a lot from here lately, but has a few odd ball scores here and there is um, Mr. Red McKnight, right? Yeah, I've been uh, patiently waiting for more Power Glove videos, and there's been nothing for so long now. I uh, know, you're, you're kind of disappointing us here, Red. <laughs> um, now, he's Red's a big Jag guy, so he's a big Jaguar fan, and he picked up um, Barkley Shut Up and Jam for the Jag. Uh, yeah. The Jaguar had, like, the weirdest titles, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that one, and then, like, what? Um... So white men can't jump. Yeah, that one was out in a couple systems though. I think. It's just I don't know, man. Just wacky stuff that came out on that. Um, and then he got like some a really good freebie, right? Yeah. How did he end up with that? I don't. Know I don't know. Story. I don't think he put that in there. But yeah. What At least if he did, I didn't get it. Free uh, what PS3 and the the revision slim model too. Yeah, and then like um. A couple of PS3, I think, like you said, like Little little Big Planet Collection or something like that. And there was another one, like a Yakuza game or something, I think. Uh, man, free. That's awesome. Yeah, that's definitely the price you want to pay for that. Next, we come up to another heavy hitter this month, right? Really kind of cleaned up a little bit. Yeah, him and his damn pinball. He's hard to compete <laughs> with every month lately, it seems like. Yeah, and... I've never heard of this pinball before. I guess it, he said it's a, kind of a harder one to find, but it was um, Fathom, right? Yeah, I've never heard of it either. Um, but he posted a whole bunch of pictures, and he's doing a blog of the restoration right now, and it's a really interesting-looking machine. It kind of has this, like, mermaid kind of undersea vibe to it, right? Kind of like demonic mermaid, though. Those things have claws <laughs> and fangs, and they're pretty terrifying-looking. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, maybe you don't want to mess with mermaids, then. <laughs> I would think if you're trying to sell a pinball, though, you'd want them to be kind of a, alluring or something. Yeah, I, we actually had a, a pinball machine pop up locally here that I, I asked him about, which I often do, um, and I, I always hope for him to say, you know, it's a ch crappy machine, don't worry about it. But he's like, no, that one's on my want list. You better, you better <laughs> get that. I'm like, ah, oh, I don't have any money right now. <laughs> what was it? Do you remember? Um, I can pull it up again here. I do not remember. Well, while you're looking at that, let's talk about a couple of things that he picked up. I know he picked up like a large collection of um, some ColecoVision games, just some miscellaneous odds and ends. He picked up a couple Sega Master System Alex Kidd games, including the hard-to-find Shinobi World. I know Bill found that one a little while back, too. Right. And then a couple of, uh, I think on GameGavel, I think he said he got a couple Supercharger games. So <laughs> you've heard of the Supercharger, right? Yeah. Yep. How odd of an idea was that, right? Like cassette games for the 2600, <laughs> but 
I mean, I guess at the time that was the technology. Don't get me wrong, but uh, one of them, one of like communist mutants from <laughs> <laughs> sounded really cool. That's anyway. So, um, pretty cool deal. I'm I'm pretty glad. Did you find uh, about that pinball there? Yeah, it was firepower. Oh, firepower is really good. <laughs> I know that one. I played it a bit. Um, Man, couldn't get it though, huh? No, um, when we get to my scores, I'll, I'll explain why I was broke at the moment. Yeah, listen to him complain. <laughs> I had to go get some nice stuff. You'll hear about it later. Hey, I, I could have stacked stuff onto a pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> it can fit in the corner, right? <laughs> so next we, we've we got uh, nice guy, 1283. I'm going to guess it's like a birth year, 1283, I hope. <laughs> I don't know. You finally found but... someone on the site older than you? No, I'm older than that. In 1283? Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought like December of 83 uh, was what I was, <laughs> what I was thinking. But he um, he picked up a pretty cool um, Menace hey. Beach there. What? Hey, you guys uh, here? What? Bill? You guys here? Bill? Yeah. What? Where you been, man? Where Where you been? It was it, it was it was crazy. I was I was I was out, and I was trying to make it back here in time. And uh, uh, it's it. I, I just came back in. You guys already start? Yeah, I and mean, we were kind of worried about you. We kind of yeah. figured some kind of horrific accident or something <laughs> was happening to you. So, well, what happened? Nope. It, it was. It was. Uh, it, I have no excuse. I got caught up. I got caught up. My brother. Um, my brother had previously saved the world, but then he was kind of taken into into captivity, and I'm just trying to help him out. I I went to the tree of life, but then it ended up being the tree of death. And I was in a whole different realm, and I just lost track of time. And uh, I'm I'm here now, and I'm ready to to jump in. Well, that sounds completely plausible. Okay, <laughs> can you can you do me a favor, Bill? Yeah. Can you tell your brother thanks for saving the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get him. He's he's uh he's in a little bit of hot water because they they're not too happy with what he did. So I'm trying to have humanity resurrected, uh, so I can say, see, no harm, no no foul. So as soon as I can get that taken care of, I will let him know. Thank I, you. I would really appreciate being resurrected. So that's that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You got it. I'm working well, on it. Well, we are really glad to have you back, Bill. We were kind of worried about you there for a minute, but it seems like a totally plausible story. So we'll yep, move nope. on. <laughs> totally my fault, and uh, hopefully I can hop right in. Sure thing. Well, we're just uh, we were just talking about nice. We're trying to figure out if nice guy one two eight three is like December of eighty three or. I don't know. I I hope so. Those de- <laughs> the December kids are are cool ones. I I've I'm I'm a, I'm a twelve twelve myself. Twelve twenty nine here. So see, there you go. We're both birthday boys in December. Feel a little yep. left out now. Now Sorry, so crabby. real so real quick as a twelve twenty nine er, how do you feel about birthmas? Kind of having it you know lumped together so yeah. close. That that's just what I've always called us birthmas. Yeah, it's uh, it's just one holiday. You always yeah, get I mean, the this is this is your birthday and Christmas. I'm sure you get the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean twelve twelve. It's it's a little bit you know further away, but still, I mean you're talking a couple of weeks. I mean it's uh, so yeah, you you do get a lot of combo uh, gifts, which which but, is really uh, just a, a way of saying I can't afford to buy you two sets of gifts, so I'm just giving you one. So do they right. at least I do like you, bump yeah. it up and give you something a little more awesome than you would have gotten for a single gift on either occasion. My, my mom usually did, but nobody else did. <laughs> yeah. I always thought that was how it was going to be. And a lot of people would, uh, uh, like, especially, like, in high school days when, like, everyone, you know, wants to, you know, not spend money or just spend it on themselves. Uh, I, everyone come to my birthday party and everyone would be like, oh, I, like, I've got your gift. 
but uh, like I don't have it on me, so I'll just <laughs> give it to you with your Christmas gift. And then you would get one thing from them for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. So I, I get that with your friends, though. Like, you know, they, none of my friends, we never gave each other Christmas presents anyway. So what do you do? But right. I was thinking like relatives, like, you know, grandma, aunt, uncle, that kind of stuff. What, do you want me to tell you how to get around the problem, Bill? Yeah. Um, what you need to do is like what I did, almost die and get a transplant. <laughs> And then you can, like, celebrate that as your new birthday. That's what I do. So now there my birthday go. is, like, um, February 28th. <laughs> Ooh, so, so that's actually, like, a, an anniversary that you continue to celebrate? Yeah, it's my rebirthday. Huh. <laughs> so I've just taken that on. I've dumped that's my old birthday so cool. to the side. Yeah, no more birthmas for me. <laughs> he's, he's already been resurrected once. He knows what it's like. <laughs> that's right. So that's what I said. Yeah. Thanks, your brother. I appreciate that. Well, let me get on that. <laughs> Back to Nice Guy for a minute, though. Um, he got some pretty cool complete-in-box NES games, right? The first one, I know you guys aren't big uh, unlicensed guys, but he picked up Menace Beach. Yep, from from what I hear from my unlicensed buddies, it is very difficult to find complete, especially in that condition that he got it in. Yeah, it's like really minty. He even had like the Color Dream sleeve and the whole thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it looked really great. He got a couple yeah. other ones, too, right? Yeah. What else did he get? I'm a little jealous of his other two because uh, I'm closing in on the end of my license set and i don't have either of these and he got them both uh you don't have either of those no, i don't have cool world and i don't have frankenstein and i'm a little upset i don't have cool world because I'm a, I'm a big brad pitt fan so i need to get a copy of cool world yeah cool world uh, uh is in a lot uh locally to me um so uh i'm, I'm not he's kind of asking a lot for it it's uh but I'll, I'll see you know i'll keep an eye out for you sounds good yeah yeah i'll, I'll watch too for sure um, I don't see that's, Frankenstein. That's, that's, a lot, that's but... one of those weird ones. Both of those are kind of like those odd ones that they don't go for a million dollars, but you don't see them that often. Yeah. No, but I imagine box though, complete like that, a little tougher. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, our old buddy Fleech, he picked up some CDI games like at random, right? Like at a value store or something. Yeah, I don't even think he's got a system, so I don't know how he even noticed them, but. Could find. I think he said, like in his post, that he was just looking around in the place, and he knows those, and he like scoured the place for the the machine, but he couldn't find it. Yeah, I think like one of the games was even like a PAL game or something. It was like really odd collection yeah, the, of stuff. Yeah, there was a clue one in there. I think uh, Shadow chimed in and said it was from the PAL region. Yeah, strange. And and, and, and you know what you do in those situations? Um, uh, you said it was like at like a. a... Uh, like a like oh yeah, Value Village uh, is where I got it. Is that a like a Canadian uh, thrift store? I think I've heard it's in the states too, but it's definitely in. Oh, I've never Canada. seen one. Yeah. So sometimes what what happens in those cases if you ever see games like obscure games like that and you don't see a system, um, like they organize uh, at least at Goodwill they organize all this stuff differently, and then you know the media tends to come out quicker than like the hardware uh, does. So just ask somebody, say, hey, like, I see these, uh, you know, Phillips games. Do you have some, you know, hardware back there that hasn't hit the floor yet? And because I would imagine if someone drops off a whole bunch of games, they probably have the system in the same box. And I would imagine it would probably get mistaken for a CD player or a DVD player. Yep, I've heard that a lot sure. with CDIs. Yeah, they always end up with, uh, with the DVD players. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering, too, maybe he lives in Quebec. So maybe it's like a... French game that somehow made it over there? Just a guess. No clue. I'm not sure. I'm really on the other end of the country, so I can't speak too much about Quebec. Um, Now, Tiki413, he not only got some cool stuff, we'll see as we kind of move through that, he also helped a bunch of folks out. So, um, Mm -hmm. pretty cool stuff. 
he got um, he got some loose carts. Uh, there's a few that were there. Um, he also got uh, a VHS tape of the Ewoks cartoon. I don't know if you <laughs> if either of you guys have seen that. I haven't seen the cartoon. I've seen uh, uh, Battle for Endor, uh, which was a live action, but yeah. I haven't seen the cartoon. It's an atrocity, let me just tell you. <laughs> um, Mid-80s, you know, after Jedi came out, um, there were these cartoon series they put out for a little while to cash in on the kitties, and it's it pretty terrible if you ask me, but we talking, I haven't seen that forever. talking about the same quality as the uh, Christmas special? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm probably talking like, uh, I don't know, you guys didn't watch a lot of Mid-East cartoons, but <laughs> just, just to say bad cash-in, that's, that probably hits, hits it right off the bat. Now, he also got, um, the Phantom Hourglass Collector's Guide I saw, I saw, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually, I, I actually really like that game, like, something about it, uh, uh, like, made me, you know, stop playing it, like, the first, uh. There's this weird dungeon where, like, you have to repeat the same levels, like, over and over. Like, every time you go back to it, you have to do the thing you did, and then you go a little bit deeper. So it's, I don't know, just something about that, like, really, you know, didn't make me want to keep playing it. But I enjoyed the game other than that. Um, and he also got some little Hot Wheels, right? Oh, were those you guys the see cool, those? Uh, like, the old Atari-themed ones? And, like, yeah, ones? And yeah, like Pong and <laughs> Centipede. Like Breakout. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if those are still in stores or whatnot, but they look pretty neat. Well, like this whole, the whole kind of box design and everything was this retro's Atari deal. And like one of them even had like that wood paneling kind of <laughs> look to it. That was pretty cool. If I see those somewhere while I'm out shopping, I will definitely pick those up. Now, uh, one of the big guys on the site that's been around for a long time is Tinstar. Now, we don't, we haven't always featured a lot of his posts, but he got in like just a lot of big lots this this month, right? Yeah, I know he's been pushing hard for a while to uh, work on his Saturday and Dreamcast stuff. Um, he just unloaded, I don't know, he must have spent a good chunk of money this last month. Yeah, because I mean, um, he some of the highlights on the Saturn, I know he picked up Dragon Force, I think from eBay, so that probably wasn't cheap, if I had to guess. Did he get it from eBay? <clears throat> he usually tries to stay away from there. I thought I saw that one was from eBay, so maybe he's just really wanting to get done Finally with this. Finally broke down, yeah, because he's only got a dozen or so games left on that list. Or maybe he got a steal on it. I don't know, he didn't really list the price or anything. Yeah, I sent him uh, uh, Rayman uh, for Saturn, and I think Iron Aces. But yeah, he's he's been, uh, he sold a bunch of his Nintendo stuff like over the last you know six months or so, but he's really trying to finish up his Saturn Dream Pass collection. Yes, thank you. For selling off your Nintendo stuff, I did get a couple yeah. of things from him. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot from him, he, and I gave him a Saturn game he needed. So that was a good trade. He was my secret Santa buddy last year. He actually sent me a few of his uh, NES games complete in box for a gift there. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. nice. And he um, he also got Golden Axe the Duel on Saturn, right? Have you guys played that? Nope. No, not the Saturn. Nope. I haven't either. Sounds cool. I'd like to try it out. I really wasn't even aware of the game. As usual, he also, he's loading up on uh, 360 stuff. Yeah, he also got Mass Effect 3, so 10-star if you want to find me on Xbox Live. I love to play the multiplayer on that <laughs> yep. still yeah, to this too. day. Yeah, me too. I love that game. So feel free to, to hit me up if you want to do some, some of that. <clears throat> I know you're... Yeah we, yeah, we don't talk about it a lot, but there is a, uh, a like a gamertag thread on RFGen, right? Yeah, pretty out of date. I think I just posted in it because I just changed my gamer tag the other day to be more in line. So, if anybody's curious, it's just Duke Togo seventy four. It's all run together. Um, but the yeah. uh, it, the thread is pretty out of date. 
Yeah. So, well, PMs are always cool. So if you if you hit any of us on the, uh, actually, sorry, like not to you know, except for Krabby because he just has the PS3 and the Wii U. We kind of mentioned it last time. Seavers kind of came back to the site recently with some scores, and he definitely brought back a little bit more this month, right? Yes, really cool and unique finds this time around. Yeah, he got um, a Saturn in one of those blockbuster rental cases, right? Yeah, I think I yep. think everyone's seen them for at least one system, but yeah, the Saturn's a cool one to have. For sure. He also got uh, a sealed game, right? A hard-to-find sealed yeah. game, I would think. Bible Adventures. <laughs> yeah, not exactly something that people are dying to play, but but that's a cool one to collect. And uh, I don't know, sealed's yeah. just awesome. I would love to pick that up too. Yeah, I, I don't collect. Like I said, I don't collect on license. But that was one of the first ones on my uh, on my list that I wanted to grab. I ended up getting it from Ten Star, I think, last year. Yeah, um, kind of an interesting game. But I'm, I think he found it pretty cheap at like a secondhand store or something. Yeah, and he picked. That and I think up he with, was uh, with what Rainbow Islands. Yeah, I think he was kind of fishing around to try to figure out a price on that thing, so I'm hoping maybe on Nintendo Age that he got some, some good advice on it. Yeah, it sounds like he's got a, a price range, and he's legitimized the seal, and he's quite happy with his find, I think. Excellent. So I hope that either he, he gives that a special place in his collection, or um, if he decides to get rid of it, makes a good transaction. Yeah. yeah. You see the uh, PlayStation games he uh, grabbed for a couple of bucks each? Oh, what all did he get? He got uh, Crash 2, Scooby-Doo... Um, but uh, the 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 noticeable one is a Final Fantasy anthology you got for two bucks. Sweet. Two dollars. Yep, complete. So he gets uh, what is that? Final Fantasy four and six or American uh, uh four and six? Um, Japanese four and six. Right, so American two, and two three. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, Final Fantasy two and three. Uh, and then uh, you know, Bad Street Brawler. You know, because we were talking about Power Glove, so we just had to have it. And uh, a nice little Game Boy Advance lot. It looks like the pink uh, uh, Game Boy Advance with a whole bunch of pretty good games. Yeah, I, that's that's always good stuff to see. Now, next off, speaking of people and picking up GBAs, <laughs> we got our buddy Zagnorch, right? Yeah, he's like a I mean, Game Boy magnet. Oh, I had like like four or five of these things this month. I think he got like maybe two or three SPs, a regular GBA, and then like a DS Fat. I don't. I like one of them had some pretty like butterfly stickers on it. <laughs> but um, man, I don't know where he's going. But he always seems to get them real cheap, and he's like cleaning house. So I'm hoping he's flipping those and making pretty good profit on them. I bet you he's making like a trench coat out of Game Boys. <laughs> I'd like to see or like, that. Like, like, he, like he opens the trench coat and it has all these clear pockets inside so he can sell all the Game Boy games <laughs> on the street. Hey, man. Got some good Game Boy stuff. <laughs> yep. I, I don't know. He's probably wheeling and dealing like to trade them for Skylanders gear or something like that, if I had to guess. Or Pokemon games. He loves Pokemon games. There you go. <laughs> Nerf. <laughs> the, um, he did pick up something for Wii, though, right? I haven't played that one. Metal Slug Anthology? Yeah. That's a good one. It's fun. Is it? Do you, do you have that one? I do, yeah. That's one of the first games I got with my Wii. How many yeah, me too. It, ones, it, uh, it came out pretty uh, pretty early in the Wii lifespan. I think it was the first like six or eight months or something it was out. Yeah, it was really early. How many of the different titles does it have? Uh, it's got uh, six of them. Um, it's got one, two, three, four... Oh, has it got seven games? It's got like three X or something like that. One of the, one of the titles was uh, remade, but it's got one through six and then one remake in there. Wow, that's a really good deal. Yeah. 
And it's it is. it's it was one of the games that was kind of figuring out how to use the Wii controls first. And there's a whole bunch of different control schemes you can use in it. You can like just play normal like with a Nintendo pad, or you can like tilt the controller to run back and forth, or you can oh. do this other one where you can yep. shake it to throw bombs out. And yeah, they had a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of different control schemes with that one. Yeah, if you put the, the Wiimote on its side, like, you know, just kind of like a, you know, like you would a regular controller and you just kind of like, kind of like flip the whole thing up to jump. Like there's a, there's a handful of different ones they tried and like most of those, you know, weirdo schemes, like you try them for a few minutes and then you just shut it off and play controller style. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I like the bomb shaker though. I, I did that one. So whenever I was at a boss, you know, you'd just be like shaking it violently while you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I think his most important pickup of the month, though, was Super Metroid, right? He's just trying to score some brownie points with you guys. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked. A great one. <laughs> he's losing hey, brownie points like with it. me for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, he's, and he's gaining crabby points. <laughs> That's very good, though. Super Metroid's fantastic. If you haven't played it yet, um, Zach, I think you already heard us talk in the last show. Go play it. You got your Brinstar. You got your Norfair. You'll <laughs> be fine. A little crate action going yeah. on in there, right? <laughs> And then he picked up a couple of Mario parties for the N64, right? One and two? Yeah, those are always uh, good, good grabs those are for good, cheap. Yeah. That's right. So grind those those controllers down to nubs. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, prepare for blisters. <laughs> now, Ryudo, I'm, I'm guessing that's how you'd say that. What would you say, Bill? Ryudo? Uh, I think so. Or, or Hiudo. Uh, I, I'm not a great you know, uh, Japanese-style pronunciation guy, but uh, I think you got it on the nose. Uh, I'm going to hope so. <laughs> um, he picked up a Turbo Graphics. Yeah. Now, does is is that uh, a, a, an NES uh, RF? Is that the same connector for the Turbo Graphics? I think just pretty much an RF uh, is an RF. It doesn't really matter. I've used them interchangeably. Yeah, the NES one gotcha. does work on that system. That's what I've been using because I didn't actually have one. I've kind of just gone to not even using an adapter. I just use like an RCA cable with one of those little, you know, adapters to plug right into like cable on the end i don't even have the box switcher anymore with like the two screws that you have to screw into the tv with (laughs) no i don't have that ancient thing (laughs) thank you very much but (laughs) oh there's a there's a wooden console tv at our uh, at savers the other day it was five (laughs) dollars were you tempted i was it was like a 32 it was like uh it was so uh so 84 you have to let the tubes warm up Yep. <laughs> like the color kind of starts more like, you know, getting brighter and brighter as the show goes on. <laughs> I remember having those old TVs like and when you would to first turn on like the picture would be like really blurry and it would yep. like take time before it would like come oh. focus. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was great though. That's what I grew And you up like with. come by and just like kick it a few times. To see if yeah. you, could... <laughs> you, you turned it on, then you had your cereal, and then you went uh, back to the TV to watch something. Yeah, and it always had like this hum. Like you would turn yep. it on, and it was not like a TV. It's like this, just like this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we grew up with one of those, and then when it finally died, we didn't get rid of it. We just bought a new TV and put it on top of that one, and that thing held our new TV. Yep. <laughs> That I think that perfect. was a Jeff Foxworthy joke at some point. <laughs> like uh, uh, like one of those, uh, uh, if your television is sitting on top of a non-working television. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Um, okay, I don't know how we got into that diversion, but this is pretty good. <laughs> uh, moving on, um, Sir Psycho picked up um, a, a nice NES lot, right? I mean, for the price. Oh, yeah. 
Like like what well, what it was like a buck a game, right? For like twenty carts. Basically, yeah, like uh, twenty for eighteen bucks. I mean, a little better than that, right? Yeah, or eighteen games for twenty bucks. So so barely over a dollar. Oh yeah, okay. Um, including like good games, including the must have for every NES collector. He got the <laughs> awesome uh, silent service. Silent service, exactly. Which is mandatory to come with every NES slot, <laughs> along yep. with uh, uh, Super Mario Duck Hunt. Got a few tricky games in there too, like uh, Spider Man and uh, Rad Racer Two and Tiny Toons Two. Yeah. yeah, I've got a Spider-Man uh, Sinister Six manual, but that's all I've got of that one so far. So, and he got my favorite box art ever on the system, Iron Sword. <laughs> You're a big Fabio guy, huh? I love that that uh, artwork. <laughs> I remember. I thought, when... I thought you were going to say Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid. You know, electronic. I was there. I remember when like all these magazines are like so like Electronic Gaming Monthly and all this, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it was like their second issue or something like that had that full cover of just Fabio <laughs> on the front of the thing, and I would always like as a kid we would I would walk to school at the middle school and that was about that age when those things started coming out probably like seventh grade or so, and um, you I would walk to school so you would leave early we'd go to the supermarket and like get like some pop and we'd flip through the, the magazines so i remember like all these video game magazines when they first came out i was like oh my god you know <laughs> you would sit and read through these things it was awesome but i remember that cover distinctly strangely <laughs> it is very distinct <laughs> it is you don't see an oiled up uh man every day on the cover yeah, of things not nearly not nearly often enough <laughs> on, on video game magazines anyway <laughs> but um yeah some some cool things that he picked up and then we've got no, Quackula, yeah, like, right? There, there's there's good like I don't know if he's if he's flipping those or not, but I mean there's good there's just good games in there. Bubble Bobble, uh, Kirby, uh, Life Force. Uh, I always had a blast with um, Life Force is great. Yeah, uh, Double Dragon Two. Uh, yeah, there's good stuff in there. Yeah, yeah, good nice grab. And then next up we've got uh, Mr. Quackula, right? <laughs> I like just like saying that name, Quackula. He got um, some Nintendo guides, right? Like a lot of the old like Nintendo player guides. Yeah. Uh, I think he like got this big lot, and he had those in there. He had, I think he said he bought it maybe for like just to, he really wanted Parasite Eve. If right. I remember right, it was like a Racket Boy auction or something, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a bunch of manuals. It was a handful of those uh, like Nintendo, like top secret Nintendo, Mario Mania, Super Game Boy. Uh, but yeah, some of the old uh, the old Nintendo paper. Yeah, those are really cool to kind of sit back and thumb through every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and your fa- and your favorite Final Fantasy is in there, right? I don't know. I didn't see which uh, yeah, is Final t- Fantasy uh, three in there. Twelve's t- uh, in there. Oh, <laughs> that piece of tr- oh, sorry. Twelve? Uh, no, twelve was good. No, I take that back. Twelve was very good. Thirteen yeah, was the lousy one. Sorry, thirteen was oh. wonderful. Way better than thirteen 12. was the lousy one. Yeah. Love, love thirteen. This is too. This is the Super Metroid of uh, Final Fantasy games. <laughs> Twelve was excellent. Uh, very good. <laughs> and he also got a Luigi's Mansion in there, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, I still don't yeah, have that one. one. I, I see it everywhere, but it's always overpriced. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I saw. I saw Pikmin one uh, for GameCube complete at Goodwill the other day for forty dollars. Wow. <laughs> 
So I don't know what Goodwill, what's going on over there. They also and all their N sixty four carts were like three bucks, except for the uh, the Ocarina of Time cart, which was uh, fifteen. So I think they either are checking the internet or they have some kid working there now who thinks he knows game prices and he is screwing me. <laughs> so dear anonymous kid working at Goodwill, <laughs> yeah. stop If we it. have a listener yeah, who works at Goodwill and prices video games ridiculously, uh, take a vacation. <laughs> Quit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess it's probably that eBay-itis or maybe they're checking their own like shop Goodwill like auctions or something. Who knows, right? Yeah, you know, they, their prices can get up there. You're right. Yeah, sometimes a little silly. Now, he also got a really cool, I think this is really a cool item. This is probably like, my, it might be my favorite find of the month. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah, what did he get? Uh, the MK2 cabinet. <laughs> yeah, I love that Right thing, next to his man. fridge. Awesome. Yeah, I love the picture in his house there. Oh, that, yeah, that was awesome. And someone was like, is that in your, is that in your kitchen? He's like, yup. He's, he's like, arcade cabinet and kitchen or fridge and game room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Just grab you something to eat, some Doritos. <laughs> You're just right there, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge that, that, Mortal yeah. Kombat guy, but two's, two's my favorite, definitely. Oh, that, yeah, that's that's a cabinet that I yeah. want. I yeah, it's uh, uh it's on like I have a list of like my like wish list of like ten or eleven arcade machines, and that's definitely one of them. Yeah, MK two is my favorite Mortal Kombat. The game is so much fun for me to still go play. So I would um, I'd love to have one of those things. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not in it's not in bad shape. I mean, there's like a few nicks and scratches and a little bit of fading, but it looks all original, and that's more important to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I love that like side art scuffs. with like Raiden. Yeah, all you, yeah, you can see that cabinet coming. And there's even one of the fatalities in that uh, game is that cabinet falling on someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> like, that game is so awesome. Um, but he, he got, like, locally, and he got a really good deal on it, I think, right? Yeah. Like, sub yeah. 300? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 280, he said. So he said, I think I did pretty well, and I'm here to confirm, yes, you did pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great score, man. Good job. Um Somebody we I don't know if we've ever mentioned him on the show, but he's been around RFGen forever, and that's uh, Isret, right? Yeah, he yeah he's been around forever. Um, most of his pickups lately have been uh, downloadable stuff, so we haven't really highlighted a whole lot. Cause you love downloadables, right, Crab? Yeah, they're my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> how yeah, many no, how many downloadable we... games do you own, Crabby? One, one, <laughs> and that is Mega Man Nine. Uh, yeah, just because it was not oh, possibly to the, ever get it any other way. Right? I, I was hoping to support it, and then maybe they put a physical release out eventually, but they didn't. So I'm never doing that again. <laughs> did you, did, but didn't they? Re, didn't they release? Uh, I know that they released like a cartridge. I think it was like a like a either like a press. Talking about the uh, press kit. Yeah, yeah the press that just kit. had promotional yeah. stuff on it. No game. Oh, it wasn't no, a card. If it was a card, I would have shelled out like five hundred bucks for it if I had to. <laughs> I would pay so much to have Mega Man Nine on a cart. <laughs> I would agree. I would also go after that. So let's. They need to kickstart that one or something. Yeah. Right. Um. Uh, it's all right. It's Capcom. Just hold on long enough. They'll do a compilation. They'll throw them in That's there. That's what I'm Not a big for. deal. It'll happen at some point in time. Anyway, back to Israel, right? <laughs> so you're talking <laughs> right, about Israel. Right. Um. So what? What did Israel get? Um, well, Halo Four, like somebody else grabbed there, I think, and uh, yeah, a couple of Halo Four, but yeah, um, and then I've I've uh, I helped him out uh, quite a while ago. It's been too long now. Um, he he's a huge Mortal Kombat collector, mm-hmm. and there was a Canadian exclusive uh, Steelbook case for the last uh, Mortal Kombat that came out. Cool. And so I worked with him, and I I had some 
problems with Future Shop. Long story short, I would never deal with their online service again. Oh. But I ended up getting him the, the Steelbook case. And then uh, just over the course of the next year, I picked up a few other Mortal Kombat goodies. I thought they might be Canadian variants or just stuff he didn't have. And then I sent him a little Mortal Kombat care package not too long ago. Now, I have to say that if you have to name your store something, naming it Future Shop is it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I like it, right? Future Shop. Everything there has to be new. And now they start doing used sales, <laughs> just recently. Mm. Oh, well. Nice, nice try, anyway. It's, and then when you have to return something, you have to take it back to the Future Shop? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, he helped me out um, when I, I bought a, uh, a sealed uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES, and I wanted to get it graded. And he, to save me the trouble with having to send it across the border a few times, I had it shipped to him, and then he shipped it to VGA for me, and then they shipped it to me. So he Excellent. saved me a lot of time and headache. And so I, I just sent him all this stuff as like a thanks for thanks for helping me out with that. Because he, uh, he never asked for anything in return. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, kind of one of the um, guys that helped run RF Gen, so... Yeah, glad to have you guys keeping the show running. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird because when you mentioned when you just said like you know we haven't mentioned him like hardly ever. You're right. Like he's he's real big into downloadable. I think he's he's going after a achie- similar to Tin Star. I think he's an achievement yeah. guy. Yeah. So he plays a lot of uh, downloadables for achievements. I think he plays a lot of Windows Phone games too because yep. you get achievements on those. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't we don't we don't see a ton of him with the uh, physical stuff, but I think he's uh, trying to get back into collecting. So hopefully we'll see some more stuff from him soon. Yeah, he did some blog posts recently where he's just kind of going and doing some major inventory, right? Yeah. Right. So, cool stuff. Glad to see him kind of getting back in the game a little bit. Definitely. Somebody also I don't think that we've mentioned before is um, uh, Mumbo King. Um, I think he's from the UK. Gives me a good ch- chance to mention. I know we get a few oddball downloads to the show from the UK. So, you know, for those uh, folks that we have over there and um, in other places around the world in general, Love hearing you on the show. Feel free to come over and post some stuff. We'd like to highlight that. But he grabbed a couple of good N64 games. Cheap, right? Were those both in? Yeah, yeah. a couple of, couple of bucks. Yeah. Yeah, two pounds a piece. Or, 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 sorry, yeah, two pounds. Yeah, sorry. Or two quid, I guess, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to fake like, trying to be British. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like 14. I don't even know how much that is. 70 now they have to register pesos. on Gen so they can correct us. <laughs> <laughs> But he got Lilat Wars, which is... Um, is that Star Fox? That's, yeah, that's Star Fox, 64. And um, Scars, which I don't even know what Scars is for N64. Isn't it kind of like like a Twisted Metal Vigilante 8 type like car battle idea? I don't know. Yeah, it's car combat. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Did that get a U.S. release too? Yeah. Yeah, we definitely yeah. got it here. All right. Um, yeah, I've never played it, but I remember seeing it. I always think, honestly, I think I like the idea of Lilat Wars more than I do Star Fox. What do you guys think? It's a catchy name. I like it. It's it's uh it's very sim like eh, it's not really similar to Star Wars, but you know you just replace one word and it's it's a space uh, you know combat type game. But uh, I think they're both cool. We need things to be very obviously spelled out to us here, though. <laughs> we need to know the <laughs> yeah. game is about a fox in space. <laughs> yeah, a fox in the, among <laughs> yeah. the stars. That we're gonna name your first game. Running and shooting things and <laughs> yeah. not dying the game. And now and now this is it's the Star Fox, but this time it's an adventure. 
and it wasn't a very adventurous <laughs> time either. Um, yeah, well, but they're pretty cool. Again, I, you know, hey, if you guys are listening to this uh, show, you're, feel free to come over. We like to hear from people from all around the world, so thanks a lot. Up next, we had Barracuda. He, speaking of techie, right, got some goodies from techie this month. Yeah, but did they work out a trade or what went on there? I don't know. He just mentioned that he got some items in because I knew, like, way back, Techie had posted about some boxed Game Gear stuff he got, and then I think Barracuda maybe asked him about it. And so somehow he, he did a deal and got that stuff from Techie. Yeah. That's a nice-looking box. I like that one. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Techie's a, he's a handheld guy. I, I had him for a Secret Santa last year, and uh, he, request, he wanted a whole bunch of handheld stuff, so I sent him a bunch of Game Gear uh, stuff in his package, so... Uh, I think uh, that's kind of right up his alley. Pretty cool. So thanks. Um, I always like to highlight, you know, when community members are doing cool things for other community members. So definitely. Yep. Very cool. Good job. Another newcomer. Man, we're just chock full of them this time around. <laughs> uh, we've got No no Everyday Joe. I think it's his like, this, first yeah, post. This, this might be my favorite. Oh, okay. Well, let's hear about it, Bill. It, it really is. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, it's uh, you got a Wind Waker, so for the GameCube complete, you got a couple of like those like mustard yellow GameCube controllers, mm-hmm. and then you have just kind of like some of the best PlayStation One games, mostly RPGs. But you got you have a Lundra, which is a Working Designs RPG. It's really good. It's very similar to Landstalker on Genesis if you ever played that. Um, but also Wild Arms, Breath of Fire Three, uh, Suikoden, Parasite Eve, uh, Symphony of the Night, uh, Saga Frontier, Legend of Lagaya. Uh, and beyond beyond it's it's a Amazing great lot, great yeah. great little lot and i think he got it at uh, goodwill which means he probably didn't pay you know more than a couple bucks for each game so that's phenomenal way to start uh, or to you know to build to your playstation collection Un- unless he went to your goodwill right bill <laughs> yeah <laughs> unless 40 uh, bucks a piece then yeah unless he came over here in which he in, the, in which these are 1996 prices <laughs> Uh, and then later in the month, he grabbed that another big like GameCube lot that was this just as good. This yeah. was my like holy Moses Craigslist. Oh, the lot. one, the one like just like today or yesterday. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that one was awesome too with the four wave four birds. Wave birds, yeah, that's insane. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and that's Welcome not just the it. Family. Right? Let's start at the top. So we got the GameCube and. Uh-huh. Who cares? Four wave birds. Come on. <laughs> okay. But look, he got... No, what's one of the hardest accessories to find for the GameCube that goes for a crazy amount of money? Another another person to play with. <laughs> the component cables. He got the official yeah. GameCube component cables to yeah. go with it. And he, and, he, and he knows it, too. He's like, and yes, those are the component <laughs> cables. Yeah. And he got two wired controllers. He got the yep. Game Boy Play Player. With the startup disc. disc, yeah. He got a bunch he got the star, of books. He got the Star Fox Adventures <laughs> Strategy Guide. Awesome. He Met- Dude, he got Metroid Prime, Pikmin 2, Luigi's Mansion, Smash Brothers, uh, Mario Kart, like if Resident Evil 4, Rebels, uh, sorry, uh, Star- Rebel Strike. Uh, both the Star Wars games, uh, Resident Evil Zero, Rogue Leader, like every game in there is good. Yeah. That is, and how much did he pay for all of this? Ah, uh, a hundo. <laughs> One hundred bucks. Yeah, he got all bucks. this. Oh my gosh! I would like. Yeah. Yeah, he was the, he was the coolest kid in school today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and when I say school, I mean the the small scores thread. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was man. I, that. 
man, that's really great. Craigslist yeah. sometimes pays off people. And that was you his what, third post, and he's already done those two wicked hauls. So uh, I'm looking yeah. forward to post number four. Yeah, let's hear more for sure. Yeah. Very good. It's going to be Dragon Force, Panzer Dragoon Saga. It's going to be like Saturday every post game, is going to yeah. be. This yeah. is yeah. three bucks. Every good Genesis game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just got them all. Craigslist, <laughs> no problem. Oh, that was great. Radiant that, that, Silver that, Gun. I mean, yeah, those, those two, those two are probably my my top. I mean, there's a lot of really good ones, but those are kind of like right up my alley as far as like the the kind of games that uh, those PS1 uh, RPGs are are f- fantastic. Definitely, yeah. very very much. Now we, um, I think we first mentioned him last month, but Bernard's. Um, I just wanted to mention that um, he was stricken by the plague. <laughs> he um, he couldn't escape Keith Courage, right? Nope. Nobody can. <laughs> couldn't do it. You can't. You you can't. Uh, if you have a Turbo Graphics, it will find you. <laughs> so congrats on joining the club with Keith Courage. <laughs> Another oh my gosh score this month when I saw this thing I'm like first I thought why is somebody posting about automatic weapons on our forum? <laughs> yeah, like in that in that gun case. Yeah, but I don't know how to say the name. What would you guys think? Max. No, the guy's name. Oh, the guy's name. Is it Wayne Pitt? Wayne Epi? Wayne Nippy? Wayne It's 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 Wayne Epi, but you have to add like that question mark kind of sound at the end. Wayne Epi? But like he just comes out of nowhere and posts like this. It looks like an M16 Super mm-hmm. Nintendo controller, right? Yeah, and these are extremely obscure. And it's like in this big gun case. Yeah, like you would my, put a real gun in. My understanding was it was a specially made uh, training program for the military. On Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and and of course, like four seconds after it's posted, Shadow's like, "Oh yeah, I know what that yeah, is." Here's everything you'll <laughs> yeah. ever need to know about it. Yeah, yep, yeah, it's all here. Here we go. <laughs> but like, yeah. like no Nintendo problem. Age is huge into NES and SNES stuff, and I think there's two guys that own that gun on there, and they they have ten thousand members. And you have to wonder how many people have that in that case. Yeah, and I don't know about the case. Couldn't say, but it is pretty. And that's before they started painting the guns orange, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, I mean, it was it, it was definitely afterwards. Yeah. yeah, I think they just snuck that one in yeah. there. I think if you're in the military, you get to do whatever you like. <laughs> um, and rightly so. So all of you that serve in our military, you always have my respect. But if you guys are really curious, go look on. It's on page five hundred three of the small scores right thread. If you've top. not seen this yeah. thing, <laughs> it looks really cool. cool. Yeah, so. there's actually kind of a neat little uh, history of the, the military and video games. If you're interested in checking it out, I'd recommend doing so. Oh yes, uh, I know they did have like a custom like um, Doom clone or something they used, right? Yeah, even back to the Atari days, they had uh, custom games being built. It's Makes really sense. Weird, yeah. To train train soldiers, yeah. And the the last Starfighter, when the <laughs> they put the the arcade machine on Earth to find <laughs> the best pilot, Joe in Rogan, the trailer park, right? Or, and no, they found not him. Joe Rogan. That's the Al- Alex that's Rogan. Alex Rogan. Joe Rogan's the fear effect guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, mixed martial arts and all that. <laughs> yep. That would have been an even cooler movie, actually. Yeah, if Joe Rogan was the last Starfighter. <laughs> Had to, had to make all the aliens eat really nasty stuff right before he <laughs> Oh, man. So who do we have next? Uh, what, Burning Toys? 
Yeah, Burning Toys got some cool things this month. Yeah, some really neat little finds there. I picked up Secret of Mana, which everyone loves, of course. Of course. But uh, I thought the really cool one was those monitors he got from his friend. Yes. Yeah, they're like professional studio-grade monitors, yeah, right? Yeah, they're really neat casing around them, too. Really sleek looking. And I think the people always want those things that you can hook like RGB right up into them. Isn't that like the big draw? I think so, yeah. <clears throat> so those folks that are big into crystal clear, pristine graphics want to do the RGB mods and do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's right up their alley. And then we had um, Grey Ghost. Uh, Grey Ghost must be somewhere not too far from you, Bill, because it sounded like he got hit by the storm. Yeah, he's. I've actually done a few things with him. He's in. I think he's in Northern Jersey. Um, I know he's in Jersey. I'm not sure exactly where, but yeah, we. Uh, uh, they got hit a little bit harder than we did up here. So, but yeah, we're 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 working. We're working on helping them. So um, I guess he got one of the biggest scores of all, right? That he decided to post. <laughs> to, uh, what working uh, water and power again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The necessities of life. Yeah. Right. Power. That's pretty heat. nice. Lights, water, definitely everybody that was affected by the storm, you know, wishing you guys all the best and hoping everybody's getting back up and running again. And um, glad to hear, Grey Ghost, that you're you're doing well. He did also get a few other things, though, uh, right? What, the world's second best movie after Sleepers? <laughs> I don't know. I'd, give it, I'd say it's given a run for the money, actually. Bill, are you in Weekend at Barney's? Uh, if only <laughs> that would that would be. Perfect. But I'm but I'm sure I'm sure somebody who was in Weekend at Bernie's was in something with Kevin Spacey who was in Sleepers with me. So I kind of feel like I'm pretty close to Weekend Kevin at Bernie's. Spacey wasn't in Sleepers. Come on. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Kevin I, Bacon. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. What, I, that was a uh, that was my Joe Rogan slip <laughs> of the night. Get your get your uh, Kevin's right, man. I know you I acted know with I the said, guy for, even... for for God's sakes. I know we were, we had the scene together. <laughs> you guys were like right next to each other. <laughs> but uh, not only did he get uh, you know the important stuff, the power and the weekend at Bernie's, um, he got a hookup from one of our other buddies right at the site. So Nine Tail Demon Fox sent him over weekend at Bernie's and um, a Splinter Cell con conviction case for one of his games. I think he was looking for. He also and, then he, and they get that that five dollar lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He got Man. like a ton of stuff for five bucks, right? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and I don't even. I, and and he he actually gave a, he gave us a shout out uh, for the collector cast uh, for you know for telling giving that tip of like you know build up that rapport with the thrift shops. Just like talk to people, let them know who you are, that you're coming in, you're looking for this kind of stuff, and those people like when they get that kind of stuff in, they I mean not always, but sometimes they'll throw some of that stuff aside for you. So. He got this huge collection of, well, not huge, but you got like, you know, a couple dozen games for like $5. Yeah, I know. The way he posted it, you know, I saw the one picture at first. And I'm like, oh, that's not bad for five bucks. And then, you know, scroll right. down, scroll down, <laughs> scroll down. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he got a wide assortment. Um, I, I mean, he said he was putting Mario Sunshine up on eBay. I mean, obviously that will more than pay for that entire lot. Yeah. And yeah. um, I like the, I like that game. But some people don't like that game. I really liked it. Yeah. He got Monster Rancher one and two for PlayStation and three uh, and for three. PS2. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, and he yeah. he also picked Katamari. up Parappa the Rapper, which is an awesome game. 
Oh yeah, play that. Put it, just put it in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's probably the most you'll fun you'll it. have, and those songs will not get out of your head ever. <laughs> no, no, it, and and if and and just walk into like uh, any video game convention or just any like retro video game store and just say "kick punch," it's all in the mind, and just let it go. <laughs> And everyone in the store will uh, finish that song for you. Sure thing. Or just walk in and just say, I gotta believe. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff, yeah. man. I, a really great job on picking some of that up. Um, Surgeon, who is another one of our European members, mm-hmm. he picked something up this time, right? So we got him a copy of Twilight Princess on Wii. Mm-hmm. So, again... Like to hear from you guys from uh, around the world, so make sure you keep posting your stuff. Pretty cool. And then one of our prolific blog posters uh, decided to jump in on the small scores thread. <laughs> I think to get his stuff recognized. Well, I think we've been maybe negligent and always checking the blog posts. And then we're talking about noise redux here. Yeah, but a couple of these other guys too. They'll kind of save their scores up. They put them in these blog posts and. Um, we're pretty simple guys. We just kind of go through the thread <laughs> and make notes. So sometimes we don't catch all that stuff. And there's sometimes a lot of blog posts, so they get shuffled off pretty quickly. But yep. um, I don't know. Is it Angel762? I always said Angle. You think it's Angle? Yeah, I, I thought it's. I thought it was like a, like a, a huge Kurt Angle fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, he picked up a couple... Good NES game. So speaking of NES games you don't have, Krabby, what did I get? Well, actually, I think him and uh, – are they brothers or just friends? Um, it's his friend Nice Guy. Um, this, that's the same cool world in Frankenstein that Nice Guy had in his post. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they collect together. I did not realize that. Yeah. So um, I don't know which one of them ended up with these games in their collection. Um, but Angle definitely ended up with the Mega Man 5 complete in box that he posted. Pretty cool yeah. stuff. Well, that would be awesome to like have a brother like tag team stuff with or what? Yeah, I'd love to have someone to go hunting with here. Every once in a while, I can wrangle a friend into doing it, but most of the time, nah, they don't. They don't care that much. <laughs> yeah, I got a couple of friends who who like going to the flea market, um, but they're not really into like games or collecting or anything. They just kind of like go with me. But yeah, it's uh, I've got a couple people who know I collect who, like, if they see something at a Goodwill, like a town over, they'll text me or something, which is kind of nice. But yeah, having a tag team partner is really is got to be really cool. Okay, so who do we who do we got next? The Greer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the what now? The Greer. <laughs> I would pronounce it probably the Groo, but I like your, I like yours much better. Bill. He's our our wonderful. Um, app creator at rfgen right yeah mm-hmm. he's our android programmer yeah. Um, yeah. bob android is his name <laughs> <laughs> i've been uh using this his app lately his rfgen uh collection tool and it's uh really handy i love it cool is, has anyone told you crabby that that is a downloadable um yeah but it's free <laughs> oh okay and it doesn't right. actually rest on a console so that's okay that's right? also true yes we gotta ask the Grayer when he's gonna incorporate uh, Bluetooth uh, controller support, so you can play the RF Gen app with a controller. I'll be out at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Mr. Gru or Grr, the Grayer. <laughs> he got himself a couple games this time around, though, right? A couple, a couple N64 I, pickups. 
I, you know, I haven't played it in a long, like since high school, but I remember Tetrisphere being kind of cool. I love Tetrisphere. It's fun, yeah. And Mystery Makers is a great one, too. Yeah, Treasure. Yeah. Always makes good games. Uh, but those are important titles for him because doesn't that put him to like six more to finish his N64 set? I know he's up he's there. He's really close to close, too. But... Tetrisphere is he? Uh, does he is? Do you know if he's counting uh, Sculptor's Cut? Or, or I no? think he is, yeah. I think he's already got yeah. it, actually. Yeah, I think I I remember somebody grabbing one not too long ago, and I couldn't I can't remember who it was, and someone got it like at a thrift store for like no, five I don't bucks think that something. was him. I think that was uh, Burning Toys, if I remember right. Okay, I I think you might be right, but still very cool. Yeah, it's getting close. So him and uh, PWP Cody, uh, hopefully they'll have a nice little uh, friendly competition. See who can finish it up first. Yeah, nice. that way. whoever finishes first has to help the other. That's how this works. <laughs> You're right. Um. So next, going again back to where we're being a little, little better, we're getting looking at those blogs. So Oakbob blogged about some some import Dreamcast games that he got, right? Yeah, he's a big Dreamcast guy, so not a big surprise that he picked up a big uh, import lot of Dreamcast stuff, eh? Yeah, and I don't know a doggone thing about import Dreamcast, so I looked like a bunch of Japanese games to me, <laughs> um, which is cool, don't get me wrong. I just absolutely no idea what they are, but... Um, he's got a little blog post he wrote about it. So yeah, go check it check out. Check out his guys. blog. He's uh, really knowledgeable with Dreamcast stuff from most regions, it seems like. Yeah. And is it, like, I don't, I notice, like, the covers is kind of, you can kind of usually tell by looking at the cover. Like, I always know, like, the PAL or the European Dreamcast stuff, like, the swirl's always blue, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I wonder what happened there or why that interesting decision. I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, and on to probably our biggest blogger of scores. He he saves up and he does a big blog post every month. So we've got noise uh, redux, right? Yep. Yeah, huge Sega scores this month. Man, yeah. what kind of goodies did he get? I know I I helped him. Yeah, out one from you. Yeah. What did you send him? I sent him over an XI, um, or again whatever whatever that thing's called. I think I mentioned it last time when I had gotten my. Thing in trade from him. I got that Konami Hyperboy, so he got the XI from me. Oh, that's a neat trade. Interesting. Yeah, I think we're both really happy about. It. That's his second XI. Uh, he's got now. He's got like one in one room and one like in his room. I think. <laughs> you never have enough XIs, right? I guess not. <laughs> um, and then he just loaded up on games for all his new Sega systems. Big stack of Sega CD games. Big stack of Sega Saturn games. Huge stack of Dreamcast games. And we, we don't have time to mention them all, but some of my favorites were Shining Wisdom on the Saturn is an awesome game. He got that from Ghost Soldier. Cool. And then on the Dreamcast, he got uh, Sonic Adventure. Not a bad one. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is one that I that really cool want to get. One. Yeah. That's a cool one. looks like a neat game. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Everyone, everyone always wants that on the Dreamcast, right? It's supposed to be like the best port. Mm -hmm. yep. I got himself a Saturn light gun. He got himself an arcade stick for the Saturn. And then kind of a cool little pickup. He brought a little bunch of uh, the Sega Visions magazines. Yeah. Now, wasn't he more dedicated towards one of the systems? And then like a while back, he was kind of thinking about maybe I should branch out. Now he looks like he's just gone nuts. Right? Yeah. He was all about the Dreamcast. And then he was asking like, maybe I should get a Sega Saturn. <laughs> and then now it's like, yeah, anything Sega that has a CD in it is just... Yeah, he's all over it. 
Yeah, he's actually uh, uh, we, he's got a box on the way from me. But uh, some of the stuff that came in my score that we haven't talked about yet, uh, I'll I'll tell you the story when we get to him. But yeah, we we did a Sega trade uh, 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 just a few just like a week ago. Cool stuff. Um, yeah, I mean he's really just having at it, and more power to him. There's some cool yeah, stuff that's in he, there. He's always been more on the gamer side, so it's nice to see him embracing his collector side lately. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because he's really big over on Racket Boy, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think he he's a, a moderator over there even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he spends some time over on RF Gen 2, so we love having him over, and um, it's where he tends to host his blog, so cool stuff. Yeah, yeah he's uh, probably, at the moment, uh, got the most blogs coming out more than anyone else, so yeah, check his writing out. It's really good. Yeah, good stuff. Now, Krabby, you got some stuff yourself this month, right? Yeah, finally picked up a little bit. Uh, most of it from one one of my buddies. Uh, he knows I collect. He, he used to collect, and he kind of sold everything off and kept what he wanted. So he sends all the other goodies my way now that come his way. So he. What all did you get? He had a huge box of old gaming stuff from his wife's aunt's attic, and he just told me I could have it. Um, I had a Coleco in there with half a dozen controllers, a whole bunch of games. Uh, a whole bunch of Commodore 64 stuff too, which I'm not too familiar with, but I really like the packaging on those old, like, uh, they look like a, like a record almost like, like a vinyl packaging. It's really cool. Flip it oh, up and you yeah, got your floppies yeah. inside. Yeah. You like the big box stuff yeah. that they would put out. So I had a few of those, a few actually, uh, Commodore 64 cartridges, um, but no, mm-hmm. uh, cart reader. So I'll have to figure out how to try those That's out just eventually. The... That's just the system itself. The Commodore 64 is like a keyboard. The computer's all on the keyboard. And you, so you plug the carts right into the keyboard? Is there a slot on it? Yep. Okay. Slot in the back. Gotcha. See, I'm, I've never had one. That was before my time. Um, yeah, well, it was my time. <laughs> I had one. Was, I still got one. They're pretty cool. And then I got a bunch of the uh, like how to program uh, Commodore 64 games type books. Mm-hmm. Um, I went down to one of my favorite uh, places to pick up games in town here, and he had this CD he's been holding on to forever. He was forgetting to give it to me. He said he didn't know if he could even sell it to anyone else, so he just gave it to me. So I got this white knuckle scoring uh, Super Mario Bros. CD from the early <laughs> 90s. And if you haven't heard the first track off it, it's called Ignorance is Bliss by Jellyfish. It, yeah. It's awesome. You'll love it. Oh, so it's like a legitimate bands on there yeah the whole thing uh, is just like a compilation it's got like roy orbison and then a whole bunch of hair metal for some reason like uh <laughs> like tricks and uh britney fox i think is on there <laughs> it's, it's a wow. weird compilation but the first song sounds like it's an original song just made for the cd and it's really good huh i've never even seen this thing before and the was it just the insert uh the booklet is actually a comic book when you're flipping through it too so was this just a regular old in-store release? Do you have any idea? Yeah, I think so. Huh, yeah. I, never, I never saw that one. It's in the heyday of the Nintendo licensing when they were putting out, you know, books and serials and stuff like that, I think, uh, popped out in there. Has it stopped? It still seemed to be pretty good at licensing. <laughs> That's so. true. Nope, more power to them. Yeah. Um, the same buddy that gave me the big box of stuff, um, he had a complete box super scope he was telling me about in his closet that he was going to dig out That's for me. That's awesome. And his box was really beat up, he said. And then the day before he was going to give it to me, uh, that same store I got the CD from, um, he had just a plain old box for Super Scope that was in much better shape. So he just swapped boxes with them and gave me the nicer one. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Man. 
So he because it looks really good. Yeah, and this stuff he's just giving me. So I usually uh, get him back some way with like magic cards or something, uh, even it out in the end. But uh, he, yeah, he doesn't expect anything in return. Just keeps throwing me all this cool stuff. Awesome. You get to you get to cr- cross a couple of NES things off your list, right? I do. Um, had a little bit of money come in recently, so whenever that happens, I like to cross off a, a big title if I can. So I grabbed Dragon Fighter, which is one of the last expensive ones I really need. And uh, Little Ninja Brothers, which is one I've been really wanting to play for a while. It's supposed to have some good co-op on it. I'm looking forward to Now, that. have you had a chance to play Dragon Fighter yet? No, I haven't played either of them yet. Yeah, you have to check it out and let me know what you think. And then uh, we were at EB uh, Games uh, pre-ordering the Adventure Time game for 3DS for my son. And my wife noticed they had a huge clearance rack of games for like a buck. So I ended up getting a whole bunch of sealed, like uh, Buzzword, uh, a lot of the singing games like High School Musical, and uh, I don't even remember all of them. I just grabbed them because they were buck. <laughs> they were like the big cool boxes to display. Yeah, some good stuff that were in there. Yeah. I mean, like a lot of the like with the buzz things with all the buzzers and the whole thing, right? Yeah, the big like blister case packaging. Mm. It's kind of neat. Yeah, and then my my biggest uh, most exciting score in a while um, is these display cases I bought from our Zellers as they were closing down. Yeah, now is Zellers like a really big chain in Canada or? Yeah, have you heard of the Hudson Bay Company? Yes. Yeah, they're related to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but they recently got bought out by Target. So all the stores across Canada are converting to Target. So they're selling everything off. Wow. Yeah, so I bought those. I ended up getting like a Sin and Punishment for 5 bucks too, sealed one, um, just because they're clearing everything out for like 90% off. Awesome. That's a good game. It's awesome. I've already got one, so the sealed one's like going to be a like trophy in my collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I got these five cabinets um, that are just kind of generic uh, gaming cabinets, but I finally have places to display my big stuff like my Neo Geo box or my Steel Battalion controller that I've just been like hiding for a long time. And then and I also saw there was like an imprisoned child in one of those, right? He just came with the case, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll figure out what to do with him later. And then uh, my, my favorite case, though, is the Game Boy Advance case that I got with it. It's really cool. It plugs in and illuminates. It's got a little uh, part cut out where you can uh, plug in a demo machine for, uh, for Game Boy. And uh, it's got this really, it's hard to see in pictures, but it's got this nice little etched uh, Game Boy Advance uh, silhouette into the glass. That's cool. Now, I think we had kind of talked a little bit last time we chatted, but are you going to try to get the what you need to put a demo GBA on there? Yeah, and it shouldn't be hard from, from the looks of it. Uh, everything seems to be working. So I've, I've just got to figure out how to cut these locks and get into it without damaging the glass because I unfortunately didn't get the key with that one. Well, I've the retro shop close to me, if you want like some box GBA games, I mean, they're nothing exciting, but they don't charge a lot for them. So if you want a couple to throw in there for a display or something, let me know. I can tell you what they've got. We'll see. I might uh, even just put NES stuff in there. I think I can fit a whole collection in there. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And uh, I guess not lastly, but uh, I was hurting for another power pad. Mine stopped working, so I, I bugged Duke, and he sent me a, a brand new power pad, and it happened to be the Nintendo brand one because I already had the Bandai one, so I've got the both of them. And a few more NES games that I've been... Uh, needing for my collection the the real gem there being uh mickey's adventure in numberland that's a really awesome great to play title i bet you, you're just itching oh, i'm right? i'm gonna dig into numberland and letterland and what was the other <laughs> one uh 
in Sesame Street Countdown. Looking forward to oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's action-packed. <laughs> and like a few other members on the site, um, I picked up a Wii U on launch day, and I've been having a blast with it. I could spend way too much time making this episode longer talking about it, but I'll just say um, try one out if you haven't already. They're a lot of fun. I went to uh, a tar- the our target has a uh, like a like a, a kiosk yep. with one and it has like like you pick up the gamepad and like you scroll through like all the like the different games they have on it and every single one of them there's a little play demo button and it's grayed out. Oh. There's not a single demo on this entire kiosk. There's the, the little button that says play video plays. So you hit the play video and it doesn't even play video. It shows like a a, a like a like a collection of still images like one <laughs> after the other of like people enjoying playing that game that so do you think horrible. they just haven't bothered to set the demo unit up properly or something yeah i mean cool because from my retail background i know that like either nintendo comes in themselves or they send those discs to the merchandising people and you just pop that disc in the interact and it updates the system automatically so either the nintendo rep hasn't gone in or the you know the target employees haven't been updating it so i gotta find a store that's actually got one because I'm, I'm not prepared to drop uh, four bills on that just yet it, yeah definitely uh, pick up nintendo land that alone is worth it it's so much fun yeah, I didn't get a chance. I've not even had a chance to play one yet, but I definitely want to give it a try. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna lie to myself. I'm sure I'll get one at some point. I'm just not sure I know exactly I will too. when. I'm I'm yeah. gonna probably guess maybe sometime early to mid next year once there's some really great titles I really want. And like they mentioned before, uh, check out the RF Gen uh, Arena sub forum. It's got uh, all our uh, everyone with the Wii U's got their uh, their codes in there, so you can add. Crabmaster 2000 if you want. Yeah, no more friend codes, right? Nope, they got rid of that. It's the same as the other systems now. You have your uh, your name registered mm-hmm. to the Nintendo network. And, and I know this doesn't affect Krabby, and which, but it's uh, one of the things that still is kind of weird to me. And not that I download a lot of games, because I don't. But if you download a, like your, your what do you call it? Uh, what do they call it? Like your, your Wii U ID? Mm-hmm. That, as of right now, is locked to the system that you... That you purchase it on. What? Um, yeah, it's it, it's in the, it was in some fine print somewhere, and like I forget who it was, like Joystick or Destructoid or somebody like ran the story on it, and they contacted a Nintendo rep, and they confirmed like yes, as of right now, your Wii U ID is locked to that system. So if you want to go to your friend's house and like put your Wii U ID in and play as you over there, you can't do it. And also, if your Wii U dies and you buy another one, you can't use the same Wii U ID that you created earlier on a different Wii U. Um, they say they are going to change that in the future, but I think you know, they have to. Yeah, that, that's a weird thing to have it locked to a single piece of hardware, but at least they're working on getting better. Yeah, I think they're planning for a big update in December because uh, they didn't end up rolling out the TV part of it um, at launch like they planned. So I, I know they're doing okay. an update for that in a week or two here. So gotcha. maybe something like that will pop up with that. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I know I'm going to have one. It's just, I, I kind of, I, I want to feel, you know, I want to feel way better about it than kind of like the weird uncertainties I have about it right now. So most of the yeah. online stuff doesn't factor into my decision at all. So I, I could completely exactly, understand yeah. uh, apprehension to some of their online uh, problems though. I just think with all the kind of weird stories I've been hearing, I'm just, I'm kind of content to let them get some firmware updates out there and get the bugs ironed out. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, it's not going anywhere. And I am I really want Bayonetta 2, so I'm okay with waiting <laughs> until that comes out anyway. Yeah, that won't be until January or February anyway, I think. Yeah, no problems at all. 
Now, I'm kind of curious now, because you get Mega Man 9 on your Wii, right? Yep. So are you going to go through the whole rigmarole of the transfer? No. You're just going to leave it on your Wii? Yeah, I'll still keep the Wii around. I'm not planning to get rid of it, so I'll keep all my saves on there, and that's the only downloadable game I have, so I don't see the need to transfer over. I see. Right, and remember, if you trans... And it's not like, once you transfer it, I think it's deleted off the original Yeah, console. you can't transfer back from the Wii U to the Wii. It's just a one-time, one-way thing. Yep. So I'm curious. I've got to ask the question, Krabby. Have you played any regular Wii games in it yet? No, but I've got the last story. As soon as I'm you know, kind of bored with Nintendo Land and New Super Mario Bros., that's what's going in next. I remember because you had that, I think, uh, very close to launch, but you wanted to wait and uh, uh, you know play it up converted or uh, on your yeah, Wii U. Yeah, like there's most of the games I want, like uh, Duke mentioned, are coming out after Christmas. So I bought the two I want right now, and then I'll play that one until the the other stuff comes out that I want. Nice. Yeah, I really want to hear back. That's probably my biggest concern. I want to know how well it does in terms of how good do the Wii games look. Uh, you know, they up-res, they look nice and clean and crisp. Or... I've, I've heard mm. Nintendo say that there's they will look exactly the same as on the Wii, but then I read an article, same thing, I can't remember what it was, Destructoid Joystick, something like that, saying that they actually do upscale even though Nintendo said they don't. Hmm. I'd like to check it out. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm kind of curious. I've still got a couple of Wii games around I've not finished up. So. Yeah, if I have enough time, too. I've got Xenoblade Chronicles I haven't torn into yet either, so might have a RPG fest this Christmas. Sounds good. Yeah, Xenoblade's an enormous game. Great. Well, man, Krabby, sounds like you had a pretty doggone good month with all those cases. Yeah, I had to, because of the cases, I had to pass up on a uh, cool little pinball that popped up locally, but hopefully uh, another one will come up in the next year here. Yeah, those things always seem to pop up from time to time, so I'm sure. Now, um, I got a few cool things myself this month. I, You know, when I looked, do you ever have that time, guys, where you're like, you know, I don't know, you just kind of like, eh, I kind of had a couple decent things for the month, and then you look back on it, you're like, wow, what? Did I get all that stuff in this <laughs> yeah. last month? That seems like your month every month. Come on. It's got to stop here at some point in time where I'm just literally going to be, uh, you know, I can't get that lucky that many months in a row. Um, I did get, I got to cross off one of the real big ones for me, and that was Gimmick for the Famicom. I've been watching for that game for a really long time. I've kind of had I didn't a, know that was a thing. Um, yeah. Uh, they also did a Scandinavian NES release, uh, Mr. Gimmick. That one's pretty pricey, but, isn't it, in comparison? It is. Oh, and don't get me wrong, Gimmick is not cheap. Um, but isn't Mr. But, Gimmick like twice the price of Gimmick? Uh, Mr. Gimmick's pretty silly. Um, but then I think it's kind of suffering from that NES fever right. that's going around right now. Sure is. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... Rare Famicom cards don't, I mean, unless for, of course, the ultra-rare ones, but most part don't seem to be as crazy price-affected as, like, some of the NES stuff is right now. But I picked that up, um, and it's it's a great game. I haven't had a lot of time to tear all the way into it, but it's really high quality. It just somebody on Famicom World posted that they were, you know, looking to sell that, and they also had a cart Castlevania, which... If you know Famicom, collecting Cart Castlevania is hard to find and expensive, but couldn't afford them both. Definitely wanted gimmick, so I got that taken being care of. Being, the, really being the Castlevania guy you are, I'm surprised you you went to gimmick over Castlevania, even though I know you wanted that gimmick. Yeah, it's just the only big deal, the big draw about the Famicom Cart Castlevania is 
over there it was a disk system release, and then like towards the end of the NES they put a cart version out. And the big draw of the cart version, it has an easy mode, um, and it's rare. So it goes for um, considerably more money, especially when what you can find it here for a couple dollars. Right. And I've got the disk system yeah. copy, so eventually maybe, but it's got to wait. Um, I was really happy about that. I'd stopped at my local shop, which I talk about all the time, Game Exchange. It's not too far for me. If you guys have a Game Exchange around, you should go to it. Trust me, you're going to find, if it's anything like mine, good people and good deals. But there I picked up a copy of Chrono Trigger, so I've been watching for a copy of that. It seems to always to me to be more than I want to pay online, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've not checked recently yeah. to know what it's going for, but it seemed like it was always like around 60 bucks or something. Um, so I got a good deal on a Chrono Trigger. Um, I also picked up a copy of Super Smash Bros. for N64. I didn't have that one. Uh, I grabbed that one too. I've mentioned a couple of months back that I picked up a PC Engine and I didn't have any games or a controller <laughs> for the thing. So I had a couple eBay bucks that were about to expire and I thought, oh, okay, let me see if I can skulk around and find like a dirt cheap PC Engine game. And I did. I came across a copy of Space Harrier for next to nothing. So basically it was just shipping is all I had to pay. It was, didn't cost me much. But now I can verify that it works. I've got Space Harrier. I just need to still find a controller <laughs> for the doggone thing. The controllers are not cheap. So I'll, yes, I'll find same one. with the three. Same with three DO. Yeah, I find three DO controllers like when people sell them individually are not uh, are not yeah. cheap. Uh, Banana helped me out grabbing uh, my second three DO controller. I need last a three DO and a AES controller aren't cheap, and I think a Vectrex controller are pretty pretty pricey too. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm hoping that I'm gonna run across one. I've I've got some posts I put on some places looking for one. We'll see. I'm sure at some point in time. I'll either find one or I'll break down and buy an expensive one, but I, I probably, won't, probably won't do that anytime soon. Right. Um, and then I had, like I said, they go to the store all the time and they're really good about talking to me. I'm in there. They know me. They've, I even, I think, mentioned before they put our show on like the their iPod playing through the store. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're live in a shop. So that's kind of cool. But the, I went in one day, and I, I always kind of ask, like, hey, you guys got anything cool in? I mean, duh, why not, right? And so one of the guys that, that runs the place, he's kind of looked at me and goes, yeah, I've got something really pretty cool, but I can't exactly, you know, it's not for sale quite yet. I was kind of doing pricing on it. I'm like, well, can you give me, like, any kind of an idea at all <laughs> about what it is? I mean, because uh, they know the kind of stuff I've been looking for. And he goes, yeah, it's something you're going to want, and like okay can, really is there no and he's like well you know i just like you know we, i don't know so it's like anyway let me do some talk and come back and um like come back in a couple of days and then i'll talk to you i'll hold it for you you'll get first crack at it so i go back and 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 what they had was somebody had brought in a loose copy of earthbound and um the thing looks i mean pretty pristine it's a very beautiful cart and I'm guessing, I mean, I, trust me, I know what these places pay. So, I mean, the guy probably got a couple bucks, I'm guessing, from the place um, for it. But they did a very good deal for me on that. Um, so I picked a copy of that up. I was really pretty happy to run across one locally because the prices on that one also, I think, are getting kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that one's really ballooned up there. 
Yeah, and to me, what doesn't seem to be... It's not a very rare cart, is it? Nope. It's just popular. Yeah, but I don't know if the price is... I don't know any other popular cart that uh, jumped up that high. Final Fantasy VII did for a while, but it's kind of went back down and become reasonable again. But I, anyway, it was really cool. Honestly, you know, I want to see what the hype's about. I want to play the thing here at some point in time hmm. and see if it lives up to what everybody keeps saying it is. And I guess I'll get my chance to find out. It's a fun one. I hope you like it. All right, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that out. Some good deals I got some from. So, so Krabby, you, you sent me a little gift in the mail, so I get this unexpected little package from you, which I really appreciate. No problem. So I opened this up, and Krabby's got, like, um, the pre-order set for the Castlevania Portrait of Ruin for DS. It's it's like this little fold-out thing. It's really kind of cool. It's like this Velcro flap with, like, the Castlevania. looks like a wax seal on it. And you, yeah. you open the thing up, and it's got, like, a special stylus and stylus holder thing. It's got the music CD. It's got, like, a little art book and everything that came with it. Yeah, it's I've got one of those. It's really cool. It's got, like, a little uh, chrono, uh, chronology of the series. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's actually a pretty cool little uh, pre-order set and that little, um, it's got a little plastic case that'll hold the first two, like at the time there were only two, uh, you know, is that what that is? I thought it was like a stylus holder. No, yeah, that's, you pop, you, uh, you pop that open, it can hold two DS games. So at the time, Portrait of Ruin and Dawn of Sorrow were the only two, uh, Castlevania DS games. So that's where your Castlevania games would go. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, obviously I'm going to keep it kind of in its original condition and whatnot. So I didn't, right. I didn't try to tear it apart to figure out exactly what that was, but. Yeah, it's a little two, uh, DS cart case. Cool. Well, uh, Krabby sent me a little note in there, so that was really cool, um, I really appreciate you kind of send that gift over. You really didn't have to do that, but thank you very much. Anytime, yeah. Like I know, I know we've mentioned it before, but uh, Duke does a huge majority of the legwork for our podcast. So I wanted to thank him for his hard work, and I know he's a big Castlevania fan. So I hope that finds a home in his collection. Yeah, and this next thing that you sent me was in the box. You, I don't know how on earth you found out about this. Sneaky. Um, because, okay, so Sensei Man that has posted and he sold over on Famicom World, I, I bought plenty of stuff from him, I think we all, lots of people did. But he had, a while back, he had like this Joy Card Famicom controller. It's got like adjustable turbo. It's a really good little pad. And, um, I had asked him about it and he'd said, well, he tested it and it didn't seem to work quite right. So he was just going to like sell it as junk or something. He wasn't real comfortable with selling it to me the way it was. So I had just kind of forgot about the thing. And then somehow, Krabby, you find out about it and then buy it. So what happened? Um, yeah, just uh, sneaking around, uh, sending some PMs to Sensei Man, uh, asking him if he had any gift ideas, because I know you've bought from him more than once. So uh, I thought he might have an idea of some Famicom stuff he'd be into. He was mostly sold out at the time, but he said there was this controller you were interested in, and I told him to send it my way, and I could see if I could get it working. Yeah, so uh, I guess the thing was pretty horrible when you got it, right? It was, it was filthy, yeah. So I just assumed it was uh, pretty dirty. And it was. And when I got it, um, it mostly worked. And then what I did actually is I went in, tore it apart, cleaned it out some more, and I swapped the rubber pads from like a regular NES controller into it. Mm -hmm. And that works like a gem. Perfect. I'm glad so to hear it. worked great. So that was awesome. Totally unexpected stuff out of the blue. Um, thank you very much. That was that's pretty cool. And I've used that controller to play quite a bit, actually. <laughs> right on. It's a good little controller. I like it. Glad it's getting some use. Because I, I, unlike you, don't mind cheating with uh, Rapid Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
then from Techie, I did a trade with Techie, and uh, I finally got a copy of Super Mario RPG, so I don't have to whine like a little girl every show. <laughs> no, well, no, now you have to find a different uh, game to whine like a girl about. Uh, don't worry. I'm sure I'll find <laughs> more. But so that you, was really you cool. You really like, hit the trifecta there for SNES RPGs, eh? I did. I, I don't think there's any um, other... Okay, well, maybe like Evermore and then EVO or whatever. Yeah. Or Eva, or however you're supposed to say that. Um, but those aren't really too much on my radar, I don't think, in, I, in terms of wanting to play. So, no, I think I got the really cool ones, definitely. And then, like, my biggest long-distance trade I've ever done, which honestly was more of just of a, let's just see what happens. Uh, a couple months ago, I did a trade over on Famicom World with a guy that lives in Bulgaria. <laughs> He, he PM me. He's like, hey, you've got that complete in box Super Mario 2. I really would like that. Would you want to trade some stuff? And what he's got is like a bunch of like pirate Famicom carts. Um, I guess really big in certain parts of the world. It's just knockoffs. But they're like original games. They're not just like knockoffs of existing games. Well, one of them was. But So I'm like, sure, yeah, you know, I'll send it over to you. You send me the games and we'll just do a trade. So I ship it off, and I don't know. It's been like a couple months. I kind of almost got to the point where I'm like, maybe I'm just never going to see anything. <laughs> maybe Customs has picked it up. or I you know, I have no clue. Uh, but, I mean, the guy's a real good guy over there. So, I mean, even if Customs grabbed it, was, it was no big deal. I wasn't going to make a fuss about it, you know, just the way it was going to go. But I finally got them in the other day. And so what they are, you know, so imagine NES versions of, like, some of these games. So one of them is Mortal Kombat. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so it's like a. It's pr- it's probably it's probably similar to the Game Boy Mortal Kombat. Um, it's not great, but it's playable. <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, when you play it, you're like, "Wow, this is Mortal Kombat." I mean, it's not. Can you it do fatalities really in well. it? Um, I've never. I don't know the controls that well. Um, you gotta post a, a video bit. if you can of some eight bit fatalities. Um, boy, I'll try. I would be surprised if they're in there, but. <laughs> It's called Mortal Kombat 5 Pro, but really it's just Mortal, the first Mortal Kombat. Um, and then I got two Harry Potter games. <laughs> and they're actually, they even though the covers look the same, they're two separate Harry Potter games. One's like a side-scrolling platformer where you're like Harry Potter and you like punch and kick the crap out of, out of people. <laughs> and the other one is like uh, this like a flying shooting game where you're like on a broom and it's a shooter. It's really kind of strange. And there's also amazing. This is the one that got me. That's amazing. Earthworm Jim. Eight bit. <laughs> yeah. And it's it looks good. Oh, yeah. Um, I need to check that out that I love Earthworm Jim. That sounds awesome. The control is wonky. It's not great. But I mean, playing it and looking at it, you're like this is earthworm jam i was pretty impressed um it looks pretty good for an nes port of that game and earthworm jim looked good so bravo to whatever chinese pirate <laughs> came up i mean it was really good the other one says fifa it's just um like nintendo world cup soccer or something but those are really cool i like those little things they're really odd quirky you're like how on earth would they make this work on the nintendo yeah, they're weird, but they work. They're kind of fun. <laughs> I also finally took enough time to put in a bunch of Club Nintendo codes, and I finally got Game & Watch Ball. I've been saving up, too. I'm, get, I'm getting close with all my Wii U points, so uh, I should have one before too much longer. 
Is it, are you going for the ball also? Yeah, they're putting the gold nunchuck back on, but it's 900 points, so then I'll have to start over for my ball again for like third time, so I think I'm just going to grab the ball. Yeah, 900 is a bit... I mean, I, got, I have one, and I'm really glad I have one, but 900 is kind of steep. Yeah, now, Billy, you posted, I think, back that it was available again, right? How do you hear that that quick? Um, I was on. Uh, I can't, I think it was Nintendo actually tweeted it. Oh, cool! And I just and I just happen to be at my work. Like I uh, at work, I'm lucky enough where like I kind of have a. Sometimes when like my work is kind of done, I can just be sitting there at my station like waiting for like a support call to come in, and I just have TweetDeck up and running. And uh, so I just happen to be sitting there when the tweet hit, and it's just you know, hey, gold nunchucks are back, and I threw it right up on. Uh, RF gen and I went back and there was like two or three people when we were talking about it a while ago who didn't have enough points to get it and I shot them both PMs uh, so hopefully they've got their points all you know counted up and ready and they're gonna grab it on uh, a day after tomorrow. Awesome, cool, very good. And then lastly, um, I just got in a little like the other day my copy of Nintendo's the the Homebrew World Championship 2012 from Nintendo Age. No, I want to hear about this because I'm not familiar with the homebrew scene, and this cart looks really cool. It is pretty cool. They're going to actually make a regular edition available through RetroZone. So if you didn't get in on the special edition, no big deal. You can still get a copy. But what they've done is it's basically just like Nintendo World Championships where there's multiple carts on the game, and there's a timer, and there's dip switches. But all they've done is they've taken some homebrew games and put them on instead of like the Nintendo games. So what you've got is a collection of four different homebrew games. Again, you can set the dip switches for how much time to play. You get a cumulative score at the end of it, and that's it. So it's it's kind of cool. And how many cards did they run through this uh, special edition? The special edition, I want to say, had a run of 60 carts because they were auctioning off 50, and I think there might have been like 10 or 20 that went to like the people that developed it or whatever. Right. So not under 100 carts. Okay. All together. And then, the, like I said, the regular edition is going to be out through RetroZone soon. So if you still want to get a copy, you can do that. You'll just have to watch out for it over there. And they're really but great the, to buy from. I've, I've bought from them before. Yeah. And the special edition just comes with, like, a case with, like, a thing. It's numbered. It's got the, the manual. And, and it says special Nintendo Age edition and whatnot on it. But cool. I haven't got a chance to play it yet. I really want to kind of plug it in. Hopefully this weekend, now that things are dying down, I'll get a chance to do that. But looks pretty cool. So... That's all right. That's me (laughs) for a month. Wow. I'll shut up now. (laughs) Let's Um, see how Bill Bill. stacks up now. Come on. What you got? Uh, Yeah, it it won't take that long. It's uh, uh, a couple couple of good good purchases. Uh, I mentioned earlier Noise Redux with uh, his, uh, 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 like a month or so ago, I decided that I really, I hadn't had any good scores in a while and I wanted to kind of refocus my collection on, on Nintendo. So I looked at my collection and I said, you know, it's really cool having the Sega CD and Saturn stuff, but it's just not where my passion is. So I decided to keep the games I really like and kind of sell a bunch of the rest of them. So um, that's how Tinstar got his Rayman and uh, Noise Redux being another big Sega guy on the site, um, uh, you know, shot me something and said, hey, like I'd be interested in a whole bunch of these. So um, uh, and since he was a, a little short on, uh, you know, we we all go shopping every once in a while so we were short on spending money so um i said well let me just hold them i'll hold them for you for a few weeks like whatever just i'm not in a rush just let me know and uh uh, after like a week or so he's like yeah i feel bad like uh, it's uh i don't have any i really don't have the money to to grab them right now but he said 
but I am have I do have an E Starland uh, credit, mm. and I noticed that you want some NES stuff. So do you want to go shopping on E Starland's <laughs> website, and I will ship that stuff to you, and then you ship me the Sega stuff? And I said this this is my kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, let's make a deal. Yeah. So I went I went to the website where he had a a, a largish uh, credit. And um, I picked out, uh, you know, the dollar amount that we agreed on, and he had them ship the stuff straight to me, and I'm shipping him his uh, uh, Sega CD games. Awesome. Think, uh, sorry, uh, Saturn as well. So uh, Galactic Attack, Bubble Bobble, Rainbow Islands, um, you know, a couple other uh, uh, Saturn uh, Sega CD uh, games. And I ended up getting a couple of uh, uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 for the Genesis uh, complete, which I've been looking for for a while, and it's in really, really good shape. I saw the picture. Uh, yeah, crazy... that looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I it's for I didn't realize that was a it's kind of an elusive one, kind of later in the lifespan. Cardboard, you know, they don't you know uh, hold up quite as well, but very nice shape. Uh, Crazy Taxi Two for the Dreamcast. Uh, How to Win at Nintendo. Jeff Rovin. Those Jeff Rovin those books. Those books are so awesome. And oh my god, and I just I'm just leafing through it, and it's great because there's no pictures. <laughs> you, just, you you have to read about the and yeah. it's great because. It's like all the stuff that you kind of know as like a, as a Nintendo kid is like common knowledge. Like, yeah, like you have to punch King Hippo in the face when he opens <laughs> his mouth and you have to hit him in the stomach. But the way he writes about it, like, like I really try to put myself back in like 1985 or 86 or whatever and read this book. Like a lot of people will try to go after King Hippo. <laughs> He's he's got way too much stamina for that. Like it's 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 really cool reading about all these old games. So I really I love, love to the, get the Castlevania ones. two description in there. It's just this huge wall of text. There's like no indication yeah. <laughs> in it. It's nuts. <laughs> Definitely worth so picking yeah, up I mean, the other copies. I, I yeah I I think I'm actually gonna just like I don't know I don't know if I'll read cover to cover, but I will definitely pick like just pick this up and read like a random like game uh, a few pages here and there. Uh, it's it's really really interesting. So and he did like some game ones other... too. So check them out. Yes, yeah, he's he's done a bunch, but he's great. Um, also grabbed another hockey game for the for the growing hockey collection. NHL Blades of Steel '99 for the N64. Uh, that one's a uh, all, all these are complete actually. Okay, now tell me, Bill. So, um, uh, I got a question because I saw that game actually in that retro shop the other day. Is mm-hmm. it good? Uh, I haven't fired it up yet. Okay. Uh, it's it it's uh. uh let me know. I, yeah, I don't remember, you know, it being, you know, really talked about when it came out. Like, there's, there's a handful of hockey games that people actually kind of pay attention to when they come out. Like, even back in like the, the sixteen uh, and sixty four bit days. But uh, I don't remember this one getting a lot of attention. So I'll give it a try. I'll let you know. Well, Blades of Steel was um, great. But, uh, so I would, you yeah, know, if it's similar yeah. to that, that would be cool. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I mean, having not fired it up, I can't say. But uh, I don't know. I just uh, have this. Uh, I mean, people who know me know I'm a hockey guy, even though we don't have any hockey right now. But uh, I do have this kind of growing subset of NHL games, and they're really easy to collect because they're not expensive. So you can find them for like a buck or two most places. So then you just end up with this great, you know, kind of like a little hockey set. So, but uh, yeah, so the so the Mortal Kombat, Crazy Taxi, How to Win Nintendo, Blades of Steel, and I think Othello. <laughs> I think those were the ones that all came from the Noise Redux uh, uh, sale uh, trade. Well, yeah, and, and you know what it was? I, I pulled up East Starland. I and uh, okay, if anyone from East Starland is listening, <laughs> you you need to make your site so that I can just look at games that have like the box instructions and the cart. Like they list every single game, and you can't look at all. You have to like look at like ten items at a time. Whoa. And also, like it li- underneath it, it'll it'll say like no box, no manual, no box, no there's no box, no manual, no box, no manual. 
And so you have to like look at every, uh, it's, it was just a really bad way to, to browse around. But yeah, I just went down and I looked through like all 300 games they had and I just picked out like the only ones they had complete that I didn't already own. Um, oh, and Sky Shark. Oddly enough, uh, they had Sky Shark, huh. just the box on the cart, and I had the Sky Shark manual, so that completed that awesome. one for me. And uh, and the other uh, purchase I made was uh, uh, from a, a Nintendo Age, a guy who was uh, decided to he was going for a complete NES collection, and he decided to give up and just keep <laughs> the ones that he really liked. Smart man, because he didn't because he didn't play anything He's else. So um, <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. So uh, Deja Vu. Uh, a, a handful of uh, uh, semi-uncommons, like Overlord, um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. It's the Taito. It's not the uh, Ubisoft, which is the more uh, uncommon yeah. one. Um, but still still pretty cool one to grab. Uh, Tombs and Treasure, uh, Heavy Barrel. Heavy Barrel. Um, uh, Cabal or uh, uh, and Super Pitfall. I know everyone <laughs> loves. So, uh, yeah, so it's a good little. And then a couple of common ones. American Gladiators, Operation Wolf, you know, a couple of uh, common ones. Wall Street Kid, but... Uh, yeah, it's just nice to get like a you know a nice you know dozen and a half uh, you know complete games to to clean up and throw in the collection. You so should play Wall fun. Street Kid and let me know what you think. I like that one. Yeah, no, I've actually heard from a few people they like it. Uh, I I I think we've mentioned before on the show. I thought it was rare because the first time I saw it at a flea market, I had <laughs> never seen it before. But then come to find out, like, no, nah, you see these things uh, fairly often. Yeah, how did that thing get to be a common game? Right? Who goes? Oh, you know, yeah. I'm gonna buy for Jimmy <laughs> Wall Street. Yep. <laughs> Wall Street. Sounds great. I want him to be smart when he grows up. <laughs> yep. I actually really like Deja Vu, believe it or not. Like, I don't know if, if, uh, I have a feeling that a lot of kids may not have liked it, like, because they're expecting, like, action or platforming, and then you, you get this game started, and you're like, what, what the hell is this? Like, what are we doing here? But I actually really enjoy Deja Vu. Cool. I've not played through it. I think Krabby and I have talked about yeah. maybe doing a playthrough of that sometime. Definitely. Now, you got a little bit more there, right, Bill? So, um, so yeah, so Krabby, uh, who decided, um, you know what, since we don't have Black Friday here, I'm going to give, I'm going to, I'm going to give a Canadian Black Friday, uh, a gift package to, uh, my co-hosts <laughs> over here. So, um, and this, this was really cool. Cause I, what was it, Krabby? Like a month ago, you had, uh, uh, you had picked up NHL Slapshot at like a GameStop yeah, it was or along with all those, uh, like, uh, Buzz games that I got for a buck. They had really cheap, uh, the big boxed, uh. NHL slap shots with the like uh, thing to stick your Wii remote in. Yeah, and uh, so so again, like I was actually working at Best Buy uh, when this game came out, and I remember looking at it and thinking, "Oh, that would be a really cool one to uh, to grab," and uh, you know, just to throw in, again, like my little like kind of like little hockey collection. So, um, oh, and I, I totally forgot that I had another NES lot, uh, just a local uh, Craigslist lot. It was like. Three, three like Nintendo decks and like maybe like a dozen, maybe a little bit more than that, like pretty common carts. And uh, like the same day, the, uh, the the package from Krabby showed up, so he sent me a uh, a black box game that I didn't have. It was uh, is is weird. It was an FCI black box game though. It wasn't one of those <laughs> Nintendo black box games. And and when you were talking about your favorite cover art earlier, I thought you were going to say it's this game. There. The yeah, the the Hydlide. <laughs> Uh, Kirby loves box, uh, too. <laughs> oh man, it 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 is good, and that is a dragon and a man, and they are just going at it. It's uh, and believe it or not, I've never played that game either, so I'm actually You're gonna, in for gonna fire treat. that one up and play it. <laughs> Let me know if the first little blob in the game kills you or not. <laughs> okay. Oh, kind of like uh, uh, what Super yeah. Pitfall. Yeah, I died it's in the like first go, enemy. and you're dead within five seconds of turning it off. <laughs> yeah. 
I think Deadly Towers was like that for me. I turned it on and like enemies are like flying across <laughs> the screen and like hit me and I was like, oh, this is not really that kind of game. So, but yes, yeah, so, but NHL Slapshot and I'd have to do a little bit of research, but there is a, a French on the cover of this game. I don't know if that was, if this Canadian is like a North American variant. box or if this is a Canadian variant, but uh, it, once I uh, verify that, I'll, I'll throw it in the, uh, in the database if it's not already there. But uh, I got my boy, got Gretzky right on the cover. Uh, and it's really cool because the the Gretzky that's on the cover of the NHL Slapshot is like modern day Gretzky, <clears throat> but the Gretzky that's on the cover of like the actual like uh, like the DVD case, like the Wii case, is like 1984 <laughs> Gretzky. So you so you can kind of see like this is uh, this is how far he's come. But it's actually it's actually pretty cool. Um, I uh, I fired it up just real quick because like I I threw it in the Wii and we were actually like heading out to to something, but. And this, it's the best when like Sarah comes down and we have to go somewhere and she's like, are you ready yet? I'm just playing a game, but it's even, even better when I have like a video game hockey stick controller <laughs> and she walks in and she's like, are you ready to go? And I'm like imaginary slap shotting uh, pucks at the TV. She just go, oh my uh, God, this... I'm married to such a dork. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. And, and, and she starts walking. She like looks at me, rolls her eyes, walks out of the room. And I was like, no, don't be mad. I'm sure we can get another one. Don't worry. Is that, is that the they, ride um, right after that, that you asked her if you could listen to the collector cast in the car? <laughs> yeah that was no that was that was earlier if, if if you didn't see that on the on the collector cast thread i think all of our wives are happy that we're doing something that makes us happy and just don't want to be involved beyond yeah, my, that my wife's always so, like you know i plugged in your headphones for your little blog thing tonight <laughs> <laughs> my wife just gonna roll uh, have fun dear i'm gonna be in bed so yeah so so yeah, oh yeah, I forgot to uh, that that NES lot that I mentioned earlier. That's when the same day that it was a weird day it was like the Craigslist lot, the the Panasonic uh, 3DO controller from Banana came in, um, the package from Krabby came in. I, I love when you get like you know three or four things in the mail on the same day. It's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, and I just really like the picture that you, it's like you just your hand holding up like the Wii slap shot controller in front of your little hockey yep. thing, but you, just like it's like a scepter, yep. like yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, and, I don't, and I don't know if you could tell or not, but that's uh, if you if you look closely, like just to the left of my hand, there's the there's a wine bottle, and on that wine bottle it says number ninety nine, which you can kind of read, and that is a bottle of Wayne Gretzky wine. Uh, he owns a, I don't know if you, what do you call it, a winery or a vineyard, like whatever, but uh, we're driving to Toronto a couple of years ago, and as we're driving, we see a sign that says Wayne Gretzky uh, Winery, like, next exit. And we're like, no, it can't be the Wayne Gretzky, and we stopped there, and sure enough, he's got one. So we had a bottle, it was pretty good, and I kept it, because it's got, like, his, like, auto pen signature on it. And then uh, and then right next to that, we have an actual uh, autographed Wayne Gretzky puck. So, yeah, it was a... Uh, uh, it's uh we're, we're we're a hockey family so we always always appreciate any uh any cool hockey stuff so appreciate that very uh, much keep that crap. in mind because i'm i'm not a big hockey fan so any any hockey <laughs> stuff i can export out of the country to you is is going to come your way now i thought uh i thought i offended Krabby. one of the first uh pms we had between each other like when i noticed he was uh, he had a canadian <laughs> flag next to his thing i remember sending him like uh say like hey i, I like hopefully i'm not like uh you know, judging, uh, judging you like before I meet totally you, but I noticed you. you're, yeah, I was like, I noticed you're, you're Canadian. Uh, I can't find anyone to play like NHL 13 with or 12 <laughs> with, uh, on, online. So, so not only did I find like a Canadian non-hockey fan, but one who like doesn't have Xbox live or any of the, so he was like, yeah, um, <laughs> no, 
I don't like hockey. <laughs> Unfortunately, so right yeah. off the bat, Krabby was thinking, "Oh God, this Bill guy." Yeah. Yeah. Why do they think we all love hockey? We do. I'm quite uh, the oddity up here. That's all right. I live in Indiana, and I don't like basketball, so I can feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, but yeah, that uh, um, I'll 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 uh, I'll, I'll save it for Duke, but uh, that uh, the NES lot on Craigslist, it did have uh. Uh, something for Duke in it. Um, it hasn't made it to him yet, so I'll let I'll wait for him to uh, share that with you guys when he gets it. I'm hoping for a a big lot of silent service cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the uh, uh, you probably I, I could. Hey, it hasn't gone out yet. If you want me to sell it, <laughs> and then and then just get you the equivalent number of silent service cards <laughs> I, <laughs> instead. I think that would almost be as entertaining, almost. <laughs> I would just have a pallet of silent service cards show up at my yep. house. <laughs> I'll do it. Don't even don't even say okay, it. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, guys, you know, we love seeing your scores. It gives us a lot to talk about, obviously, and it makes the show go. So thanks so much for putting your stuff in and um and we look forward to more of it next month. All right, well, everybody, we wanted to take a moment to talk a little bit about um, a first in a series that we'd like to do that's about just uh, getting started collecting with different systems. So, And we're going to start by kind of dragging out all of our favorite, and that would be the, um, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System. I think kind of the reason we kind of thought about this is that it's kind of scary. We were talking, and um, at least I know definitely I'm old enough, that there are people that are starting to collect now that weren't alive <laughs> or mm. were extremely young when the NES came out and really don't have much exposure to it. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's not one of those things where I or I feel old about it or anything, but it's just one of those things that since I grew up with it, I just kind of take it as a given that that's how people grew up, like with a Nintendo in the house, you know, and uh, just just to think that you know. Like my my sister in law was was born in ninety five, so you know it's 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 just crazy for me to think that you know then like that's that that was such a big part of uh, of growing up. Like I still remember the Christmas when we got it. I remember the Nintendo games we got every year after that. We got a Nintendo game when we got good grades on our report card. Like it was it was part of growing up. Yeah, and um, so Krabby, you've got like this gaming. Th- thing right that you've at least had a few people show up to i mean do you have anybody that's young enough that really just doesn't know nes much uh no they're all close to my age or older um yeah there's really no youngins showing up there but i mean i see that um like on a lot of message boards though i like what was on racket boy or something a little while back there's somebody that posted throat i just played legend of zelda for the first time ever and then i'm like wow <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i did a uh um uh, I was on a, a podcast uh, maybe a couple of years ago, and there was a, a, a girl who was a little bit younger than me, um, but but still, you know, could have played it when it came out. And I know it's a different system, but she mentioned that she was playing Ocarina of Time on the uh, 3DS, and uh, she said for the first time. And I wow. said, I said, wait, just to clarify, you mean you're playing it for the first time on your 3DS, or, you, or you've never played the game before? She's like, no, I've never played it before. And I said, like you like you didn't 
like not even like you never had an N64. Like, no, nah, it didn't appeal to me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing to us. I mean, that have been kind of a wash in it for a long time. This just seems like this should be almost a given. But um, I mean, that's it. We've we've got new people that are coming over to RF Gen. Um, a lot of these are younger folks, and um, you know, they're in. The, grew up more with around the PlayStation, PlayStation 2 even. Mm -hmm. And um, so digging back into these older libraries um, can be pretty interesting. So kind of what we wanted to do is just kind of give you, um, as a listener, an overview. Now for some of this, for me, people that listen, maybe this is old hat, you'll just go, okay, well, you know, NES, yeah, I got it. But hopefully we'll talk about a few things that might interest you that maybe you may not know or not think about. And really, we're going to try to appeal to those people that maybe are just picking a few games up in a lot or kind of getting started uh, what to look for. So let's start by talking a little bit about the systems itself, right? So um, when I'm just kind of curious. So, Bill, you said, you know, you remember getting your system. Do you remember what it was? Was it like Deluxe Set? Was it Action Set? Absolutely remember. It was, uh, um, uh, it was the Deluxe Set. Uh, we had uh, Rob the Robot, we had uh, Gyromite, uh, Duck Hunt, Mario Brothers. Um, I remember uh, uh, playing it at like cousins' houses. Uh, and I'm, you know, my parents grabbed a couple extra games as well. Um, I remember being at like my cousins' houses and you know playing like uh, at the at the like the Thanksgiving parties and the Christmas parties like that year, like before you know obviously before Christmas. And I remember playing uh, uh, specifically Castlevania. I asked my my cousin. Um, can I play Transylvania? <laughs> and he said, well, you can play Castlevania. And so I played that. I remember playing Punch-Out and, and dying and getting so upset and then having my cousin have to like, no, you can do it. Come on, do this. And he was like coaching me through it. Um, I remember uh, uh, like uh, uh, and, and the, the, all the memories start to blur together, but like, you know, playing Ninja Turtles and uh, like me and my brother waking up early to, you know, run downstairs like every morning like uh, uh, that we could. Um, it just, uh, I, and I, and being so young, I didn't realize the Nintendo was attached to a television set. I thought that the television set was part of the Nintendo. Oh. So that when my parents, uh, like, so when we tore open this box and it was a Nintendo, I, I yelled, it's going in my room. And there's no TV <laughs> in my room. My parents were like, no, 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 it has to go, it has to go down here. I was like, no, I want it, I want it in there. And they were like, well, it has to, and this is back when TVs were furniture, like big wooden right. <laughs> things that are, you know, the screen's three inches off the, off the floor. Um, and, uh, oh man, that was a, it was just a fantastic time. We were, uh, in Metroid and baseball. And like, I remember going to holiday parties where we're like 30 or 40 people, like in their, you know, twenties and thirties were crowded around this little TV having like baseball tournaments. And it's like, it was just the coolest thing. And uh, there's just that entire time period just really cemented Nintendo. Uh, the NES in particular is just, you know, my probably my, my best gaming memory uh, time period of all time. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember uh, what year it was that you got it? Or can you estimate? Um, I've been looking for, for literally months now. I, I keep bugging my dad. He's got all the home videos uh, awesome. it, like, in, in, a, uh, in the attic somewhere. And they're supposed to, and most of them are listed Christmas. Uh, like the Christmas tape is listed, but... Uh, uh, he said he showed some people like some of the videos, so they're like kind of like out of order. So he's in the process right now of taking those Christmas videos and like uh, uh, converting them to. Uh, he's got an iMac and he's gonna he's like throwing like a little like a movie montage together. So once I get all the the Christmas videos uh, organized, I'm gonna create like a little history of my Nintendo Christmases uh, video and, and throw it on a blog or something. But that would be fantastic. Yeah. yeah. 
That's great. So um, what about you, Krabby? What was your exposure in the beginning? Um, a used action set from uh, a distant cousin who was really? leaving town. Yeah, uh, my dad bought it for cheap. Um, and yeah, we, we just had what came with the action set, nothing else. So, so just Super Mario Brothers or...? Yeah, once we were, we'd beaten Mario Brothers, um, which we had a great time with. We really didn't touch it. And then we went to visit uh, one of my closer cousins uh, for the summer. And I saw him and his friends. Like, he was older than me, so he was always the cool cousin who had all these awesome toys and just everything he did was amazing. And him and his buddies were playing Mega Man 2 when I went over there. And I sat and watched them for like hours. And then, that, like, I really didn't know the Nintendo had other games for it. I thought it was, you know, it was played Mario and that was it. <laughs> so, I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. love to come back to that and make a note. And so he, I saw this game and just blew me away. And then, uh, he takes me upstairs after all his friends left because he can't look too uncool hanging out with the young guy while they're there. And he's got, you know, stacks of tips and tricks guides. He's got a power glove. He's got, you know, a dozen games sitting there. Like, it's just unreal. He just showed me all these wicked things you could do. He showed me all the, like, we'd beaten Mario, but I didn't know, you know, you could get fireballs when you're little. So he's showing me these things and warp levels I didn't know about. And it's just unreal. So do you have an idea about what year that was or around what time frame? Um, that would have been about 89 or 90. Okay, so a little later after it had been out for a while. Yeah, that's why we got it used from our relative, because it was, people would get, they probably got a Genesis or something by that time. Cool. Um, me personally, I, um, my cousin, uh, I used to, my dad used to live in Oklahoma, and I would go out there for the summer, and spend like a month, and my cousin had... He had gotten for Christmas an NES with Super Mario Brothers. He'd got, well, the deluxe set. I mean, he had, you know, the standard deluxe set. And so he must have gotten it right off the bat. And it doesn't surprise me because they had money. But so I was probably, he probably got that Christmas of 86. And we played it like summer of 87. And I don't think he could probably peel me off that thing. I mean, that's all I remember that summer. Just every instant I could. We were just, we were sitting there playing. And so, of course, you know, when I got back to town, all I wanted for Christmas was was a Nintendo. And um, I, but for Christmas, I, you know, we were not wealthy people. <laughs> so I didn't get the deluxe set. I got the control deck with Super Mario Brothers. And I also remember um, for that Christmas, uh, very vivid, I also got Rad Racer and um, uh, Star Voyager, which is horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I've never known anyone who had Star Voyager, except for, you know, like back then, I mean. It was atrocious. <laughs> um, I tried really hard, but I never could figure it out as a kid. And I also got another controller, but it was like this um, Epics controller. We'll, we'll talk more about some of these things a little later. It was really kind of a weird controller. And then um, I got, like, because my birthday is like right after Christmas, so I got some birthday money. And so I went out and I... Um, after saving up a little bit, I remember I picked up Mario, the original Mario Brothers, and then Zelda. And then once I got Zelda, just forget about it. Um, that was, and then eventually, I think Metroid, um, that I picked up. But my cousin, being a little older than I was, so like next year when I go back out, of course, you know, this is getting old to him and he doesn't care so much. So that was great because I could get like, I just got like a ton of these games from him. You know, they didn't really care about. I got his Rob. I've got, you know, Gyromite. I got Ring King. 
um, pro wrestling and stuff that he didn't really care too much about. And I don't remember I traded him some other junk that I didn't care about. And that's why I think I've mentioned before, I've still got that Rob that's from way back then, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've all said it before, but uh, it's I think one of the coolest things is having something that was actually the thing that you had when you were younger. And unfortunately, I uh, don't have anything that I had when I was younger, maybe, maybe a, a couple things, but I don't think anything from the NES uh, uh, era. Um, so I, I think it's I think it's pretty well established that the three of us uh, are, are, you know, pretty, pretty <laughs> sincere uh, uh, Nintendo people. Um, but uh, so if we're so if we're going to start talking about, uh, you know, if you're going to start getting into Nintendo and you maybe didn't grow up with it. So um, we mentioned the hardware that we had, you know, there's the action set, the deluxe set. And there are, you know, you can all of the different variations are listed in the uh, in the RF Gen database. So um, the the. The only main reason, to, it's actually not a hardware variation if, if for, uh, you know, in case you're looking for different sets of hardware. It's really just the, the bundle. And the, the only way that that would really, you know, make sense as a, to a collector is if you're going for system boxes. Yeah. Um, and everyone loves system boxes. They're really cool. So, uh, you know, you just got to have the room to display them, especially with Nintendo boxes. Uh, they're, they're slightly larger, um, you know, just because of, you know, how big that toaster is and, you know, the Rob that goes in there and, uh, the the uh, the set with the power pad uh, packed in was kind of a big box, um, so those are things you can look for if you're trying to you know get like a, a system di uh, box display going. Um, but the I I would say that the 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 action set is actually fairly common box to find and not terribly expensive. Do you guys say that? Yeah, if I used to say things, it's usually action sets anymore. Yeah, that's definitely the most I've found up here too. I'm just say if you're looking, so there's there's the original launch set, which that's all you could get in the beginning, right? Had Rob, which is basically what turned into the deluxe set. Right. Um, you got Rob, you got Gyromite, you got the Zapper, you got the Control Deck, uh, and then you got the three separate carts. You got Duck Hunt, you got Super Mario Brothers, and you got Gyromite. And then they've seen, I've never seen this personally, but I've seen pictures now on Nintendo Age that there was a variation of that deluxe set that actually had stack-up stuck in it. Yeah, I think I remember pointing that out to you a while back, and, and I, I had never seen it before. You had never seen it before. We thought it might have been like a clamshell, like a bundle deal, but there's actually like a sticker on the box that says stack-up included, like in the box. Yeah, I would say those of you out there, if you're ever out and you're doing your hunting, that would probably be as far as system sets... A launch set and that stack up set would probably be like the holy grails of, of box sets to find. I love the the launch set box. It's got that really awesome Rob face on it. Yeah, yeah. just that the big Rob face. Um, I don't. Th so originally it, it it ended up becoming the deluxe set. So the original sets um didn't say the word. Uh, that's what when you look in the database you'll see a deluxe set without uh, uh the system picture, and it doesn't say a, a deluxe set on it. And then the later ones did say deluxe set. Yeah, and then you also had the action set, which we've talked about, which was just um, the deck, um, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, and the Zapper, which later on became like the combo cart, Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, right? And then you had the control deck, which was just the system. You didn't even get a game that came with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then... There was um, the power set. Yeah, the power set, right? So that one was it had power pad in it, and then that did they had the combo cart, right? Yeah, the three games: the Mario Duck Hunt and World Class Track Meet, and had Zapper 
And um, all the systems, as far as I know, only came with one controller. Was that right, or am I remembering? I wrong? thought the deluxe came with two. Did it? It might have. Uh, I may not remember. remember I could be. Correctly. I could be wrong. I, I could double check that. Uh, and then there, there's one more that I almost forget about sometimes because I I, I never see them. Uh, but there was a there was, there was a, a sports set. Oh yeah, you're right. There it was the sports set. And that came with the uh, uh, the four player adapter. That came yeah, out four later. Score. Yeah, the four score. That, that came out later in the NES's uh, life cycle. Um, and uh, I, I I did see one. I have seen one of those. I think it was on Craigslist. It didn't last very long. Um, I you know it, it's one of those things that's it's when you're looking for Nintendo stuff, especially stuff that's not terribly common. It can be tricky to price these things or to know you're getting a good deal. You always have to go back to, you know, do I feel good about what I spent for this? And that's kind of yeah. the, the gauge of, of if you're happy with it or not. Um, but, you know, a lot of times, a lot of sellers will do a little research. They'll search for something on eBay. And if they don't find any, they think, oh, well, this thing must be super rare. I'm going to charge a lot for it. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and sometimes, you know, they just, they just don't do that. So you're going to find that as you get out there and start uh, exploring uh, you know, and kind of figuring out, uh, you know, where your where your hotspots are or not. But uh, system boxes are definitely, uh, I mean, you 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 definitely will find a few searching locally. Um, it's going to be hard if you're going for more than a few to find everything locally. So you probably got to start looking online as well. Yeah, and boxes and styro. All right, just making sure you got it all. Yeah, I mean, if you if you uh, um, even if you don't want to keep a system stored in the box, I mean, the styro helps to keep its shape. It gives a little bit of weight. Um, it's uh, uh, there. There's uh, there's almost always someone looking for for styro, and mm-hmm. of course, like you know, very few people want to sell their styro out of that. So, um, don't if you ever find a box without you know the the inserts or the styro that's inside, and you think to yourself, oh, I'll find that later. <laughs> you you were I mean. Bless you that you think that that's a thing that you can do. Like you, you might. It's 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 not impossible, but there are not threads full of people selling styro. No, no. It's a matter of fact to the point where I'm almost shocked that people don't reproduce the styro. But yeah, I mean, you got people like Tusk who do the uh, uh, like the just the little styrofoam blocks for the games. Yeah. Um. I mean, even if uh, again, even if it's uh, something where you know if you're not going to store a system in there it doesn't need to have all the same like nooks and crannies it just needs to be generally the shape of the you know the uh, folded out box yeah there's actually a couple that you're forgetting too um there's the challenge set with the Mario 3 pack in that's right oh that was a later one yeah it yeah. was late and then there was the basic set that had no game and just the system that was, was just that, the, that the was the control, control deck right? that was the control yeah. deck no no it was, there was a separate one just called the basic set Huh. Now I just remember that being called the Control Deck. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Control Deck... Um, that had Super Mario Brothers, right? The Control uh, Deck? Yeah, and the, the basic so this set one... had no game. Oh, it just I had see. The, just a bare just... console. Yeah. Okay. That probably was a little later than two, right? Um, I think it was a couple years in, but I don't think it was really late. Not like the challenge set. And then you have the the top loader, the, the, yeah, the, the two. Right. Yeah, but before, but yeah, before, before we get to the the second variation, I just want to go real quick back to something Krabby said. Where, uh, um, and I've heard this before, and I never really like thought of it until recently, is that uh, it just just how synonymous Mario was with, with Nintendo, yeah. uh, and how like it's there are there are people and families and you know large groups of people who thought that you know there weren't other games; it was just the Mario machine. 
you would just turn this machine on and Super Mario Brothers came up. After you and, blew on the cartridge about 15 times. Yeah, well, well, that's which, all uh, we had, so that cartridge didn't come out of our machine. Right. You just pushed power and you played yeah, Mario. It was like, what is that What is that door on the front for? Oh, it's like if you got to air it out once in a while. <laughs> don't worry about that. But yeah, so so there was there was many different uh, releases. Um, but if anyone's out there looking for different variations, uh, you know the infamous NES 001 uh, model. Um, <laughs> that's that's the, <laughs> the that's, super that's, uber. Yeah, the first one off the production line. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's uh, the the hardware is uh, uh, you know basically basically the same until they came out with that uh, top loading model, uh, which uh, you know gets a. A little bit more of a, a little bit higher of a, a price tag on it, but uh, definitely worth it if you can grab one. Yeah, and I don't know about you guys personally, though. Um, they're cool to have, but I don't ever play on mine. Yeah, you know why? I when I when I uh, before I had a Famicom, I would use it to play um, uh, to play Famicom carts because oh, it's yeah, okay. because it's easier to like you know with the carts being shorter and everything with right. the uh, uh, what do you call it the like the adapter cart. Mm-hmm. It's easier to get those in, in the Famicom as opposed to you know the front loader. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if if you don't if you don't need to use the top loader specifically, um, yeah, I mean, I I would rather use uh, my uh, old faithful. That's the only reason I want a top loader right now is to use that uh, converter that Banana sent me. Or we could just get you a Famicom. Yeah, or we could... <laughs> those are they're pretty cheap, Krabby. It's really it's just not a big deal. <laughs> Cheaper on, than mo- cheaper than uh, pretty pretty sleek looking though. They are very nice. Um, yeah, and we will get into controllers uh, uh, in a little bit, but uh, that was uh, there were several uh, you know official controllers during the 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 big toaster uh, NES model, but then uh, the you switched over to that dog bone style controller. But uh, we'll we'll talk about all that once uh, once we get through some of the uh, the hardware uh, discussion. Yeah, so I for your average beginning collector you're probably not going to find a box set of any kind you're probably just going to end up with a plain old what's referred to as the toaster uh, because you have to kind of push the cartridge down in the thing but you're just going to end up with a standard nes console zappers are dirt cheap you're probably going to run into one of those and then the standard controllers right that's what you really need to get started right almost almost every system i've ever seen on a Excuse me, on Craigslist or locally, like flea market, garage sale, whatever, it's going to be a cardboard box full of all the stuff that that family or individual used to have. Yeah. And you're going to get a system. You're going to get some some uh, connection cables, you know, kind of like uh, rolled into a ball. And you're going to get uh, probably the same 10 or 15 games in almost every lot you're going to find. And then with like a handful of stragglers, like outside of that, like, Oh, I haven't seen that one before. It's like, Oh, there's another tiger heli. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, another uh, silent yeah. service, but yeah, you're going to get, I mean, and that's the thing is for, for a very small amount of money, it's, it's so easy. Uh, uh, well, it's easy to get in. It's hard to get out, but for, you know, like 20, 30 bucks, you can get a really decent setup with maybe a, a handful of, uh, uh, nice titles. Sure. And when you're looking at picking something up locally, Understand that these machines, and and no doubt, if if you've never, if you're new to the party, it, you know you may not know, but everybody else has probably heard of the nightmares of the connector and and whatnot. So, um, I'm really not trying to say this to toot my own horn. Buy from whoever you want, but when I package them up to sell them, I do some maintenance on them to make sure that connector is good, and I disable the lockout chip, which is also a source of nightmares. Now, there's other sellers out there that do that too. If you're going to go online and buy 
I, that's where I would push you towards um, if you're going to pick one of the machines up. Right, especially, especially to a collector forum. I mean, there there are some good sellers on eBay, um, but most uh, the, you're going to get the best luck on a collector forum, whether it be RF Generation or any of the numerous other really good ones, as long as you look at that user's feedback. Because um, people are going to talk about what kind of experience they had specifically with, uh, you know, systems and games and shipping and pricing and all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, the, the collector forums are where you're gonna you're gonna pay a tiny bit more than what you'll you know what you probably could find something at a at a you know in someone's garage. But it's gonna work, and it's probably gonna work better than even if you found a nice one. Yeah, and whichever your seller, if you're going online, the questions if you're new to this would be um, either has the pin connector been refurbished or has it been replaced? Because that's kind of the direction you want to go. Or if you're willing to learn how to do it yourself, there's plenty of videos on eBay. It's very, e I mean, I'm sorry, on YouTube, YouTube <laughs> and it's it's very easy to do. It's not difficult at all. Right. Um, another question I would ask is, you know, if it's somebody that's technically inclined, you know, has the lockout chip been disabled? It's also very simple to do if you do the homework. Well worth doing if you ask me. It keeps the blankies away. Yep. It's probably worth to mention, uh, just since we're talking about the hardware real quick, uh, uh, the power adapter for the original uh, NES. Um, it's important to use that power adapter. Remember Duke when you were explaining the difference between... Uh... Okay, usually, I mean actually it's kind of, I think you're on the right track, but what the deal is is that the AC adapter for the NES outputs AC power, not DC. So it's great to use it on that model, on the US NES models. Um, but a regular DC adapter that puts out the same power works fine too. So you can use a Sega Genesis power cord. Never, ever, ever use an NES power adapter on anything else, including a Japanese Famicom or a Genesis. Or, yeah. or, or Sega CD. Yeah, that, that's what I was getting at. Is yeah. that, that that NES adapter doesn't do what a lot of uh, kind of like, you know, standard or uh, like replacement AC adapters that are, yeah. you, know, you can buy at a store does. So it's it's really good just to kind of keep that in mind so that you don't end up, uh, you know, frying something. And if you have multiple systems, my recommendation would be take that NES adapter that you've got, pack it away. So you're not even going to be tempted to accidentally plug it into anything. <laughs> Use your Sega Genesis power adapter or go buy a $5 generic replacement. Almost every system under the sun that's old like that seems to take that same power adapter that the original Genesis did. So it's a good investment anyway. Right. And uh, and uh, so that gen so the uh, Genesis was the same one for the uh, I believe the Sega CD and the Master yep, System Model 1. one. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's it's a, it's a pretty it's pretty much everything before the Genesis 2 used yep. uh, the uh, same connection. Yeah, and you can use it for your NES, you can use it um, on a PC engine. I'm pretty sure you can use it on Turbo Graphics. I mean, it's it's all the same stuff. So yeah, beware. I I just hide those things when I get them. I don't, um, and I'll sell them to people when they want them. That's fine. Just man, don't mix that thing up. Right. So so as far as controllers go, there's I mean by far the most common is going to be your standard old square Nintendo controller. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and you're going to have those. You know, at some point, especially if you're buying lots, uh, you know, systems in lots, like to. Because sometimes that's the only way you can get someone to sell you their games is if you buy everything they have. So you're going to sure. end up with duplicate systems, lots of controllers, you know, extra power cables, and you can, you know, definitely trade those away, part those out, sell those to kind of, you know, feed the habit so you're, you know, not just spending money and not making any back. 
Um, so you're going to get a lot of regular NES controllers, but there's a handful of pretty interesting, uh, you know, both first-party Nintendo controllers and as well as third-party controllers. And I think, Duke, you have uh, uh, a keen uh, eye for additional controllers for the NES. I do. I like to collect quite a bit. So, um, I mean, there's a wide range, um, uh, like Bill mentioned, of first-party controllers. Um, but there's a couple things you want to keep in mind about this. They're, um, first-party controllers are all pretty well and good. I mean, I know, Krabby, that's what you still game with, right? Just the ugly, chunky one? I love it, yeah. It's comfortable. Um, Bill, what do you use regularly? Uh, for for the NES, um, there's for almost every system, I, I prefer first party. If we ever get into a different okay. uh, a system, I will talk about my, my... There are a few third parties that I like. But for NES, it's more often than not, uh, you know, better than 90% of the time, it's the regular old brick. Um, I do have an NES Advantage, which is the arcade-style joystick that are also very common. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're when you're out looking for things, you'll find them in you know every every you know second or third you know lot you go in. Most people had one. Um, I usually just you know I'll I'll bring that thing out for something like Double Dragon, you know something like an arcade like beat 'em up. Like I really do like playing those with the arcade stick. Um, but uh, and I, I've said this before, and everyone's got their you know I know some people don't like this controller. I got the NES Max for Christmas which is a small first-party controller that looks a little like a miniature boomerang. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's very simple. It's got like two, um, you know, the A and the B button, and it's also got like a A and B turbo. So let me uh, ex- explain this correctly. So the standard NES buttons on the standard controller as well as the Max, the, the surface of the button is concave. It kind of dips in. Um, and that, that's kind of how I like my buttons. The uh, turbo buttons are convex. They kind of bubble out towards you. So I... I kind of got used to the different tactile uh, uh, sensation that I got from that. Um, the turbo buttons, they were kind of a feature that were, you know, for some reason, whether they were popular with players in the 80s or whether it was like an advertising thing, there were a lot of games that required you to run fast by pressing buttons as quickly <laughs> as you could. So the, uh, the, con- the controller manufacturers, Nintendo included, decided it would be a good idea. Hey, let's make a turbo button that if you just hold it, it presses the button like 30 times a second. Um, so you would play track and field. And, and they would blow the whistle. And instead of both players feverishly hitting these buttons as fast as they could, both players would just go, dink, and just hold the turbo buttons for a while. So they, they, their popularity kind of died off. But, you know, what I really like about the NES Max is that, uh, I mean, D-pads are great. D-pads are cool. But the NES Max had this uh, kind of little circular, like a little thumb pad. Yeah, the in, cycloid is what they called it. Uh, they call it the cycloid. So yeah. if if you see it, it's pretty interesting. So it's so it's circular, and it's got kind of a like almost like an analogy kind of feel to it. Um, but you know, it would just depress the like the eight way or the four way uh, uh, switch beneath. And I don't know. I just uh, 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 we asked for the uh, what was that acclaim uh, third party wireless controller set the double the double, remote control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was called something. It was, I forget. It was called double. I don't know. Double. Oh double. yeah, double player. Yeah, it was. The, yeah, double player. They called it. Now the commercial for that thing, when they would <laughs> press it, lasers would come out yeah. of the controller and and like you know. So they was playing like WrestleMania. Lasers would come out of the controller and hit like Hulk Hogan in the face, and then it knocked him down. So me as a kid, I'm like. I want the controller that shoots lasers. Like, who wouldn't <laughs> want that? So my, my mom went to the store, and she came back with the NES Max. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It's like a little boomerang thing. And she was like, I told the guy you wanted the laser controller. And he said, every single one they've sold, people have returned because they say they don't work. They don't yeah, they shoot sp- lasers. 
Yeah, they are junk, actually. So that's how I ended up with the Max, and I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the Max. I had the Max as a kid, too. And as and as you mentioned, the Max was really good because it had Turbo. And you ever, was Turbo just Nintendo's word? Because on like, all the other systems, it was just like rapid fire. You're, yeah, you're right. It, it might have been... Um, but everybody called it Turbo. Right, yeah. I, it might... You know, I, that's a good question, because... You, you did see it as like the like the rapid button or the rapid fire button on everything else. I don't think that Nintendo had any kind of, you know, like patent or anything on that, but I think it was probably just like other companies' way of differentiating themselves. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was, now that you say it, it was something that you didn't see on, on the, you know, other than Nintendo. Yeah, so you also mentioned the Advantage. So um, as just as Bill mentioned, they're very common, but they're really popular because it is a really a pretty simple arcade stick. It's got a very solid metal base. Yep. And the great thing about the Advantage was not only did it have turbo, but it had where you could um, adjust the rate of fire, right? It had Correct. the dials. Yep, had a little dial. Yep. And they even had like little lights, a little LED, so you could tell how rapid it was going. Yes, it is. Yeah, as you turn that dial, it would blink at the frequency that it would actually press the button in turbo because what would happen in some games is if the game, you know, wasn't programmed, I'm not a programmer, but if the game wasn't programmed to receive button taps that quickly, um, the turbo wouldn't work properly, so you could kind of tone it down a little bit to make sure the turbo worked per the game. They, then, they also they also had a slow-mo button. Yeah, right? there you go, slow-mo. Yeah, yeah, that was the big thing, which for how the they, NES... How do, they, how do they accomplish that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just rapid-fire pause. Yep. <laughs> oh, so good, because... Um, yeah, because like on ninety percent of the games for the NES, pause is pressing the start button. Yep. So and, if you just uh, press I, it rapidly. And I, <laughs> and I think one of the one of the uh, cool, uh, uh, I guess you, I guess you have to say cheat because it is a cheat. But uh, which which Mega Man was it that if you fired uh, the weapon and paused and unpaused, it would keep hitting, but the weapon the first move? one. It was one. And yeah. the other ones too. Like if you do it just right with the sub menu, you can have things go through you. <laughs> That's right. And not yeah. Hit you. So if you, uh, I, th- I think rapid fire, uh, 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 sorry, uh, uh, slow motion with the advantage, it's a, instead of you hitting the start button yourself, uh, you could just plug in your NES advantage, turn on slow-mo, and just hang on that B button. Yeah. And now, Krabby, you kind of think that's all cheating, right? Yeah, but that, that's another discussion. <laughs> so, so, wait, so wait, Krabby, so you think that, that uh, slow-mo on the NES advantage is cheating, but you don't think getting fireballs when you're small is cheating? <laughs> that's a glitch. That's different, yeah. right? <laughs> So you had like the standard NES controller, you had the Advantage, you had the Max, and then eventually when Nintendo redesigned the NES, they came out with what's lovingly referred to as the dog bone, right? Very lovingly. And the dog bone is called that because if you look at it, it's dog bone shaped, Um, but it's just the same thing as a standard NES controller. It's just got nice rounded bits instead of harsh edges. I mean... Right. Functionally speaking, it controls just the same. Do you guys have any feeling about whether that's better or worse than the original? I don't like that the uh, the A and B buttons are diagonally placed instead of instead of just horizontal. Right. Okay. It, yeah. It was uh, it was uh, uh, getting close to, or might have even been like I know they were in stores at the same time. I don't know uh, what the exact time frame was, but it was more similar to the button placement of the Super Nintendo controller. Yes. Um, and, and I think that was intentional to kind of, you know, train the player to, okay, we're going to be going this way now, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you had been playing with the, uh, the standard, uh, 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 controller that was just side by side forever, it was, a, it was a bit of an adjustment. 
And the um, other thing is, now, correct me if I'm wrong, are the buttons convex on the dog bone? You know what? I don't. I I have had I them before. I don't own one right yeah, now. Yeah, I think yeah, they I are. Think you're right there. Do they come out? Yeah, I think they're convex, not concave. And I, I think the yeah. reason that they did that is very similar again to the Super Nintendo because then you had what B and A were convex and X and Y were concave, right? Right, right. And and I don't know if anyone's ever made the argument that they that that's for uh uh for speed reasons. I mean, I know if if any any arcade people out there know that they call uh there's certain buttons out there called competition buttons, and what that is is uh. uh I I personally prefer the feel of concave buttons where the, where there's a scoop inward. I, like I like to rest my finger like in that little play. That's just how, that's just my preference. Um, but when you go online to buy uh, uh uh you know certain arcade parts, they call these competition buttons because the top bows upward slightly. Uh, your finger doesn't have as far to go if it's you know so like resting, uh you know above it. I I, I personally like to me it doesn't make it doesn't make a difference because. If I'm resting my finger the same distance from the surface of the button, it's the same for me. But there's some people that argue that you know competition buttons are faster. Um, but I don't know if that had anything to do with the decision or not. Yeah, we we found that playing uh, Mario Party actually. There's a lot of mini games where you have to ram A as fast as you can. Right. Um, when the button's convex out, instead of pushing up and down, you actually if you move your fingers left and right, the button will just go down. Oh, because I've, of the motion. I've got you. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can hit the button a few extra times in that 10 seconds by going left to right with your fingers instead of up and down. You have gotcha. less, less length to move them. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. Well, and we can talk more about some third-party controllers maybe a, a little bit later, but let's kind of cover some of the other first-party peripherals that were out there. So you had your standard controllers that were out there, and then um, you had the the zapper. Right. Yeah. Which we've talked about. Yeah. So yeah. almost everyone had a zapper. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 it might be a, a you know common knowledge, but you know, do you want to just go just cover real quick why the color changed? Um, <laughs> I remember it because I was old enough to remember the news story. Do you guys remember? I I do not remember the news story. I I you know I had a gray one because that's what my thing came with. Right. And it, it was a while later that I noticed uh, orange ones out there. Yep. And you know, being as young as I was, I didn't really think too much of it. And then I didn't find out till years later. Yeah. I, so I didn't even know there were gray ones until I started collecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was um there was a shooting. There was a kid that had a toy gun, and the police could not tell it was a toy gun, and they shot and killed a kid. And anytime, I mean, when I was small and growing up, toy guns looked like real guns. That was the objective. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was no way to tell them. I mean, unless you got very close. Yeah, or, um, or yeah, unless you like touched them pretty much, because you could tell if they're made of plastic or whatever. Yeah, or even a lot of them were still metal. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when you started seeing everything they had. They were required by law up to that point then to um, use that that fluorescent orange, at least on the tip, like you would right. see those. But most of them just switched over strictly to that fluorescent orange. That's and it was just to tell the police this is not a real gun. Yep. So it's a, kind of a shame, and I don't know why on earth no one ever thought, thought of that before. But yeah, it took a tragedy to kind of lead that way. So yeah. that's why you'll see them. But I, I don't know about you guys. I see them both kind of equally in frequency. I I do too. When I first started collecting, I I had this idea in my head that the gray ones were slightly harder to find and. And I, I don't know why I thought that. I think that maybe I just saw a whole bunch of oranges in a row. Um, but now that I've been doing it for a little bit longer, I really do see them both about about equally. And uh, 
um, it's uh, uh, it's important to note, especially for you know anyone who you know didn't grow up with this thing, that the 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 zapper, as they call it, or most light guns, they work off the the way that a CRT television operates with yeah. the the scan lines and the refreshing and and uh, the electron beam moving through, so it can tell where the shot is. So these zappers are not going to work on any. Uh, uh, projection TVs, flat panel televisions, you will have to use a tube television if you want to experience the light gun games. And, and some of that, too, has to do with um, the lag. So, like a lot of modern TVs, there's a chip that processes the signal before it's displayed, so there's a tiny lag. Right. And that can't happen for those light gun games to work. So even on some really late CRTs, they still won't work because there's a, an enhancement chip uh, that's going that's that's kind of doing some work on the signal that's why you'll still see like some of those tvs even like the crts will have a game mode um that game mode is to bypass that that chip right now crabby where you're at is that same thing is like zappers pretty gray and orange pretty equal yeah now that i've been doing it for some years i've probably seen close to 50 50. yeah so then there was also rob Right, so we've kind of talked about the deluxe set and Rob, or robotic operating buddy, yep, was the, the gimmick for the yep. Nintendo. There, there are a, I think, a grand total of what is it, two games? <laughs> yes. Period. Yep. That's it. Anywhere. So, I mean, so, even and, in and, Japan. Right, and and here's so here's the thing with with Rob. Rob is really cool, and uh, if you can find one, just display on a shelf. He's a really really cool dude. Um, so, uh, but at the same time, it's uh, Gyromite, which is one of the most dirt common games for any system you're going to come across on a regular basis. The other game is not terribly difficult to find a cart for, um, but it's one of those ones that if you're going after a box collection, that's one of the ones that you're going to have either a hard time finding or kind of pay out the nose for it. Yeah, stack up being the yeah. other game, right? So yeah, and, and it's especially hard to find it complete because stack up came in a, in a larger size box than regular yeah. uh, standard Nintendo games. It came with several, uh, instead of a uh, Rob having claws, which he came with by default with the gyromite bundles because he would pick up the, uh, you know, the, the gyros. Um, he had these different hands with little pads on them. So he could pick up these little uh, cylinders to stack up. Um, and they're, they're, I mean, when you see it working, you can go on YouTube and watch videos it's very cool. I remember playing Gyromite with Rob, and uh, it, it was cool seeing him, you know, kind of do these things to open gates on the screen. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the the robot series was just those two games. Yeah, and absolutely not practical to play with, though. No, right? <laughs> no, it was little. You put you put the controller in a little tray, and uh, well, for Gyromite anyway. And then when he drops a, there's a gyro spinner that gets this thing spinning up. And uh, so it'll go for you know a good couple of minutes without uh, needing to be recharged. And he would drop it on a little platform that would depress the A or B button on the controller. So all he was doing was watching flashes on the screen. So when a certain flash or a certain series of flashes would hit his uh, uh, infrared receiver eyes, then he would know, okay, it's my turn to just open this gate. So it was kind of cool to see the technology working. But once you kind of saw it working and played a level or two, you were like, all right, I'm done. Let me play something else. Yeah, and the signals worked off the same technology as the zapper. It was like basically like light gun kind of si signals where you would have to push a combination on your controller and it would make the screen flash, and that's what told it what to do. Right. Um, so, and then stack up was even, I mean, it's not even, the controller doesn't even go with it. You're just making Rob stack up things in a certain order. Um, right. So so even though there's not a whole lot, uh, you know, like Rob is kind of cool to find on his own, um, it's 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 some of the more uncommon pieces if you're just starting out. 
uh, Rob was sold in a box by himself, separate from the Nintendo system, and that box is a is an, a more uncommon piece. Uh, and it's something that uh, if you come across, it's just it's got him just kind of looking at you, and it just says Rob real big on the front. Um, it's uh, it's one of the, those things that you don't want to walk by if you uh, if you see it for a decent price. Same thing with um, uh, there was a uh, I think a big box Gyromite set, yeah. right? They sold yep. Rob and Gyromite in a box together. Those are the Rob pieces that people are always looking for. And then of course Stack Up was a big box. Uh, correct. Yeah, the actual game Stack Up. Uh, I I don't remember ever seeing a Stack Up Rob bundle. No, no. Right, yeah, stack up that, was always separate. Right. Actually, I saw my first stack up uh, Retro Games Plus, uh, the store I go to in Westport. Uh, it's uh, I just went there one day and they had it on hold because uh, someone had already, you know, kind of said they were going to pay it off over a few payments. But uh, I was able to hold my first, uh, you know, complete copy of stack up. It was kind of a cool moment for me. So, see if uh, that ever comes in my hands again. And if you guys are interested, um, gyromite setups are not terribly hard to find. They're not cheap. To get all the little pieces, but stack up sets are pretty hard to find in the U.S. Yeah. It's easier to actually find the stack up parts in Japan. So if you don't mind importing, the color scheme is a little different. But if you just want to play the dang thing, you can find it a little easier if you're willing to import. Um, so then we had after that um, Krabby's favorite, the Power Pad, right? Yeah, might might be my second favorite. Okay, so, so so how much weight did you lose that week that you were just playing power pad games? <laughs> oh, like a hundred pounds. <laughs> so tell us about the power pad, Krabby. Um, so the power pad was uh, brought up by Bandai first, um, and it's just uh, plug it into your controller port, and it's a big mat, kind of looks like a DDR pad for those of you that are probably more familiar with that, and it's just got a whole bunch of uh, numbered buttons on one side from one through twelve and uh, kind of a different color scheme on the other side with uh, less buttons. Very few of the games actually use that side. Um, but yeah, most most of the games that came out for it are kind of sports games, like track and field type events, where you basically run on this pad, uh, your feet pressing the buttons to make your runner run or jump, or any sort of other events, uh, triple jumps, stuff like that. Yeah, like hurdles, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few of them that couple games that use it a little differently like uh, like uh, explode short order um, where they have you doing kind of like Simon says type stuff on them oh, that's cool um, I never played that yeah there's there's like a Simon says type game and then one where it's like a quick reflex where every button on the pad represents something on the screen and you've got to touch it before it explodes oh, that's cool so it's yeah. it's it's almost like a like almost like a whack-a-mole type thing yeah yeah very similar to that so, so like something will come up and you'll have to kind of hit everything before it's too late? Exactly, yeah. And then uh, the only one that did kind of a really weird control screen, control uh, scheme uh, was Street Cop, where you actually held the controller in your hand while you stepped on the pad. Ooh. So you had to walk and run and change direction <laughs> with the pad, but you had to like beat the enemies down by hitting buttons on the controller. So there's a connect right there. Yeah. Yeah, and then your favorite uh, dance aerobics, right? Yeah. Which is um, almost like a non-game. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's got some uh, aerobics stuff. There's a goal to it, so you can kind of classify it as game. But then there's also these uh, music parts to it where it plays a melody, and each uh, button on the pad represents a different note. So you try and recreate the melody. Yeah, and. 
the that original pad that came out from Bandai was called um, Family Fun Fitness, right? Right, and then Nintendo uh, was it, was the it the, was the family Family Fitness mat? What's on the mat? Do you guys remember? Uh, I don't remember. It just it does it just say Family Fun Fitness? I I did own a copy of Family Fun Fitness, and I thought that it said like for use with the Family Fun Fitness mat. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I've got Athletic World with that for the Family Fun Fitness, so. You'll find that too, because there was what there was the two games for the Bandai Family Fun Fitness mat, right? Everybody knows of Stadium Events. You, if you've not heard of that, you will. Um, right. If you if you just do any kind of Google search for like I want to collect every Nintendo game, <laughs> yeah, you're going to get a whole bunch of results that say Good luck. You're going to have to find Stadium Events. And then there was also Athletic World, which yes. Um, Came out was, again later, but right, which was so because uh, it was series one, right, and then because Stadium Events is labeled series two. Yeah, Athletic World came with the pad, right, um, and then Stadium Events later, um, because it, basically in Japan in the Famicom, it was only the Bandai thing. Nintendo never put a pad out over there, so I don't know why they decided to bring it out over here, but yeah, they did. So, so Crab, did you mention, uh, was it Super Team Games, one of them? Yeah, that was one of the few. I think there's only half a dozen games for the pad. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know I've mentioned it before if you've listened to the show, but I, one of my things that I really like doing since I am going for a complete Nintendo set, whether or not that ever happens is, is, is not uh, the point. The point is I like doing it. I like going for it. So, like, when I break up a system like the Nintendo into subsets, it kind of, like, instead of, you know, my one goal being, okay, I want to get all the Nintendo games, and either you hit that or you don't, uh, you know, I'll, I'll okay, I, like, all the Nintendo Black Box games, which we'll talk about what those are, and uh, all the, you know, the Konami games, or all the, you know, like, uh, and it doesn't have to be a publisher, like, so Power Pad games, or you could, you know, want to get all the four-player games, so, you know, just kind of break it up into sets, so if you think the Power Pad's a nifty little thing, go after those, you know, half dozen or dozen Power Pad games. And if you're not going for stadium events, which World Class Track Me is the exact same game, um, not exactly the same. Different title screen. Title oh. screen, exactly. Okay, okay. It's the same game though. The game <laughs> well, it's part. Gameplay, yes. yes. I will, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. So if you really want to play Power Pad, though, the Power Pad games are not expensive. Um, nope. It's very affordable. Yeah. Yep. I think the and, most and, expensive ones maybe ten bucks on eBay. Yeah. Not yeah, and, e- and even the power pad itself, if you're just looking for a loose power pad, those are not hard to find or expensive. No, just grab one for Krabby the other day. Yeah. yeah it's actually, a lot of the games are similar, so you don't need to like get them all if you're just playing them. Uh, just like grab one sports game and then try some of the, the weirder, quirkier ones. But they're really fun and they all work fairly well. So we've kind of mentioned this other peripheral that's out there from Nintendo, and that was the four score. Which allowed for four players, right? Yep. Yeah, there were two. There were two four-player adapters. The if if you're getting them for functionality, the four score is going to be uh, the one you want to go for. I, I would imagine because yeah. it's it's a plug-in device. The NES satellite, as you can probably guess from its name, was wireless, and a little receiver would plug into your controller ports, and then you would put like something like 17D batteries into the <laughs> thing that the that the controllers plug into. Uh, obviously, not that many, but so you have. Battery, you have large batteries you have to buy, and you have the issue of lag. So uh, it's it's nice to have a satellite. It's a cool thing to look at. It's a cool thing to have in the collection. But functionality-wise, the four-score, the wired uh, uh, solution is going to be the one for you. 
Yeah, and um, so that was a little later in the NES's life. I mean, not towards the end or anything, but they decided, okay, we're going to branch out. We're going to do some four-player games. And um, so there's just a few of those that are out there. There's not a, a large number of them, right? So my personal favorite out of that group is um, Super Off-Road, which um, if you've not played, Super Off-Road's dirt cheap. So if you're going to yep. pick up a four-score, get Super Off-Road to go with it. It's just this little um, racer that's kind of fun. Um, yep. what, what are some other games that we've got out there? For My the favorite score? one is Nightmare on Elm Street. That one is a blast with four people. But just is just wacky that that's on a kid's quote unquote kid system, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually, I actually, did, I honestly, I didn't know that. I'd never played that game. I didn't know it was a four player uh, uh, game. Yeah, like on on one player, um, there's too many power ups. You can always choose what kind of guy you want, but on four players, you're struggling to to get your power-ups and to, like, share them with people. And everyone's always getting... It's kind of like New Super Mario Bros. Wii, where, you know, people are just getting in the way when there's a lot of them, and it makes the game a lot harder, but also a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now Nightmare on Elm Street, that was LJN, wasn't it? Yeah. So is this, like, one of the extremely Fam- rare famous for quality LJN right? games? <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think it would, would be that. Um, another cool one uh, is Gauntlet Two, because yeah. you can you can play it like it was meant to be played, like with yeah, four people running around exploring these dungeons. Yeah, and uh, there was obviously lots of sports games that went along with it, right? Basketball yeah. and not all of them are bad though. Like Super Spike uh, V Ball and Kings of the Beach aren't bad with uh, four players on. Yeah, I I really I mean we I played most of my uh, four player hockey in the the sixteen bit days, but I I I remember looking through, it's uh, you know at some point to the whole like the four player list, thinking okay I'm gonna find me a nice uh, you know eight bit hockey game to play four players, and uh, I don't believe there is one. Not for the NES, I don't think. I don't think so. No. Yeah, and, I think the most... I think the latest one to come out was was Pro Sport. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah and that and that one's not. Um, most of the games um, are really cheap too. The one exception being uh, RC Pro Am Two, right? Which is really good though. Very, yeah. very much worth picking up. Yeah. And really, that's not crazy expensive. When we talk about NES games in the grand yeah. scheme of things, it's not crazy expensive. Right. And, yeah, and you'll find like a, especially when we're talking about loose carts, if there's anything that's over maybe like say like thirty to forty dollars, then you might start saying like. Uh, you know, well, that, now you're starting to get a little expensive, which in, in the grand scheme of things, again, is not that expensive, but there's so many NES carts that can be had for less than 5 or 10 bucks. Oh, certainly. Um, with the Foursquare 2, there's one game that I think it's overlooked a lot is the, uh, the Smash TV functionality with it. Yeah, that's really cool. Why don't you talk about that, Graham? Yeah, so if you've played it in the arcades, you know, you've got uh, kind of a unique control scheme. And they try and replicate that with the four score, so you can have uh, four controllers plugged into it, even though it's only a two-player game, so that you can control it similar to how it runs in an arcade cab. Yeah, it's kind of just like very early twin-stick shooter, right? Yeah. So, definitely worth... Now, you might have to construct your own way to do that, to hold them, <laughs> but um, my preference with that one was always doing the two NES advantages. Is that how you guys did it? I, I just did it with the standard pads. I haven't had uh, enough advantages around to give it a try like that, but I would definitely love to. Yeah, I never had a four-player setup when I originally had the system. All my four-player uh, play was, uh, uh, you know, years later when I reacquired the systems and got reinterested in them. Uh, so, uh, that, yeah, that's not something I've done yet. 
we'll give that a shot. Uh, advantages are dirt cheap, so I would recommend it. Yeah, I think I've got some like uh, uh, literally. Like I don't mean it as a joke, but I think I've got some just like in a box somewhere that I forgot about because it's like they're they are cheap. Um, the downside with them is since they're not terribly uncommon, there's not really people looking for them. Like and, and they're a little bit heavy. Yeah. So it's a hard thing to sell online unless you're selling like a flat rate box that has some extra room in it. It's more or less if you wanted to move through them, you could probably sell them, you know, five, ten bucks, maybe like locally. But, uh, you know, it, it's it's with a thing like that for me, it's just like, ah, I'll just keep it. I'll throw it in the closet. I'll use it sometime. I, I think I've got two or three sitting in my sale thread that have been there for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up taking them out. I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going to hold on to this. I'll like I'll I'll put it on a wall. It'll be a piece of art. <laughs> Um, now, there was also a game that came with its own controller, right? So Arkanoid, when it came out, had its own special controller. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a neat one. I actually uh, I, I sold one of those not too long ago. It's um, apparently it's it's. Uh, do you guys pronounce that Vouse? That's how I say it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, how I, I've yeah. always said it. Not I, you know, it's I, right it's, or wrong. Yeah, it's always weird, you know, with these uh, uh, you know silly names. But I've always said Vouse uh, as well. So basically, it's a little um, it's got like a little what do you call it? A pot. Yeah, like a, yep. like a little, uh, kind of like a dial, like you would if you'd ever played Arkanoid. Uh, uh, like Atari know, Paddles. Uh, mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. So like a little uh, spinning knob. Um, and I think just a single button. Yep. And uh, it had a little, uh, uh, kind of a little hole that you could stick like a flathead or, or a, a screwdriver into to kind of adjust where the center was on the pot. Because, uh, uh, you know, if it if it moved at all, then maybe your paddle wouldn't go all the way to the left or all the way to the right. Because it wasn't a uh, like an endlessly spinning knob like you'd find in some arcade machines. It had a left max and a right max. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, th- these things are very temperamental. Yeah. Um, so if you're trying They're to pots, find one. In, yeah. yeah. So if you want to find one in working order, um, you know, just be very careful. Uh, but uh, it, it's, a, it's a fun way to play Arkanoid. Yeah, and there was really, I mean, you had Arkanoid, and I mean, in Japan, they came out with Arkanoid too, but I mean, here in the U.S., that was it. Just do, do, it, do it again. No, we, uh, uh, wasn't Arkanoid 2 on the Super? Yes, but in Japan, there was actually an Arkanoid 2. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You could play uh, Thunder and Lightning on the NES with it. Right, you're right. I take that back. You're right. Um, okay, so two NES games. <laughs> I, I actually really, really, I don't know why, I've always loved the NES port of Arkanoid. Uh, and, and it's weird, I, I play with the standard controller, and I still really love it. It really makes a huge difference when you use the the paddle. If it, uh, yeah, I mean, I the, the one that, when I mentioned before that I had sold one, so I, I had one, and I had played it with the, oh, and here's another tip in case you don't have the Arkanoid uh, manual. Um you have to plug the Arkanoid Vouse controller into controller port 2. Right. And then plug the regular NES controller, any one of them, into controller port 1 to actually like select one or two players and then start the game. Uh, there's a lot of people who think their controller doesn't work because they're plugged into controller port 1. Much like uh, the Zapper, right? Zapper, same thing. And the power controller pad. port 2. Yeah, yeah, right. and power pad. Right. So yeah, we that should you know should have mentioned that. So uh, but yeah, so the one that I had, I tried adjusted the pot best I could. I adjusted the pot so that the center was roughly like you know when it was in the center of the screen. Um, but then when I went all the way to the left, it the the pad it didn't go all the way to the left on the screen. Same thing with all the way to the right. So I ended up selling it for not very much. And they said, hey, you know the pot's a little temperamental. Maybe if you you know blow the dust out of it, you know do some work on it. I just want to let you know, like you know that's why I'm selling it cheap. So dude was pretty cool with it, and uh, you know ended up being happy. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean definitely if you find one that works, um, it's it's a very cool way to play that game. 
Yeah, and Arkanoid itself, the game is dirt cheap. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and, and I, the I controller, yeah, controller a little more. Yeah, if if uh, uh, I mean you know, whenever you talk eBay or sorry, uh, games uh, like eBay is gonna kind of be the max, but I've seen them go for like loose work, like people claim that to have working controllers uh, between like thirty five, forty five dollars somewhere. Yeah, there. that's about right. Um. Okay, then we can move into something that was kind of quasi. Nintendo, I mean, it wasn't technically released by Nintendo, but it kind of almost had, like, their blessing. And that was the Mattel Power Glove, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It, it, it certainly had the wizard's blessing. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that's seen that that monstrosity. All right. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm old enough to have seen the wizard starring Fred Savage in the movie theater. Uh, well, of course, since I was old enough to own an original Nintendo as well. But uh, um, in case you don't know, it's uh, it's something that I thought was a really good movie when I was a kid. And then I saw it again recently and I was like, <laughs> wow, I thought that was really good. That's horrible. This movie is awful. So um, basically it's about, uh, uh, you know, we, well, we don't get too far off topic. It's about video games and they, they go to a video game competition. It was Super end, Mario so. Brothers 3, the commercial. Yeah, it was a really, really long Mario, Mario 3 unveil. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, basically, there's a, a kid in this uh, uh, movie who is supposed to be like just the 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 super like twelve year old badass uh, Nintendo player, and like he's got like a group of lackeys that like open up his power <laughs> glove from a briefcase, and uh, he's trying like uh, the the my favorite line I remember I, I guess at the time there were only ninety six or ninety seven Nintendo games out at the time, <laughs> so when he's like, oh, you want to play Johnny in this thing, and he's like, here, pick a game. I'm good at all 97 of them. <laughs> and and then the girl's like, you have all 97 games? <laughs> yeah. So obviously many more were released. But uh, but yeah, Power Glove. I owned one when it first came out. I could never get that thing to work. Yeah, I got yeah. one for Christmas as a kid. It was when, when I mentioned my, my cousin having the, the cool stuff upstairs in his room, Power Glove was one of them. And, and after, you know, the little Mario doing Fireballs trick, he showed me he could beat the level with his Power Glove. Uh, the thing is a monstrosity. <laughs> it's really horrible. Yeah, um, well, I know we're. I know we'll. You know, hopefully there'll be Sega shows later. But I mean, there are worse peripherals to have been released <laughs> officially <laughs> by companies. But but yeah, I mean the the Power Glove. The thing that I had going for it, it was just so cool looking. It yes. didn't. It didn't matter what it did. Like just looking at this thing, you just wanted one. I mean, like the thing when you look at like a U Force by itself. You don't think, oh, I gotta have that thing. But when you look at a power glove, what does it do? I don't even care. I just want that. <laughs> like some of the other peripherals we mentioned, there's only two games designed for it too, so it's really Super Glove Ball, Super and Glove Ball, and Bad Street, uh, Bad Street Brawler. And it came with like like a whole instructions on like how like you had to program it like Code by book. what game you wanted to play. So it's like if you want to play Mike Tyson's Punch Out, enter a code. 76 41 32 height <laughs> and you're like okay you entered that code in and then it had like a little um like i think it was like three sensors with like two like bought like plastic bars and you would like hang yes. it on the corner of your tv because you had like little infrared things at the like at the knuckle area of the glove so it was actually sound oh it was sound i didn't know yeah, that yeah. so it played a played a sound and then it would like like a sonar it's type like deal. ultrasonic sounds yeah Ooh, i didn't know that yep so you have emitters on the three things and then the glove has like um like mics or whatever that pick it yeah, up interesting so so like you know it's okay to punch move your arm forward so you would just be there like moving your arm forward and little mac would just be like doing his little shuffle 
and then like you would kind of like throw up your arms like I don't know what I'm supposed to do and then he would jab and then you're like oh okay so let me try throwing up my arms again and you just ended up waving your arms around and the game didn't work or at least I could never get it to work yeah and you knew that it was doomed when um, you, it, you knew it was going to be so bad because on the arm of the control they have an actual D-pad and buttons. <laughs> yep. Yes, so. and, the, and that's the thing. In, in The Wizard, when the dude like beats the... Uh, I forget what game he plays with it. But Rad instead Racer. of like... Oh, it was Rad Racer. It was. He was racing a lap. But like, uh, like I, I feel like I remember him... like He was moving his arm around a little bit, but he was also had his left hand like on the buttons. So I was like, is he just playing the game like with the buttons? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's what you just ended. Eventually, you'd be like, "I can't make this thing do it here. I'll just push B." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> since, since you brought it up, um, we should probably talk about the U Force a little bit too, because that's one of my favorites. So real quick, just to just to stay on like the you know if you're if you're looking at starting to collect for the NES and you and you're looking at power gloves, um, it's, don't. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, no, they're, they're really cool. You should wear one all the time. Like wear it to it's a class. Your teacher will love it. Um, they actually do come in a couple different sizes. They do. So um, if you find it in a box, which uh, uh, I was lucky enough or unlucky enough, depending on how you feel about the power glove, to find one complete in the box, um, and it had big you know, letter L in the front. And I said, oh, I didn't realize they came in different sizes. So um, just, you know, one of the things to be on the lookout for, I believe the large is the most common. And the me- I, I don't know if there was a small. I know there was a medium. Uh, I think mine's the medium. Yeah, I there, there may I don't hold me to this. There may not have been a small. I've never seen one. I don't know. But uh, I have found people looking specifically for the medium one if they want it for you know if they have smaller hands or for you know like their girlfriend or like whatever the case is. Um, so I think the medium <laughs> one is slightly. Well, like, yeah. Nobody has slightly a girlfriend looking for a power glove. That's true. <laughs> nope, just wives. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're all taken. Hey. <laughs> uh, um. No, but I would say if you're a starting collector, that's kind of a novelty pickup is the power glove. It's not yeah. practical. Um, don't really pick it up unless you just want it for the novelty factor. It would be a cool Halloween costume if you go with the power glove and a zapper. Not really. <laughs> You'll just get beaten. <laughs> well, at Rad Racer, you will. So uh, so back to the U-Force, Krabby. So tell us uh, about U-Force. the U-Force. Yeah, um, it's a nifty little uh, motion-sensing uh, controller um, I forget who put the darn thing out, though. Um, anyway, like, to use Mike Tyson as an example again. Is it Broderbund? Um, might have been. It, it, it's, this looks like a laptop almost, like an early laptop. It was it was a Broderbund. Broderbund, yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, so it's got three different ways you can play it. Um, for Punch-Out, you'd, you'd sit it up like you would a laptop, and there's sensors in the top screen and the bottom screen. So you hold both your hands over top of this thing, and uh, you, if to dodge, you like move them off the sensor so that it can't sense your hands, and to punch, you actually swing, punch towards the, the top sensor. Um, and, and like the power glove, it's got codes in the manual. You've got to just put all these dip switches into place, depending on what type of game you're playing. And then for something like Mario, you lay it out flat, like so it's like a table. And you just slide your hands over top of the sensors at different parts to run and jump. It's really weird. And then it's also got this stick you can like jam in it for like games like Top Gun. And the buttons on the stick just flip these little mirrors over to reflect the sensors back down. And that's how you're shooting stuff. And you just turn your hands with the stick to steer around. It's kind of a neat thing. But like like you said, it's really a, a novelty. Yeah. Um... 
and the thing didn't sell very well. I remember towards the end of its life, I you could find box G forces for like dirt cheap and clearance aisles. So I mean, there's not a truckload of them out there, but I still don't think they're worth very much. Yeah, I mean, I've seen them boxed uh, uh, at retro games for I think you're selling them for like thirty, forty bucks. That sounds about that right. Sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just really, you don't want to play any games with this thing. Right. Oh, it's, 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 a, it, it's a thing you put on the shelf, and like a friend might say, like, oh, that thing looks weird, what is that? And you might break it out once in a while, but it's not like people are going to be coming over to play games with it. No. Oh, yeah, right. We do that. <laughs> we, we challenge each other, you know? Who can beat level 1-1 one, one in Mario the fastest with the U-Forcer? Who can so, actually so, knock down Gabby J with the U-Force? So, so, yeah, so what you're saying is, okay, so... If you're playing a handicap party, so like you can beat this game with the handicap of using a U. Yeah, I can, I can give you that because that could be yeah. fun. It's, it's kind of similar to Bad Movie Night. Or you yeah. could make it a good drinking game, right? Right. <laughs> um, the last major... I guess this is not a controller, but um, accessory, if you will. Completely unlicensed. But the one people probably know most would be the Game Genie, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that's, that's got to yeah. be the most one. Everyone like, at least knew someone that had one. Yeah. Right. I don't think there's probably much we need to say. I'm sure, it, unless you just have fallen off the map and don't know anything about video games, you probably know what a Game Genie is. Right. It, and, if, and if you don't, if, if you're newer, it's nothing wrong with you. Uh, you probably heard of a Game Shark. Yeah, is it, action is, replay. Is, yeah, or the pro action replay or the action replay. I think they actually still sell action replays like uh, for like the DS and certain systems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's just very simply a small device that you you know slide your cart onto. In this case, we're talking about the NES. So the NES cart would slide onto it, and then you would do some uh, you know something you're really not supposed to do. You would then <laughs> jam the entire thing straight into your Nintendo. Uh, exactly the way that Nintendo warned you not to do. Yeah. In every piece of literature they ever released for the system, uh, and it's uh, I've I didn't realize this until recently, but it's one of the reasons why the Nintendo uh, that 72 pin connector that gets bent out of shape and then games don't read properly. A lot of that has to do with Game Genies being yep. jammed in there forcefully. Yeah. Yeah. If you've listened to the show, you've heard me rant against Game Genies. Don't use them. Yeah. Um, you can. Yeah. You can have. I have a box one because I think it's a cool looking thing. Uh, I like I like the box art on the thing. It's got like that like a digital guy kind of like coming out of the system, holding up the Game Genie logo. But yeah, yeah I'm never gonna put it in my system. Yeah, it's um, yeah, so much to the fact that Nintendo tried to sue them and get them barred from selling it. Uh, I imagine probably because they got tons of phone calls about having to fix broken Nintendos. Yeah, or um, or because remember at the time you had like the NES Tip Hotline. So if uh, if you're paying like you know four ninety five a minute and seventeen ninety five for each additional minute to ask a guy how do I beat this second boss or you buy a game genie and you have unlimited life, yeah. And now you're not calling their eight hundred or nine hundred number anymore. I, like again, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's you know uh, something I could infer. Now I would say if you're talking about collecting game genies are everywhere. They're dirt cheap, mm-hmm. um, but the thing you really want to look for was. Towards the end, we talked about like the second model of NES. Well, the original Game Genie would not fit in it. So there was an offer where you could mail away and get an adapter, like a spacer, and it would fit into this top loader, and then you could use the Game Genie along with games. It is very rare to find that adapter. Uh, it's just like a little black spacer, basically. 
So yep. if you can ever find one of those, those are worth picking up. Those are going to be harder to find, and they're worth more. Um, the Game Genie itself, who cares? You'll find a million of them. Right. So I think that probably gives you a good idea of like some of the major peripherals. Now, we can talk about a few others that are in there. Um, there's some that are you'll probably never see as a beginning collector, and some of them that I might just recommend. So um, third-party controllers... Uh, do you guys have anything that you particularly like? Uh, I mean, free. Hands oh, yeah? free. That one's cool. Yeah. So tell us about the hands-free controller, Craig. Uh, I believe it was made for hospital use for people who were either paralyzed or just had no use of their arms. Yeah. Um, so you, you put a tube into your mouth to blow and suck on to move your character, and there was... Or no, to... To jump. That's A and B is yeah, the blow right. and suck. And there's a, a chin pad to, yep. to move your character around. Real, real quick before you go any further, uh, Zag, I know you're writing your uh, highlights of the show right now. <laughs> Can you please just behave yourself for the next few minutes? All right, keep going. <laughs> Sucking and blowing. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, but that was very limited race, and those are kind of hard to track down, right? Yeah, I, have, I haven't seen a whole many of those. Uh, I'd love to get one, but I'm not sure I'm willing to pay the price for one. Yeah, so as a beginning collector, you'll probably never see one of these. But if you do, make sure you grab it. At least, if nothing else, it's not practical. But if you don't want to hold on to it, you can definitely find a market to buy it. If somebody was maybe connected to a hospital or something at that point in time, it's probably how they came across that eventually. Yeah, I mean, there, there are, like, working in the medical field myself, there are lots and lots of uh, uh, rooms filled with storage in any medical building and most medical buildings I've ever been in. There's always like that room or like that one like entire segment of a floor that's like, what is this? Oh, this is just old crap that we like because no one ever throws anything away. So, uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's not unheard of to uh, to find something in stores like that. Sure. And my personal favorite, if you're going to buy like third party controllers, there's a few of them that are out there. Um I would really highly recommend um, tracking down uh, a, a controller called the, the Joy Card. The technical name of the thing is the Joy Card Sansui SSS. Why on earth did they name it that thing? <laughs> um, but just look for Joy Card. There's no other one in the U.S. anyway, other than that Joy Card. And it is really just an extremely comfortable, very well built um, pad. It's got built in rapid fire, it's adjustable a little bit. It's pretty good. Um, Bishu was a company that made a lot of peripherals in the U.S. and put those out. So they made some sticks. They made um, this little driving controller called the Zoomer, which was kind of cool. You had like suction cups. You would stick it down onto like a table, and it had like actual steering wheel and fire buttons on it. So that was pretty neat. And they also made these little game pads called zippers, and they came in different colors. It was kind of thing. They were like these. 80s colors, which are coming back in fashion, like hot pink and like, oh, you know, this neon green. Yeah, those are big with the snowboarding crowd. Yeah, okay. That's uh... left fashion. No one <laughs> but I would, they're like came in blue, yellow, green, pink, I think was the different colors. Those are actually really good too. I'd recommend picking those up. Comerica also made some um, peripherals that were unlicensed. So they made a couple joysticks. They also made um, a gun, which is really hard to find, but it looks like a revolver. And it's actually got like a cocking hammer that you can use. 
I ain't never seen that. Yeah, I've got like, is, is, is it is it kind of like the uh, the lethal enforcer gun, but with the actual hammer? Yeah, but it, but it actually looks like a gun. Oh, really? Yeah, I've got I've got one of those. Um, so it's kind of cool. It's a neat little thing. You won't find them very often, but if you do, kind of need to pick it up. It works effectively, though. I mean, just like the zapper. And then the one that's always hard to find and um, usually is broken and you'd need to get fixed is something called the Game Action Replay. Have you guys heard of this one? No. Game Action Replay um, is basically like a save state cart for the NES. So it allows you to basically save your games for later play. So you could turn the thing off or whatever. Um, but I don't think... I'd have to go back where's and do that, a little more. Where's that plug in? Uh, the cart slot. Oh, so it's, it's like a Game Genie type situation? Kind of, yeah. And I'd have to do some more research. Uh, I've not seen one personally. The only thing I ever hear about the things are is they have like notorious failure rate. So they usually have to be repaired for you to use them. So any other peripherals or anything that you guys want to talk about? Um, I don't know if you mentioned we. Uh, I don't know if you mentioned the laser scope or not. No, I forgot about the laser um, scope. Yeah, so the laser scope. I've I can't speak to it because I never actually uh, uh, you know uh, played one or held one or seen one. Um, but it, basically, it's a uh, uh, it's this apparatus that you put on your head. Like it's kind of like uh, like a set of headphones. Like it kind of like goes like you know across your noggin like that, and um, has like a little kind of like eyepiece that comes out over your eyes so you can kind of target things and there's also a little microphone on it so um again i've never played with one so i can't really speak uh uh you know super expertly on it but uh um there was a konami game i think it was uh, i think it was a konami peripheral um, yes it was uh, uh so konami has this game called laser invasion and that's the only game i've ever seen with uh, the you know the the piece on the front that says oh c- compatible with the laser scope um so i don't know if it actually is compatible with anything else but it looks cool, and I would wear it around the house. So, <laughs> I've, I've got one. I've never actually tried to use it, but I've put it on my head. Don't you like <laughs> shout course. commands into the microphone for things yeah, to you, happen? Yeah, you shout for it to do like whatever. Yeah, reset. To sh- basically, to shoot. You know, Change you just... game to Mario Three. <laughs> no, whatever you say, just shoots. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what it does. Oh yeah, I think you said that before. Where like you you, you say shoot, or, and you know, then like whatever. it shoots, and then you say whatever you do, don't shoot them. They're friends, and it just shoots. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Everything is shoot. <laughs> um, I've never actually taken the time to try it out, but it does look kind of really Terminator-ish on your head. <laughs> right. Or what was that? Uh, uh, again, sorry, I don't get sidetracked, but to the last Starfighter. Yeah, I remember they had these things <laughs> where like the like the eyepiece. But not, I'm not talking about the game. I'm talking about the last Starfighter movie that the game was based on. Uh, but yeah, the, I remember these guys in there that had these little eyepieces that like when they wanted to fire, that the whole thing would kind of like flip out and open up so they could like target something. And I remember thinking like, oh, is that what a laser scope is? <laughs> yeah, it also didn't sell very well, so you're not likely to run across them very often. And I would say again, as if you're starting out and you're building your NES collection. It's just a novelty. It's not worth. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Worth I mean, finding. if I mean, if, if you see one and it's included in a lot, yeah, grab it. But if someone says, "Oh, and also I have this Konami laser scope for a hundred dollars," yeah, no. And I, it's still, it's really not worth a lot of money. I don't think it's very no. desirable. Yeah, I mean, I, like same thing. Like, I like I want one, but I wouldn't pay more than like ten or fifteen bucks for one. Yeah. So, any other peripherals that you guys want to talk about? I think we should. I think we hit the majority get, get of to the, the games now. 
So well, one, right? we hit most of them. I think we've got one more thing to talk about in hardware, and that's regions, right? True. I am not an expert, so I I, I know what came out in uh you know where, where I am. But so, are you talking about uh, 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 Famicoms? No, I'm actually talking about the NES itself. Oh, okay. Um, the NES was released in Europe. Um, got pretty wide distribution. It was also released um, in Hong Kong and um, Australia. Australia, right? And then I want to say there's maybe another territory or two where it ended up in. I'm sorry. You, you said North America, or you said U.S. and Canada? Well, of course. Yeah, sorry okay. <laughs> um, for our Mexico. foreign listeners. My fault. I just always assume that. Yeah, and 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 quick little side note is uh, if you are Canadian, uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you are Canadian, um, a lot of the, uh, especially the earlier Nintendo stuff, had the Mattel logo on it, um, and we can get into that a little bit too. Uh, but uh, the long story short is that uh, before Nintendo had its own international uh, distributing rights, they they used Mattel as their international distributor. So uh, I I think at some point they they got it back and they they lost the Mattel logo. But a lot of earlier Canadian releases have Mattel in the box. A lot of European releases also were. Oh, Mattel. really? Also, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Yeah. So the, the we won't go forever into this, um, but the big thing to note is that um, games use lockout chips. So different regions games are locked out. So even though the carts look the same, can't play them in the different region systems. Um, very easy ways to defeat that. Um, just disabling the lockout chip. Um, in Europe, you had everything as PAL, so you had basically PAL A and PAL B, depending on what region you were in. Um, but um, so you'll see these games PAL A, PAL B. Um, quite a few of them do work on a US console if you've um, either disabled the lockout chip or you're using a top loader because the top loader doesn't have the lockout chip at all. Um, it really just depends because a lot of programmers were really lazy. And when they brought their games over from uh, NTSC regions, they didn't really bother reprogramming them for Europe. So they, they'll play just fine in the U.S. Uh, there is some, though, that were coded specifically for Europe, and they will not play properly um, on a U.S. system. So it's fun. You can import a lot of those games and still play them. I've got quite a few um, European games and whatnot, and, and they're great. Okay, so we've talked a lot about hardware, um, and now let's talk about games, right? I mean, so usually these days, if you're buying Nintendo games, I mean, usually you're going to buy them in lots, right? Especially when you're starting, that's the best way to buy them, I think. I, I wouldn't onesie and twosie them, no. Yeah, as, as the only person currently on this show who is not, like, less than 100 games away from a full set, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, even though I'm going for boxed games... Um, it's now that I'm up over like the, like around the 300 mark, it's starting to get trickier to find large lots without lots of game of the common games that I already have. Um, so it's starting for me to get to the point where I got to kind of, you know, I can buy like five or six at a time or like eight to 10 at a time. Um, but yeah, if you're just starting out, yeah, don't do not go to whether it's eBay, collector form, wherever, don't go someplace and just bid on uh you know a single game a single game a single game a single game like it's it's the most expensive way to do it unless you love that game right Un- unless it's i mean again it goes back to if if it's worth it to you and if you are happy with the price you paid even if a lot of you know even if you tell someone oh i paid this much for this and they'll tell you 
uh, you really paid too much for that. As long as it doesn't bother you, you go for it. Yeah. So assuming you were starting again from scratch, you had no games, what kind of things do you look for when you're picking up a lot? See, it's, it's, it's weird for me to give this kind of advice because, you know, so many people when they go, when they get into it, like they had it when they were a kid or they remember playing it when they were younger. And, you know, you want those games. Like you want to play Contra, Legend of Zelda, Battletoads, you know, like whatever it was that you played. But, uh-huh. you know, going, going for, you know, giving advice to someone who has maybe never played the system. Um, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, like it seems weird to have to tell someone, yeah, go back and play the original Super Mario Brothers. But I mean, it's it seems like a no-brainer. But no, Super Mario Brothers is one of the most common, again, one of the most dirt common games you'll find for this system. But I, you know, I really, really, really feel like everyone, and it sounds crazy to say this because I feel like everyone should have already played it. You should sit down and play Super Mario Brothers from from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, for me, if I were telling somebody to get started, I would say Craigslist is your friend. Um, Absolutely. You're gonna find somebody that's trying to dump off stuff out of their closet. They're probably going to have a couple decent titles in there that you can get started with. Um, and again, we're talking about, this is a show for collectors, so we're going to assume that you will want some of those other games other than just the star titles that are out right. there. So that's a great way to start. And Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just uh, like get make sure your lot's got two or three games you want to play, but make sure it's also got a bunch of stuff you've never heard of. Yep. And 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 play the things that, that you get. Yeah. Uh, it's it's it, depending on where I mean it depends on where you are and it depends on like how hot or cold the market is. But you should not have any problems finding a Nintendo lot with anywhere from you know like maybe a dozen to maybe like twenty games with a handful of controllers, peripherals like all the controllers you need to get started. Um, you can find deals for you know less than probably you know sixty to seventy five dollars tops. Um, there's always gonna be there's always gonna be people. It, it depends on the games and it depends on you know like uh, you know uh, the quality and if it's box and a lot of other things. But you know just uh, just you know make sure you know the kind of the temperature of the market before you throw a couple hundred dollars at something. Yeah, and I would ask for some picks. You, know, you don't want to get games that you know dogs have chewed off and the labels are half gone. But <laughs> I would say surprisingly, even when I buy sight unseen, most of the games look fine. Yeah, and you'd be surprised what you can clean off. Oh, yeah. That's true. Listen, go back and listen to the cleaning episode. You pick up a lot of tips. Yeah, yeah. that's that's your best chance to bargain too. Is when there's stickers and writing on things for less. Yeah, don't be right. afraid of that at all. Yeah, I, I got a great deal on a lot of... It was like a 45 games or something like that. I paid like 60 or $70 for them. Uh, and that was... Include, I got the Valve's controller on that lot as well. And every single game had like a purple marker. Like just like... It almost looked like they just took the game and like mark, 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 mark. Like as if like if they were leaving the house, they could say, oh, that's my game. It's the purple marker. So I was like, the, all these games have marker on them. So I, I, you know, got them for like less than a couple bucks a cart. And then I got home and I put like a, you know, like a, like a, a t-shirt, like a rag into my uh, isopropyl alcohol water mixture. And I'm ready to start scrubbing and just like, whoop, it came right off. It was dry erase marker. Nice. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, there's a, if it's Sharpie, you're in a little bit more of a pinch, but yeah, I mean, don't be afraid uh, uh, to do a little bit of cleaning because a lot of that stuff comes off. Yeah, um, and I would say don't be afraid to buy several lots. You're going to start getting overlap, and you'll end up with duplicates, but duplicates are not that hard to get rid of, really. Um, nope. You know, people like the NES. It's a popular system. 
All right, so if you end up with, like me, seven Super Mario Duck Hunts or whatever, it can be a little trickier to get rid of them, but... <laughs> yeah, and, and you, you'll, you'd be surprised. I mean, a lot of the games that, uh, that are... There's a lot of common games or games that are, you know, semi-common uh, that even though they're common, they still uh, command, like, a decent price. Sure. Uh, like, you'll you'll find a lot of Contras and Legend of Zeldas and, and you know, like, some of the, you know, some of the staples. And uh, even though, like, it, they're, uh, they're, they're things that collectors already have. Like, when you go on a collector forum, every single person in that forum, like, you know, with the exception of maybe, like, a couple of people just getting started, already have a lot of those titles. But uh, they still command a price, whether you want to do a couple sales on eBay or do your own Craigslist lot, uh, you know, to start to kind of sell them locally. But... Yeah, I mean, if you were to buy, you know, several lots, kind of clean them up, you know, get your collection started and then start a collection of duplicates or things you're going to trade or sell, you could even kind of build that up, uh, excuse me, a little bit uh, until you have like a decent uh, collection of, uh, you know, kind of trade bait, as we call it, and then make yourself a, a thread and just start uh, seeing what you can get piecemeal that way. Yeah, so pay attention to the, the good playable games that show up because, yeah, like you said, Contras, Battletoads, Final Fantasies, Mario 3s, those are... Yeah. Really easy all to the move. Mega Man, all great trade yeah. items. Yeah, yeah, you will you will see Mega Man. You will see. Uh, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like there are games that that you know, when I first started collecting, I was like, oh my god, like he's got a Mega Man two, Mega Man two, <laughs> like one is Mega Man two. That's that's like one of the best Mega Men, and it depending is. on who you ask. Yeah, exactly. I knew Gravity uh, likes that one. <laughs> it's um, three. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, but yeah, so it's it's. When you start, you're going to start seeing like, oh, wow, Metal Gear or, oh, wow, like, you know, Mega Man. And then you're going to start to realize like, yeah, that is a really cool game, but it, it comes up way more often than you would think. So you really are going to be able to move those uh, depending on, uh, you know, where you want to start trading. Yeah. Um, and just be patient, you know, unless you've got money to burn, um, picking things up through lots and working trades and stuff can get you pretty far in this library. Yes, yes. Um, now, another thing we should mention right away too, I think, is that there's two, I guess more than two, but uh, everyone kind of knows what the great Nintendo cart looks like, um, but there's a lot of different looking cartridges, um, the unlicensed ones, we should kind of uh, point out the differences between the two. Yep, the, uh, the Atari story. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, you're going to typically find well, the major things you're going to notice, at least superficially, is you're going to find black carts, you're going to find blue carts, you're going to find gold carts, and then you're going to find these triangular-ish black carts. <laughs> um, <laughs> the big thing to keep in mind, though, is that um, we could probably spend forever talking about the individual games that are out there, but generally speaking, from a collector standpoint, more people want to collect licensed than unlicensed, right? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, there are still lots of people who will grab the odd. Uh, I mean, and, and and the split is hugely. I mean, there there are way more licensed games than unlicensed games. Um, it's and then when we say licensed, we're talking about. And sorry if this is uh, you know not news to any existing collectors, but something that was officially licensed by Nintendo on that system. So you're going to see the official Nintendo seal of quality on that cart. Uh, it's 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 on every single one of them. It's either going to be circular or it's going to be an oval, but it's going to be on there. And then you have several other companies uh, that uh, that released games for the Nintendo that had no permission from Nintendo and were not licensed to release things uh, for uh, for that system. The major ones being uh, Comerica, um, uh, Tangent. Uh, 
uh, to yep, Tenjin, um, the, the, those are the black hearts that you're going to find. Um, it's not to get too sidetracked, but the, the basic backstory with Tenjin was, uh, it's actually Atari. So Atari wanted to release, the company Atari wanted to release games for the Nintendo. Um, and Nintendo, uh, or sorry, but they did not want to pay the licensing fee. I think the licensing fee that Nintendo charged back in those days, uh, I, I could be wrong, but let's say it was $10,000 just for the licensing fee and then a percentage of sales for the rest of the year. Well, and, and the big thing was Nintendo was the only one that produced the actual carts. Uh, you correct, could yeah. not manufacture your own cartridges. Right, so so they had to, they had production uh, uh, costs associated with that because you had to buy the carts from them, almost like the company store. Yeah. Um. So and and uh, Atari at the time, uh, you know, didn't agree with that. So they figured, okay, w- we are not going to pay. We're not going to do that. And the way the story goes is that Atari went to the U.S. Patent Office, is is how I've heard yeah. it, and they said that we are going to be bringing a legal action against Nintendo. We need you to give us their files th- so we have them to prepare this legal action. And the U.S. Patent Office handed Atari what they needed to make games for the Nintendo without permission from Nintendo. Yeah, they gave them the source code to the lockout chip mechanism. Correct. So that's how Atari, uh, you know, under the, the label of Tengen or Tengen, uh, I've heard it pronounced both ways. I think both are, you know, acceptable, is that, uh, you know, so they could release games for uh for you know the Nintendo. Eventually, they ended up settling with Nintendo, I believe, because you you then see uh, later on a lot of those games were released in the standard gray Nintendo cart. Not um, a lot, only the three. Right. Well, yeah. So a, so a few. So you have uh, uh, Tetris is the is the big one that if you can find that black cart uh, that I sold to Duke uh, for a very good price uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, that's Thanks, I Bill. think that's I think that's kind of one of the. Uh, uh, the, the desirable uh, black uh, tension carts. And then you have RBI Baseball, which was uh, re-released. And uh, Pac-Man, I think, was the other one. Yeah, and yeah. Gauntlet. And, and Gauntlet, that's right. And I think, actually, what happened was Tengen actually started releasing um, licensed carts for a while. Then they did the unlicensed thing, and then they kind of had to come back. Oh, I thought I thought the black was the original. That's uh, yeah. When I was a kid, I had... Um, gauntlet and it was the official gauntlet and i'm pretty sure that was before the whole tengen tetris bit i could be wrong i could be misremembering that but yeah i mean i mean like like i said like i've uh i've heard the story you know secondhand i've, I've you know so it's uh i haven't done the research but in a nutshell there was a legal thing between yeah. nintendo and atari and that's kind of where those black cards came from yeah and then you had um like the others like color dreams was a big publisher of unlicensed carts and they used like really wacky ways to get around the lockout chip mechanism so they'll say things like some of them had like aren't, a, aren't there aren't there dip switches on some of the carts um some comerica carts there are oh Chimera, sorry so you say color dreams yeah color dreams usually they would use like a special tip to try to zap <laughs> send, a, <laughs> send an electrical jolt to the lockout chip and basically knock it offline so it would let the game work um so some of those will say things like you have to press reset x number of times or something to get it to work right right um yeah, Comerica, those are usually the gold carts. Like, some of them do have a switch. And all that switch is doing is that same sort of thing. Um, you're turning on or off that lockout defeater mm-hmm. um, because the top loaders, you didn't have to use that. So you didn't right. have to fool with it. I, I think I remember, and I could be wrong because you're more of an unlicensed uh, guy, but I think I remember looking at the back of a cart and it says, uh, try in position one. If it doesn't work, yes. try position two. Yeah, and that's what that is. It's, it's, it's try to start it without 
the lockout defeater. And then if that mm-hmm. doesn't work, then try it with the lockout defeater. That's basically what gotcha. they're doing. Gotcha. Um, now in um, PAL territories, you had a different idea. The, a lot of them would um, have special carts that were made. So it's a bit like Australia and stuff. You would see this. So there was a manufacturer called HES. So some of their carts always worked by um, kind of piggybacking on a licensed cart. So they would either have the cart that would fit into the the NES, and then it would basically have like a lip that came up with another cartridge connector, and you would plug a licensed cart into it, oh. and that would allow you to play. Um, or some of them had this dongle where actually there was a part that fit into the cart, and then you'd have a cord that came out of the system, <laughs> and then you would plug a cart into that. I've never seen these. Yeah, so um, you'll see some of those things that are out there in some foreign territories. Um interesting so, ways to get around it right so so a little bit so we talked a little bit about the different uh types of carts and some of the different companies you'll see out there so as far as uh, uh playability and collectability so when you're looking at games um you know outside the the realm of licensed uh, uh nes games what are some of the ones that you think would be great to pick up just playability wise just fun games that aren't terribly expensive but are you know fun to play and uh you know easy to go, easy to find as far as unlicensed goes that's tough. A lot of them are not. Duke's gonna good. say anything. Wisdom Tree. <laughs> yeah, Wisdom, <laughs> Wisdom Tree were Christian games. They were, no offense right. to Christianity or anything. They just weren't very good games. I, I mean, I it's uh, uh, one of my one of my all time favorite NES games uh, uh, is is a is a tension game. Um, what, which one's that? I have put, and it's it's just a simple game that I love. It's a sports game. It's uh, uh, it's 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 very common. It's very inexpensive. Whether you find the black tension cart or the Nintendo cart, I've put more time into RBI Baseball. Oh yeah. Than 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 so many games out there. I, I there's something about that game that I just love, and it's weird. I've ne- I, I've never loved any other RBI Baseball game, just that very first one. Um, I think it's phenomenal. I also think Micro Machines, uh, is one of the best. Uh, uh, unlicensed uh, games a little racer gold cart and i believe that one's also four player um i'm not sure about the four player part but it is a wonderful game um that comerica put out some good games they put out the you know dizzy and um line of spacehead and some of these comerica is usually considered to be pretty good um my personal playability ones um shockwave is pretty cool it's kind of like a little space guy puzzler that's so kind of neat to try out. Um, now there's some that are not very good that are worth some money. So like Castle of Deceit um, or Secret Scout. Um, so there's a lot of those that are out there that weren't good <laughs> but are worth <laughs> I, money. I've enjoyed uh, Death Race and Shiller. I thought those are both pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Then those were all Chiller Death Race and Shockwave in the U.S. were all put out by AGCI. And the carts all look similar. They're like these gray carts, but they're there's like no texturing to it. It's just like a yeah. plain gray cart and a label. And I think um, there was actually one other company that put out Chiller in the U.S. for like a little while. Um, really hard to find that. Share Vision. Yeah, so, Share Vision. Yeah. Um, share Data. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I would say unlicensed, they're fun to pick up. Understand that some of them are worth next to nothing. Um, so like the real common, I say Tengen, but 
the real common Tengen games, and some of like the real common color dream stuff. Really not worth much. Some of the harder to find unlicensed can be worth a lot. Um, so, as a beginning collector, though, I really, you know, Comerica. If you're going to pick up any unlicensed you're interested in playing, Comerica is pretty good. Those are the gold ones. Was it MiG-29? Uh, MiG uh, I think that was a, a Comerica game yeah. that I liked. Um, and I think they just published that one. I want to say they didn't program it, but oh, okay. I could be wrong. Um, they did, like, Dizzy. They did, um, um, like you were saying, the, the racing game. Micro Machines? Micro Machines. And there was a few other ones. So, Line of Spacehead. Give, they're worth a shot, for sure. And there's, what, about 90-some-odd unlicensed? Yeah, somewhere right around there. Um, Versus just under 700 and licensed. something. Yeah. Yeah. For the U.S. set. No, we're not talking, yeah, foreign, for sure. Um, and the, probably the ones that are really sought after and extremely hard to find would be the quote-unquote porno games, right? Pensions. For unlicensed? Yeah. Yeah. So you had Hot Slots, you had um, Peekaboo Poker, and then Bubble Bath Babes. So those three were adult carts. Didn't get a lot of public um, sales, obviously. So if you can find those, you'd never want to play them, but... <laughs> They're worth money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, again, like I'm, I'm just uh, uh, for for the longest time, just since I, I grew up, you know, playing RBI baseball, and I love that game. I, you know, that was real one of the only, you know, uh, black uh, carts that I, you know, remember having when I was a kid, and I just never, never got into any of the unlicensed stuff. And then someone uh, recommended to me, I was buying a bunch of games from him, uh, and. Uh, he said, uh, uh, "Oh, you never played Micro Machines? Micro Machines is really, really good." So I said, "Ah, okay, like I'll give it a try." So I ended up, you know, grabbing that. But uh, yeah, just I mean, something about. Uh, I mean, I don't have anything against unlicensed games. I just, uh, it's I can't really explain why they're. It's not a, a focus of collecting for me. Um, but uh, uh, you know, they're just one of those things that I never really kind of latched onto. Sure. Now, Bill, we've kind of. You know, we've talked about this a little before, and I, I am a loose cart collector, and Krabby, you're a primary loose cart collector. And, Bill, you are a crazy nut job that wants to go for complete. <laughs> yep, I'm still young, so mate, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, much more difficult to find complete games where you've got the box, the instructions, the styrofoam piece in it, um, the it whole is. shebang, Plastic right? Plastic baggy it posters, maps... Mail away cards, yeah. Nintendo so, Power. So, 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 here's, so that's that, that's that's an interesting. So uh, there's there are some people who differentiate uh, 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 the, the term CIB uh, that you know it's thrown around a lot of a lot of places. Um, there's a, a, a there's a translation of that where people say complete inbox, which which I say I also uh, read that as the letter C meaning the cart or the game. The letter I meaning the instructions, and then the, the B being the box. So, you know, cart, instructions box, and also complete inbox. There's there's a few different ways people use that term. When I say that I have a, a, a complete game, um, I'm all I want is the cart, I want the instructions, I want the box. Um, I do want the styro and the uh, and the the game sleeve, but I can get those separately, so I never trouble myself like whether or not the, the game I'm, I'm buying has that. Um, I know there are some people who want absolutely everything that came in that original retail package, including those uh, registration cards, plastic baggies. 
I, I'm not to that level. Uh, but, uh, 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 you know, I've, I've had a few games that do have those, but for me, as, as long as I have the game, the instructions, the box, um, I'm, I'm good. What? And then I, I'll, I'll grab the sleeve and then the, uh, the styrofoam block as well. What about maps for, like, role-playing games? Those seem pretty important, too. It, it, it depends on the game. So I, I have to have it for the Dragon Warrior games, uh, like that separate map. Have to have it for Final Fantasy. Have to have it for uh, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Um, so, yeah, if, if it was an important piece... I also wanted in there, like for instance, the Star Tropics uh, a letter, uh, the Mike Tyson's Punch Out letter, like the, the letter from Mike Tyson. Um, so it, depending on the game, there, there, you know, sometimes there's like that that extra piece that's you know that's a nice thing to have. Um, I I like to go for that, but you yeah. know. Now, if, what about uh, one that doesn't come in every box, like Faria or Section Z? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, it's t- it's that's usually not as much of a concern for me like or like from like werewolf or mail away like maps right right or like werewolf had that comic book that was like a pack in um it's one of those things that it'd be nice to have and if i came across i'd grab but it's it's just not a concern for me as i think it's interesting that you bring that up and i would tell you if you're a beginning collector make sure you understand the definitions that people use because when i see cib I think cart instruction box. When I see right. the that's, that's that's what I think yeah. as well. When I see I the word complete, yeah. I think complete. Everything right. that came with that game when you bought it day one. Right, and it never hurts to ask for clarification, just so you know, you know, if if it matters to you. But yet, the reason why I see CIB as cart instruction box is because many many people, uh, when they list something that's maybe just the cart in the box, it's listed CB. Yeah. Or if it's just the cart and the instructions, CI. Yes. So I look at those three things as those are the three things that are included or not included. Some Sometimes people will specify if the styrofoam block is in there or not. If that's important to you, go ahead and ask. You can, if, if it's, it's, it's not really important to me that I have the original styrofoam block that came in that box originally. So I will buy reproduction of styro blocks. And that's really just to make sure that, like, you know, the whole Nintendo box is, uh, the game box is filled with something so that it doesn't kind of get that crushing at the top when the styro box when the styro is taken out. Um, but yeah, it's uh, uh, like for me, like the cart, the instruction, the box. Sorry, the cart, uh, the instruction, and uh, the box. And uh, I can, you know, if the uh, the sleeve and the styro, I can fill those myself. And beyond just asking for clarification on condition, um, always ask for. Did I say completion? I meant condition. Uh, yeah, so so condition. I mean, uh, most times, especially on collector forums, uh, you will have pictures. Some people who are really good about it will take lots of pictures, and you'll find that the higher value the item, the more pictures, yeah. the more detailed pictures people will take because they want number one, you to be happy with the item, but also number two, they want to get you know a fair market value for it by showing the proper condition. Because yeah. with with certain things, uh, I mean, every, you've heard it before, like you know, condition is everything. There are certain items that, you know, will go for hundreds of dollars, but once it drops below a certain condition, there are people who just won't be interested in it uh, for anything. So um, most of the time on collector forums, you'll see pictures. Most of the time on eBay, you'll see pictures. Be very careful on eBay when a stock picture is shown. Uh, because, uh, uh, I mean, yeah, could you end up with, you know, a very nice looking product? Absolutely. You could also end up with something like, it's it's just doesn't make me feel good inside when I don't see a picture of the item I'm purchasing. Um, the, Craigslist the words is another mint great area. and excellent are very subjective. Yeah, yep. yeah, it depends. Yeah, mint condition. Well, it was mint condition years ago. It's not mint anymore. 
Um, but uh, same thing with Craigslist. There are like most of the time on Craigslist, people are just kind of you know trying to move through something quick. They're not putting a huge amount of time and effort into the listing because they're probably not at like well I shouldn't say that they're sometimes not asking for very much, so it's not like they're going to put you know several hours into making this ad. So a lot of times you won't get pictures. You can ask, it, you're not always going to get pictures back. So you got to make that decision. Okay, is it going to be worth driving whatever distance this is? just to meet with someone and to make that decision on the spot. So uh, it's, uh, you know, you, you kind of work each situation as it comes. But uh, I had a very, very, very good first year of collecting complete uh, Nintendo games. Uh, uh, thank, uh, thanks largely in part to Tinstar, uh, a very, very well-known and respected member of RF who was moving through his Nintendo collection and focusing on his Sega stuff. And uh, I was able to grab a lot of games from him at very good prices. Uh, I found a lot of really good Craigslist uh, listings last year. This year has been very, very dry for me. So, I mean, those, again, it comes back to being patient. Uh, the, uh, you know, it's going to come and go for you, but it's definitely slowed down a bit. All right, so we've talked a lot about some hardware and stuff. We've talked a little bit about some different game categories and whatnot, but let's talk more about, um, like, some titles and things to watch out for. So if you're new to the NES... What are some quality titles that you should look for? Maybe that are, let's talk about some good games first, and then we'll maybe talk about ones that are a little bit more valuable that we haven't hit yet. So what are some, like, what do you guys think considers to be some great games that are maybe not too expensive or easy to pick up? Well, Krabby's probably played most of the library, so I'll let him, I'll let him get going. Uh, well, I don't, my trick uh, when I was uh, starting out was to kind of get familiar with um, different developers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you just know what games to look for and which ones to watch out for. So, like as an example, LGN's not exactly known for quality, so <laughs> or or rarity. So they weren't. Uh, you know, I don't want to spend too much money on those kind of games. If I can get them for a buck or two, great. If they want five, ten bucks, then I'll probably pass. Of course, except for like you said, the the Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah, there's exceptions to every rule. It's just kind of a general rule of thumb, though. Um, like the Sunsoft games I really like, so I, I'd always pick up those if they were five bucks. Yeah. Um, Taito has a lot of really rare ones and a lot of really fun ones. So I, I might spend a little more on a Taito game, even if I'm not familiar with it, just because I know that brand, I might get lucky and, and grab that, that game that's worth 50 bucks, 100 bucks. And then there's always like the main Star Wars, right? So obviously, yeah. Bill, I think we've talked, you're a Konami guy, right? Uh, I, I really, I really am. I always, I remember, you know, some of the first games I always really enjoyed, um, just being Contra. Um, I, and, and speaking of Contra, I, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, uh, simultaneous multiplayer games. Like there's like your Super Mario Brothers where you kind of take turns. So one of you will go and then when you die, the other person goes. But as you get better and better at the game, um, you'll be playing for a long time and then someone else won't be or vice versa. So I, I enjoy games where you can play together. And Contra is one of those games where, you know, two, uh, two players can sit down and kind of shoot through the alien forces together. Um, so uh, but, but like Crab said, like you kind of find a developer that you that you kind of fall in with. So uh, besides Contra, uh, Jackal. Another uh, game, you know, simultaneous uh, shooter, like a, like a tank uh, uh, shooter game. Uh, and then, uh, of course, like Capcom with Mega Man. Uh, and then I started saying, okay, well, let me try some other Capcoms. And you have Legendary Wings. Again, I know we're going with this shooter theme. Uh, uh, Life Force. Um, and it's I really enjoyed uh, uh, a lot of those uh, uh, early, uh, you know, multiplayer, or sorry, you know, two-player shooters. Um, I mean, there's a million, you know, 
best uh you know best games on the nes but um i don't know how many of them really go into some of those common ones that are really a lot of fun and like i said before i i love rbi baseball uh, i love metroid i love mario 3 i love mario 1 and 2 you know i mean there, there are reasons you'll see these these games in a lot of people's collections uh tech mobile um is something that i play minimum five times a year uh <laughs> And it's it's just one of those games that I love. It's in every Thanksgiving, every single one, I can find a half dozen like cousins uh, who like, you know, I bring downstairs and I just turn the system on and everyone's like, yup, let's get the tournament started. Um, uh, Blades of Steel, again, going with the with that Konami theme and like my my personal uh, uh, love of hockey. But uh, that that's the great thing about the system is there's there's so many games. And really, I mean, the common ones are so inexpensive that you really can move through, uh, you know, a good number of games with a relatively small amount of money to kind of see what you uh, what you're into. And I think you just hit like all the developers that everyone should know. Like you got to know Nintendo, obviously, Konami, Capcom, and Tecmo. Those are basically just quality games all around, with very few exceptions. Yep. Yeah, and there's always like those few outliers that are not too bad either, right? Like um, I've got a lot, a, bit, a lot of love for Zanuck. Now that's a cheap game, but it's a really pretty cool shooter. That's Very out cool, there. Yeah. Um, you've got, I mean, again, maybe going back to Capcom, but one people don't think of a lot, but I like Gunsmoke. It's kind of an interesting kind of take on a shooter. Um, that's something that really wasn't done very well anywhere else. I don't know if I've seen anything else like it. Um, but kind of like these guys have said, I mean, these games are common, and they're common for a reason, um, unless it's silent service, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which seems to sell a lot of copies for some ungodly reason, I don't know, or Top Gun. You know what's um, weird about Sound Service? I don't know anyone growing up who had it. I don't either. <laughs> so I don't know where all these, like, and I'd love to look back and see if it was, like, a giveaway at some point. Um, if it, like, came free with a system, like, one Chris, or not free with a system, but you know how, like, if you, like, went to Toys R Us, they'd be like, okay, and we're throwing this in or whatever. I'd love mm -hmm. to know if, like, everyone who bought a Nintendo, like, one year was given Silent Service because there's so many of them out there. Yeah, and it's really weird. I I don't even remember the game ever even coming out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, until my later years, I had never even heard of Silent Service. Um, but it's the Keith Courage of the NES, seems to be. Um, so if you guys had to put down, let's say, all right, so obviously some of these common games are great. Um, obviously, you know, you can build a great library with the NES just by picking up some big lots of games if you can get them cheap. And then you can pretty much just keep going just from the flips and trades, right? Yeah, I, I, I would highly recommend, you, if, you, when you, if you're getting started... Grab a nice big Nintendo lot for a price that you're happy with. Don't, don't, you don't need to scour the internet for like exact to the penny prices for each game. Just be happy with what you're paying for it. Take some, take some, uh, uh care to the carts, clean them. Make sure you have a nice working Nintendo. You can go back to the episode on cleaning if you need any tips or, you know, numerous YouTube videos and sites about that uh, topic and play each game. Like not for like a minute or two, like play it for like a little while, like, you know, die a few times, play it some more and, if you're in this to collect and to get as many cards as you can, you can end up keeping them with the experience of playing it. But a lot of people just want to end up collecting the games that they are going to play on a regular basis. So the ones that you love, you know, put them on that shelf to keep. The ones that you're like, eh, maybe not for me, then you put that on the tradable shelf or the uh, the for sale shelf, and then maybe buy another lot or two. And then once you have kind of enough stuff to uh, to have like a respectable little uh, trade thread, that's how you, you work your online uh, 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 angle as well. Just as a, an interesting silent service note, I know a guy who's got 
this website where he's got all these stats for how many times uh, every different game was mentioned in Nintendo Power. Oh, really? Silent Service was never mentioned in Nintendo Power. (laughs) (laughs) And it never will be. Shocking, all right? Uh, I don't want to say the Silent Service is a horrible game, but man, it's not good enough to be that many copies. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the the library of just licensed games is 700 and some odd games. I think if you just do, if you aiming to get a large library for the NES and you just buy in large bulk lots, you can get pretty good prices. And I would say you can probably pretty easily get into the three, 400 cart range just by buying lots, doing trades and flips for the ones you don't have for ones for other people. Cause there's a lot of people out there doing the same thing, right? That seems to be about yeah. the the point that people kind of slow down a bit. You know, they get really quick up to that three four hundred, and then it, the titles are just a lot harder to find after that. Yeah, but it's definitely a system where, and it's fairly affordable, I think, comparatively to get to that three four hundred dollar mark, right? I mean, three yeah, four hundred cards. It is, yeah. It's it's really not really not bad. So so good. And, yeah, I'd urge you to try any game you get that you're unfamiliar with too, because I don't know how many games I've found that I love that I just completely missed out on yeah. that i'd never hear people talk about yeah i remember not playing uh uh, uh never played fantasy zone and then like Yo, yeah. years later ended up getting uh, uh i think i got a master system and i i know it came out for for you know nes and and master system but uh i remember playing it for like the master system when i like grabbed that like years later to funko land and i was like oh this game is so cool like i really wish i kind of knew about this back then but uh there's a there's a lot of really really good games that uh uh, I, I try to, to trust reviews, not trust reviews, but I try to like, you know, read reviews and kind of take what I can get out of them. But I mean, there's never, you know, a review that you agree with like a hundred percent. So I always try to, you know, play as much as I can. Keep in mind too, you know, there's, there are some good unlicensed titles and we've kind of talked a little bit about some of that. So keep that in mind when you get these lots, you might have a mixed bag, but I mean, if you're like me, you want to collect them all. I know you guys are a little more picky about the licensed stuff, but I mean, a game's a game, and they're, they can all be kind of fun for the system, but you just you don't know what you're going to get. So if you guys had to put in, um, let's say you have five picks, what would be the top five picks for the NES that you would tell people to watch out for in terms of things are a little trickier to find that they they definitely want to grab if they see them? Are you talking mm-hmm. in terms of playing or collecting? Um, let's say collecting. Okay. So me personally, um, I mean, there's some of them that are a little obvious, uh, but I mean, some of the ones I would tell you to watch out for, I mean, because you can imagine you guys are going to tackle licensed. So unlicensed things that you might want to watch out for, um, uh, Nep- uh, King Neptune, that's that's a pretty tough one sometimes to get a hold of, um, Mermaids of Atlantis, uh, You're welcome. that's not a bad, yeah, thank you, Bill, for that <laughs> one. Um uh, I would also probably say the Tengen Tetris. I think we might have mentioned that already, but that's going to be a tougher one to locate. Not that it's crazy expensive or anything. And then any of the bunch games. So um, they look like the Color Dream cards, but then they're like typically black, but they're like uh, Moon Ranger and uh, Mission Cobra, and I think there's another one. So if you can find any of them that say bunch games on there, those are also really good ones to to grab. Those have some value, and so that's some interesting unlicensed cards that you can watch out for. So what would you guys say? Um, Bill's probably going to be a little different because he's going complete in box, so hopefully our, our lists don't match up too closely. 
Um, but like I mentioned, Taito is great to watch out for. So you've got things like Power Blade 2, um, the Jetsons, uh, Fire and Ice. That one's actually Tecmo, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, Gun Knack. Gun Knack really cool is one. great. Yeah. Um, you got Box Adventure, Die Hard, Contra Force. I, I could keep going, but those are those are few that don't get uh, quite as much attention as uh, some of the other big expensive ones. Sure. What about you, Bill? So, so being a box guy, um, we we've talked about it uh, before we're with the uh, the NES black box games. Is that uh, they came out right when the system did, uh, and uh, if you're going to find them boxed, you're either going to find them in pristine condition, or you're going to find them kind of like a little bit beat up. Um, so uh, uh, that's why some of them will go for really really big money if uh, if you can find them like really really nice with you know like br- nice bright you know creased uh, boxes and everything, but uh, um, now that I'm close to closer to finishing my complete uh, black box games, um, there's a few that are like a little bit more on the uncommon side that like you just might not think of. Can I uh, take a guess at two of them? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Donkey Kong Junior Math. Uh, that is definitely one that uh, you know eludes a lot of people. And uh, Chubby Cherub. So Chubby, yeah, Chubby Cherub is a really good, uh, uh, really good example. It's it's a cart that actually comes up. Um, not too terribly often, but like often enough where it's like, oh, cool, a chubby cherub. You know, it's 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 decent. But I mean, there are there are chubby cherub like really nice boxes and manuals that go for money that I wouldn't expect. Um, another one that we may have mentioned uh, not long ago on the show is a uh, uh, schoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a, another one that uh, probably not terribly difficult to find that cart, but if you find that box, uh, that box and manual, um, wacky races. Uh, one manual. of the yeah the wacky races manual is is typically like people who go for complete uh, NES sets. Um, it's the manual is like one of the last ten pieces they'll get. Um, again, the cart. Uh, I mean, and the cart. It's it doesn't come up that often either. But uh, the the box and especially the manual are trickier to find. Um, the Krabby did mention that black box uh, Donkey Kong Junior Math. One that I didn't realize was kind of like as tricky as it is is a uh, volleyball. Um, hmm. And again, that one, again, it, pro- it probably has a lot to do with the fact that it didn't sell too terribly well and it came out so long ago. Um, but uh, I've seen really nice volleyball boxes go for uh, big money. Um, personally, I'm, I don't need the box to be pristine. I just like it to be nice. You know, like a little bit of shelf wear is okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm lucky in that respect. Um, but also, uh, uh, believe it or not, Wrecking Crew is kind of uh, sneaking up a little bit. Uh, or, mm-hmm. at le- or at least it snuck up on me. Um, I, I saw, a, you know, one that wasn't even in that great a shape at a, a local store for about 130 bucks a few days ago. Wow, really? Yeah, and uh, Clue Clue Land, believe it or not, I saw sell on eBay a few months back for $225. Goodness. Yeah, I, I got my Clue Clue for, for less than 100 and it was uh, in, in pretty good shape. So, uh, uh, But yeah, it's uh, being, being a boxed uh, uh, collector, it's a little bit different. Um, there, there's, there's, I mean, all the games that uh, Duke and Krabby mentioned are valuable and tricky to find with the box. But um, the, what I'm kind of pointing out are, are games that are not terribly uncommon by themselves, but finding a box is kind of is a little bit trickier. Like uh, there's more. There's like Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, especially the Ubisoft version, a little bit uh, more uncommon uh, than the uh, 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 the the Taito uh, release. Um, yeah, I mean everything they said, plus like a handful of like weirdos that are just kind of you know for some reason tricky to find with a box. Zombie Nation's another one that's Ooh, really yeah. jumped up there. Yeah, 
it's gotten crazy. I would I would encourage you guys um, listening if you really want to get interested. You can just go to you know we've talked about pricing in a previous show. You can listen to that, but price charting. Um, you can go there and you can just sort prices high to low. So you can even make like a hit list. Even if you're not big into NES, maybe you're big into Sega or something else. Keep that hit list with you of those top tier titles. That way if you're out, you're looking for something, you see them anyway, then at least they're trade fodder or sell fodder, right? Yep. yep absolutely. So there's a lot of different um, bits that are in here. So let's kind of tie this up a little bit by talking about some good resources for information on the NES. What is, do you guys have anything that comes to mind in places to shop or, or places you go to for information? Uh, Nintendo Age, obviously, for, for information and shopping. Yeah, they've got a pretty vibrant selling community. And I think we mentioned that on our, um, our earlier, our selling show, mm-hmm. our, our yeah. about shopping online, I think. And the knowledge of some of the members there just astounds me at times. You want to know about sealed games, ask them. You want to know about variants, ask them. You want to know about prototypes, ask them. Like Everyone there just knows. There's, there's at least one guy there that will know what you're looking for. Right. I would say, too, that um, you might want to take a little look at some information that you'll find um, on RFGen, right? So we've got a lot of people there on the site that are fairly knowledgeable. I mean, obviously we're discussing this, so you can go there, you can post questions. We'll try to get back with you. If it's something we don't know, you know, we can we can definitely point you in the right direction of where to kind of find that information. Absolutely. You're looking for pictures of games, so you want to know what the box of the thing looks like or what the cart looks like. We've got scans of all of that in our database. You can come take a look at it once you got that hit list. You can say, okay, now I need to look at what, what do these things look like when I'm out and doing the shopping so you don't just pass them by. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes I wonder, uh, it like you know when I first started learning about like all like these because every you know when you when you start if you do a Google search for like you know the rarest Nintendo games, I mean you're gonna get the stadium events and the Nintendo World Championship cart. Um, there's 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 dozens of of ones that probably aren't on most people or like most new collectors' radar that really should be. Um, and I just remember the more I learned about like your little Samsons and your, your wacky races and uh, you know, some of like, you know, all those, those carts, I, it, it kills me to think, what did I walk by? You know, like what, <laughs> what, did, what, what was I flipping through like at the flea market? And I don't even remember that I saw it. And it, it might've been there. Like uh, 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 I think goal two, I saw at a flea market for like $2 and I passed it up. I was like, whatever, it's a, it's a, it's a sports game. And then I come to find <laughs> out it's a little bit, it's a little bit. It's not crazy, but it's a little bit trickier to find. Uh, yeah, one. I was gonna say one of the one of the things to familiarize familiarize yourself with early is sports games and children's games. Oh yeah, those are the two that are most likely going to be underpriced, even when they're quite rare. Right, mm, and there's a few yeah. of them that are definitely up there for sure. Yeah, price. Like you mentioned goal two. You got to also watch out for pro sports hockey. You got to watch out for Jimmy Connors tennis. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to count RC Pro-Am as a sports game, but that one often gets underpriced too. RC Pro-Am 2. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Number two. Um, I also say children's games, right? So like Fisher-Price. Oh, yeah. um, is it Firehouse Rescue? Firehouse Rescue is a little t- truckier. The, and isn't the, Motor City Patrol kind of creeping in there? Yeah, it's a Matchbox game, right? Yeah, I remember uh, um, I didn't realize, same, same with that one. I was like, yeah, I don't know if... Uh, I didn't know it was, but then I think there were, I was, I was selling some NES carts and I sent them out to a few people and like everybody was like, I want Motor City Patrol. And it's, I just didn't know, you know, it just, uh, you just really got to kind of, a lot of it's by experience because 
it's really hard to memorize a list of like 60, 80, 100 games, but you'll, you're just going to get more familiar the more you, you look into them. Yeah. Sure thing. So that's it. It pays to do your homework if you're going to take this hobby and you're going to run with it. Um, even if you're not really going to be a diehard NES collector, NES is hot right now, so you might as well use that to your advantage. And, you know, you can go out there and there's a lot of people looking for this stuff. So you can help some other people out. They'll be happy to help you out in the process. Absolutely. So wrapping up, guys, anything else that you'd want to tell people if you're getting into collecting the NES? Anything else you'd like to let them know? Uh, I, I always tell everyone uh, when, they're, when they're getting started really to take it, take it easy, to take it slow. Um, a lot of people get into, uh, or not, I guess not a lot of people, but like, you know, enough people where I notice it get into financial trouble where they're like, Ugh, uh, I, I got I got to sell like everything I own in like two weeks or I'm getting kicked out of my house. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, I mean, and it's it probably it's it's not like an epidemic of that happening, but it happens often enough where it's like, wow, like it seems like every month or two, like one person's doing that. So it's it's very tempting to jump on eBay and spend three, four hundred dollars on this enormous set. And if you're just a little bit patient and you buy locally and you create those relationships uh, at your local thrift shops or with like a local collector, if you contact, if you have a local retro shop, ask them if they have a meetup. Do you, do you have it like, you know, a lot of them have one day a month where they have members come in. You can trade stuff with each other instead of with the store. Um, just really take it slow. Um, and if you're collecting to play, I find it's a very helpful thing to do to actually actually schedule time for yourself to play because I had months go by and I and uh, I was so into the collecting portion of it I kept getting lucky with these scores that I wasn't really playing anything so now I have my like we like I I play you know just like uh you know whenever I can but then no matter what I have my one day for at least an hour that I always just you know throw a random game in my collection in and play which is kind of kind of a fun fun little new tradition it's uh, RF has this uh uh, if you click on, if you click, keep your collection at RF and you click on, uh, uh, tools, um, uh, like from within your collection, you can hit this button that says, uh, uh, random game and it'll just select a random game uh, from a folder in your collection. So I tried that a few times, just kind of like musical chairs with my own collection. I was like, okay, I'll play that. So <laughs> what about you, Krabby? Any parting words? Stop by the forum, uh, post tons of questions, even if you think they're stupid. Um, we've got a great community at RF Gen and tons of people who are more than willing to help you get started, answer any silly questions you might have, um, and point you in the direction of any we don't know how to answer. Very good. And personally, I just say, you know, if you're just getting started, welcome to collecting for the NES. Um, what a lot of people consider to be one of the best systems ever made. You're going to find a lot of really fun titles, a lot of good times collecting, and um, you're sure to find a couple gems that you really appreciate. So, uh, so uh, for people who are familiar with the site, and uh, you know, even for the newcomers, uh, RF Generation does a donation drive uh, once a year. Um, it uh, it costs a lot of money uh, to run the site, especially with a database as large and uh, beautiful as ours. Um, so uh, we uh, we there's always a link to take donations on the site. Um, right now, uh, you have to go into the forum, and then the donate button is kind of on the upper right hand side. 
Uh, but uh, we're going to be doing a donation drive, and uh, we just thought we'd uh, kind of give it a mention here on the show and talk to you about some of the things that we're contributing as prize levels. Sure. So uh, just like Bill mentioned, you can find that link under there. We're also just going to put it right in the show notes. So if you're listening to the show, go take a look at the show notes wherever you're listening it from, and you can um, you can find the link to go donate right there. Um, all these proceeds, everything that we get in um, – it's going to go directly to that. So if you follow that link, it goes right to the rfgeneration.com um, PayPal donate page. Nothing will pass through the show's hands. It's just going to go right into the site. So we've got a couple different prize levels. We're trying to make this a little bit fun so um, you guys can give. It's that type of uh, that time of year, right? So um, we've got something to start off. So if it's something that you just maybe want to kick in a few bucks for, if you'll put in $5, do a one-time $5 donation to RF Generation, um, we will make sure to read all of those people's names off on the next show after you, you donate. So you donate 5 bucks, that next show we get it, we'll re read off a list of people that, that kicked in that month. Yeah, I think that's a phenomenal deal. Normally you have to spend at least $5 to buy stuff to get mentioned in small scores, so this way, you're just kind of uh, cutting out the middleman. That's a freebie, and you can guarantee that we will talk about you. So <laughs> that might yep. not be a prize. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this this next one I'm actually a big fan of. So make sure to change your username first to something really hard to pronounce. <laughs> okay. So um, so yeah, for five bucks, uh, pretty cool. Get your name mentioned, and we will specifically mention that you were a donor, so everyone will know how awesome and generous you are, and a supporter mm -hmm. of the site. Um, at the $20 level, this is this is where it starts getting real. At the $20 level, we will make sure that all of your scores for the month, no matter how small, how large, or how silly, are detailed <laughs> in the very next collector cast. You'll have an entire segment devoted to you. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll take full advantage of that and uh, be able to give us some really cool, interesting, quirky things to talk about. But we won't just glaze over you. This will this will be your segment. So twenty buck, one time, uh, twenty dollar uh, donation, uh, not a bad deal. And then you can throw that uh, episode. You can burn it to a disc. You can bring it to work. I'm sure everyone will be impressed with you. Oh, certainly. I mean, that's like um, better than a plaque on your wall. Is to oh have yeah, us, have us read your name and your stuff. Yeah, so you know, hey, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's that sounds like we should uh, create a platinum membership level and uh, and maybe <laughs> we do not have a card. For no, you. not sorry. yet. We do not take Diners Club here. So, and then to push it over the edge, we got uh, maybe one more little incentive, right, Crab? Yeah, for for our final prize, um, any anyone who donates over thirty dollars. Um, we'll get a never-before-heard um, recording of Duke and I um, when we were tossing around the idea of doing a collector cast. We recorded a demo recording, and it never ended up making it into a show. So if you want uh, an extra show that no one's ever heard before, um, anything over 30 will, will get you a link to that episode. And we know how much all those uh, video game collector types like uh, limited edition, special you, you edition. You even call it a prototype. Yeah, you could. additional content. I'm actually really curious about that because if you guys have heard some of this stuff uh, uh, that goes on on Skype outside the boundaries <laughs> of the show, uh, it's it's pretty silly and it's pretty and it, it just it just goes off. Uh, if you think we go off on tangents on the show, uh, believe me, there's there's some some crazy directions it goes. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't involved in this, but I'm still really curious to hear what it sounds like. So 
Uh, he so won't yeah. get to hear it unless he gives us thirty bucks for the site. <laughs> I won't, and and that, yeah, and that's thirty American. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, think about that, guy. I mean, you know, it's we've got it out there. We'll be happy to pass along to you, and um, you can hear Krabby and I trying to get get this show on the road. And then, last but not least, um, keep an eye on rfgeneration.com. Very soon, we are going to start an auction thread. And uh, everything is going to go into the donation drive, so all those proceeds. But whoever the highest bidder is on that thread, once we run that, you will get featured as an interview in an actual episode of the Collector Cast. So if you'd like to come on the show, if you'd like to talk about your stuff or, or just uh, your collection or things in there, we'll watch the site. We're going to put that on there. So go in there, bid. Um, great thing to go and support the site. And hey, you can come and talk to us and you can find out how much junk goes on behind the scenes oh yeah we we won't just put you right on the air like you'll get to just uh uh, uh you'll it'll probably be a pretty pretty decent uh, conversation uh, before you even get on the air just to to kind of you know get everyone comfy and like uh, talking with each other but uh, uh it does require an internet connection we should say oh yes um, um requires internet connection microphone and headphones which shouldn't be a problem for most people but uh and free uh, software yeah. Free and software. What? Free software. You have to download yeah. some free software. <laughs> yeah, a couple of free pieces of software. You can actually remote uh, uh, Duke in and he'll he'll config the whole thing for you. He'll take care of your malware. He'll uh, <laughs> update your antivirus. That's yeah. the $70 level. Yeah, or yeah, or you could, uh, you know, you could throw a couple grand at the side, maybe fly me out. I'll come to your yeah. house. We can talk <laughs> about your stuff. And yeah, sure. No problem, right? Yeah, for five grand, Duke will fly to Zagnorts' house and put on his Optimus Prime outfit. <laughs> I would do it for less. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so again, guys, we're just trying to do this. We're trying to make it fun. Um, I'm sure plenty of you love the site. It's a great service. Um, we just recently just posted, as we're recording this, 70,000 games in our database, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, that's crazy. 70,000. So come there, collect, put your collection in, take a look at it if you're not already there. Donate, kick a few bucks in, help us keep going. There's no ads on the site. I mean, everything is just, you know, by users for years or so. Let's keep the great site going, guys. Definitely. And I mean, we said it before, but honestly, it it, uh, it really does take a lot of money. And a lot of the uh, the people who, who work on the site just just out of a labor of love, they it comes out of their own pockets. There's uh, there's some people on the site who have donated uh, here and there. Um, uh, I don't know how many people we have as like regular monthly donors. That would be phenomenal if we can get uh, uh, some regulars. Um, but even if it's just a one-time deal, you know, if there's anything we can do to kind of make the site, uh, make the uh, whole drive fun, um, these are the prize levels we've come up with. Um, we're definitely open to suggestions within the realm of what's reasonable. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it really is a great, great place that a lot of us have. Uh, have made our home so hopefully you can uh, give back to it just a little bit and make it uh, easier for the site to stay up Thanks, everybody, for sitting through this show. I know this has been like a massive one, right, guys? I mean, eesh, this is probably going to be our biggest show yet. Yeah, um, I mean, we we uh, uh, it, the first time we had like a, a, a two, three-hour show, it was 
we were all very worried that people were going to say, really, like they want us to listen to us for that long. People have been, you know, pretty cool and receptive of the length. Um, we've had some discussion about maybe trying to pull it back a tiny bit, but, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see uh, what direction the show takes, but, uh, this has definitely been a big one. Sure. Let us know. You like the show long, you want a little bit shorter, you know, that's fine. Uh, we know we hey. just do this once a month, so. Hey, Duke, what would it uh, take to have a longer show? Wouldn't that take more storage space on some server somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's almost like there'd be a website somewhere that um, if people could give to, maybe we could see more stuff. That we oh, could so, talk so about. it would require more bandwidth, which would require more of our money? Yeah, maybe if somebody could give maybe to a site like that that we talk about regularly, we could those find out people, more stuff. Those people would be so cool. I would yeah. love those people. And let's think about the really bad thing. What if nobody gave? Um, we couldn't oh, have man. anything to talk about. Could you imagine the last episode of the Collector Cast? Yeah. It would be the saddest we, day. We'd just be talking about our junk, and that's not yeah, really very with, exciting, with, is it? With, with tin cans and strings between here... <laughs> Indiana and Canada, with each government saying, what is this piece of string? <laughs> and trying to tax it, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, guys, um, a couple different places, again, that you can find us. Um, uh, we are on Twitter and Facebook, so um, Twitter just at CollectorCast. Facebook is slash CollectorCast. You can also find us on our own website, so CollectorCast.com. You can catch the show on YouTube, so just search for Collector Cast. And we're also on Stitcher Smart Radio, so you can download the app and get our show right to your um, your listening device there at stitcher.com forward slash rfgeneration. We'd appreciate it if you'd put in the promo code rfgeneration. Helps us get a little bit more traction on the site. And um, once again, you know, Krabby, thanks for coming in and, and sitting through and doing this thing. Always a pleasure. And Bill, uh, we're glad that your brother saved the universe and that you had the time to also join us. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's uh, well, to be fair, he hasn't saved it yet, but he is working very hard on it. And I, I just I just like to do my part wherever I can. Well, I, I'll, I'll just uh, bank on his success <laughs> for all uh, ho humanity. Hopefully, yeah, because I think this is, I think it was previously recorded. So I think whatever's happened has already happened. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again a lot again, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you on the next show.